on episode 11 of Pixel Guide N. Eric confesses his love for Bubble Bobble. Cody hits the Macintosh motherload. Cody gets acquainted with the ZX Spectrum. We define the term janky. We admit some love for other podcasts. Do fruit and beer mix? We talk some Atari. We talk some MSX. And oh, so much news. Your host, Eric Nelson and Cody Hoffman. All right, everybody out there in podcast land, we are off and away with episode 11. The, not May, but... It is. It is May. We're closing in on our 12... 12th episode, which will be a year, right? It will not, because we did two in, on the oh, first month. Oh, that's right. You're right. Episode 13 will be our first year episode. All right. But um, I think for both of us, we had a slow month starting off, and then these last two weeks, more than made up for it, and we are packed with things to talk about, news, yeah, catching the, up, everything. The funny thing is I was going to mention that. I was going to be like, I was so worried that this was going to be the episode that killed the podcast because I had nothing. I know, because this podcast, it's like uh, the movie Speed. If we drive below 30 three yeah. hours in length and then we're just going to blow up yeah so we're almost going to have a three-hour episode and that's not okay with me yeah <laughs> <laughs> i went to uh, i was on vacation for the first week after we recorded and i didn't play anything really well i played one game on vacation but not much at all and then when i got back i got hit by a tsunami of work from my day job it may surprise people I'm not a professional podcaster. I, I you could have fooled me. <laughs> and uh I really thought by the by the end of the second week I was like, I, I'm it's, I'm done. I, I have nothing to talk about. Yep. And then I got hit with a bunch of stuff. So th- that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well we'll try to get through it all. Um that does bring up one quick point and we're gonna put this out we talked about this just now, uh, before we started here, but we wanna put this out on Twitter. But if you guys could go ahead and email us as well, the email address is uh, podcast at pixelguiden.com. That's exactly what I was going to say <laughs> um, with your thoughts on this. But um, we're getting a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people are loving the show. Um, we're getting a lot of good reviews on iTunes and I'm sure other podcast aggregators. Um, but the one kind of criticism we hear, of course, is the show length. So we're considering uh, not changing our show because we love meeting here in person once a month and the way we do things and the segments. And we've heard nothing else uh, bad except... Uh, the show length, really. So um, I'm going to put a poll out there on Twitter. Actually, our, our Pixel Guide In account will. Yeah. And we'd love you guys to respond to it. Or if you could just um, email us at, the, at podcast at pixelguidein.net. Dot com. Dot com. Yep. Ooh, big time. We got the dot com. <laughs> um, j- just let us know if, in all honesty, would you guys be more inclined to listen to the show or would people that you recommend the show to be more inclined to listen if we, these were like... Um, bi-weekly, like maybe one and a half to two hour episodes every two weeks rather than everything all at once, once a month. So we want to make the show that you guys want. We love making it. That's step number one uh, is us. Sorry. You guys are a, a distant second. And we wouldn't change the content. We would just brace, cut it up. basically just break it in just half. Cut it up. Yeah. Yep. Well, 
We just start our show, which means we go right into quick questions. Quick questions. So I've got this first question, Eric, and it's a simple one. Yeah. We have a lot of different uh, flashcards and EverDrives and things like that for all of our systems. And we always put folders in there, put the games in folders, usually alphabetical or whatever. So when you put your games on your SD cards, do you put games that start with the word the under T or do you put them under the next word's first initial? So <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of filthy animal puts <laughs> the under T, but I suppose there is some, someone out there that does that. No, I would never do that. You wouldn't? No. And, I, and listen, I usually get my libraries from Tosex, like big archives yeah, and libraries. Yeah, they're set up that way, yep. Good, fortunately, they aren't filthy animals, and they never do that. <laughs> well, but, I'm, but if they I'm did, filthy. I would change it. I am filthy, because I put it under T for the. Do you so really? So just accept it. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yep, it is what it is. You're breaking every rule. I know. All right, that's fair I'm a, fair, I'm a rebel in the, video, the retro video game world. <laughs> All right. So this is, was my question to you. Do you listen to video game soundtracks or chip tunes outside of playing the games? I do not. Right. Um, there's there's certain ones I've wanted to. I I do enjoy when they take a game like if you go on um, Spotify or sometimes on YouTube. I I don't usually do it on YouTube because if I'm want to listen if I want to listen to music it's usually in the car or kind of while I'm going somewhere or doing something. Not I don't want to just sit there and listen. Right. I'm sorry, I'm not a, a jazz musician. I cannot active listen to music. I am a passive listener of music. Um, so I do like sometimes, like, I, I found a few Mega Man tracks and stuff on Spotify where they put, mm -hmm. like, drum and bass behind it and, like, made it sound like a, you know, like a commercially released album or song. Mm -hmm. um, or else the metal bands like to do, you know, Castlevania tunes and stuff, and I love that stuff. But straight chiptune music, No. Okay, so what about if somebody released like a soundtrack of a video game? Would you buy or stream that soundtrack just to listen to casually? I would like to say yes, but I I know those are out there, and I've never done that, so I have to say no. That being said, I know the most recent issue of Retro Gamer came out, and it had a CD in there with yeah. uh, Rob Hubbard re like remixes. Yeah, yeah, and I really want to go get that, which is funny though because. I don't have a CD player in my car or anywhere. Yeah, I I'd have either. to put it into my computer to play it. You didn't just, yeah. You, so I, I'd have to rip the MP3s and then put them on my phone and do all those things that I don't even do anymore because I just use Spotify. But and that's what I'm going to do because I did get that. Did episode. you? I did. I got. I have that one and I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, you haven't at all. Okay, haven't yet, but I do have it. And I'm. I don't. Well, I'm like you. The only CD player I think I have that plays music would be like my Xbox 360 or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm I'm just going to rip it so I can listen to it in the car. Cool. Yep. That's but, what I wanted to do. But but oh. my answer is the same as yours. Like I I want to, but every time I have done it, it I I it just doesn't feel like it's cool when you're playing the game and it gets you in the mood and you're like oh definitely. that sounds great. But... And I appreciate video game music. Yeah. I love it. I I think it gets you pumped up. And if it's if it's the right composer, they set the right mood. Uh huh. It's perfect companion to like when money on the run starts i instantly yeah. start sweating and my heart starts pounding <laughs> and i want to throw my tv out the window it's right great but sitting there relaxing because you know my favorite computer of all time is the 64 with the sid chip and i the nintendo 64 right no oh. the commodore 64 because i'm an old man uh, <laughs> i but when i listen to that it like i've gone through phases where i'll get a big collection and i'll just start kind of kicking back and listening and i'll have it in the background 
and I'll, uh, and it's enjoyable, but then I just never really go back to it. So it's not, it's just something that's yeah. not engaging my brain for some reason. Yeah. I think we're in the same boat on that one again, yep. which happens often, but yeah, we both appreciate it. We love it. We think about doing it. We just, it just honestly doesn't click and it. Yeah. And I hear yeah. people like on Twitter that are crazy about it. They love it. They go buy vinyl like that has yeah. soundtracks on it. And I think that's awesome. And I hope it it's, is. I hope it stays around forever, but it just for some reason I can't I can't gel to that yeah. for some reason. It's kinda like me. I'm actually wearing a comic book shirt right now with Ant Man on it and I love the comic art, but I cannot read comics. They do not interest me. <laughs> um, especially like the world's going crazy right now for like all these Avengers movies. Yeah. I cannot get into superheroes. I don't know why. Hmm. I try, but yeah. I, I like fall asleep. I just I think it might just be that if you have a superhero that can pretty much do anything, then there's no reason to get worried about anything. So it's like they're just gonna make up something you can do and get out of it. Or she. I don't know. I don't know. Do you use uh, cheats when you play trained games? Now, for the younger listeners, a trained game <laughs> is a game, right. usually on a computer, that has cheats built into it, which is kind of sad, actually, because um, I was listening to a, another podcast, and they had kind of mentioned that for certain systems, like, you can get all these ROMs and things, but mm-hmm. uh, especially a system, system as popular as the Commodore 64 um, or the ZX Spectrum. Actually, the ZX Spectrum is not bad. Uh for example, the ZX Spectrum, you load up a ROM, you get the game, you play the game. With a Commodore, there's almost all of my games have hacks and like screens of these hackers that you know added cracks and things to the game because that was such a big scene. But I don't know where you can find just the game without all the Esther stuff that's been shoved in there. Yeah, but that's where the toe set comes in. If you download the huge library of accumulated... But I think lo- even some of those still have them. Maybe some that were cracked... Because, I mean, you have to crack a game first, get the copy protection off of it, and okay. then some of those people would just add the trainer stuff. But usually you can turn all that, all of the trainer stuff yeah. off. I mean, you usually have to actually specify which cheats you want. Which brings me back to my question. Do yeah. you use them? So I have a, I have a pretty in-depth philosophy on this. When I get a game and start to play it, I never use cheats. But if I'm playing it and it frustrates me, there's one mechanic... And I, we've talked about this. There's one mechanic that I can't stand in games, and that's time limits. Mm-hmm. I don't find them. I don't find them compelling in any way. Um, so if a game has a time limit, I will look and see if there's a cheat to remove it. And and that's the only and time. If there's I've ever not, done you it. just uh, send a Twitter over to Vinny. Exactly. Manolfi. Yeah. Who will just go ahead and crack it for you and figure it out, and exactly. then post about it in his fanzine. Yeah. What's the name is escaping me right now? Freeze, I feel really bad. Freeze, Freeze 64. sixty-four. Yep, yep. So, I still have a few more episodes, or a few more issues I need to go through. So my, in summary, I don't use cheats, gotcha. but I have been known to remove time limits on specific games. There was one called Whizball. You've, you've probably heard of it. I have heard of it. I love it. That game is uh, is awesome. I've heard it's great a- things about it. I played just enough to not understand what I'm doing and quit it. Hmm. But I think I just it is tricky it. to figure it's out like what a bouncing to do. ball that can like can it can it like shoot. It can't if you, you. That's the key thing about the game. You have to go around and accumulate weapons and add-ons to your ball. Oh, the eighties were wacky. It was. It, they were wacky. <laughs> um, but that game does have time limits, and I did not. Gotcha. I, I, when I played it, I loved everything about the game except that. So I, I did find a version that I could nice. remove the time limit. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. I, I never use the, the cheats. In fact, I forget they're even there because when the loading screens come up, I just avoid them all yeah. and play. And then I think about it later. I'm like, I really wanted to see more of that game. Oh, I guess I could have just like cheated a little bit. Um, anyways, we might get into that a little bit more. But there's some cheats and stuff. Not really cheats, but hacks they've done to a lot of the NES games that were 
some of them were literally unfinishable. And a lot of them were just, you know, only finishable by near immortal humans. Yeah. Um, so I would love to go back and play the hacks of those games that just make them playable. For the the Adams, not the Adams Family, uh, Fester's Quest mm-hmm. was really well known for that. And uh, I guess it was fairly playable. But then for the American rental market, they went ahead and said, no, you only get one hit and you're dead. It's Im- almost impossible to even make it through the first level, nonetheless yeah. beat the first level. Yep. And so if they made a hack, it's just like, no, you get like five health bars. Like that game would be great. Right. It ruins it. Absolutely ruins it. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, so my question to you is, what are your top three podcasts you listen to other than the legendary Pixel Guide? And and I, and I, and I know three's a lot, so should, we should three's try to keep it lot. brief. I'll you don't think brief. so? Okay. Um, I have no issues with you calling Pixel Guide and legendary, by the way. <laughs> Just because we haven't gotten there yet doesn't mean I already know it's going to happen. Did you so. see how I put the copyright mark in I the did, note? I did see that Pixel Guide <laughs> was copyrighted. Uh, let me know how much I need to pay to uh, cover half, my half of that. Um, all right, so I'll just go real quick here. Uh, my favorite, I've talked about them a lot on here, um, Retro Warriors, which is two dudes in a room talking about video games. Mm, sounds familiar. Um, in <laughs> fact, yeah, I really want to, actually, I really want to reach out to these guys and, and just um, uh, let them know about our show, not to necessarily push our show, but just to have them listen and say, hey, like a big part of what you guys do is kind of what inspired the direction of the, the way I do things on this show. And um yeah, but it's funny because they'll mention every once in a while, they'll mention the ZX Spectrum or the Commodore, not knowing hardly anything about them, and just be like, I'm kind of intrigued by it, but they don't know anything about it. So yeah. I feel like we would actually be a great fit if they actually started listening to us. A lot of the podcasts seem to be a generation after me. So when you when they, I've heard one of my favorite podcasts, they'll talk about the Commodore 64 and half the things they say will be wrong. <laughs> and it <laughs> drives still, me nuts. But it's still your favorite podcast. Because uh, they talk about other stuff is great. But. Gotcha. So number two is actually two podcasts I'm going to put together here. Okay. Our buddies at The Amigos and R. Sinclair, which is two yep. podcasts, but they both kind of pick um, uh, <clears throat> their names are Boat and <laughs> goes by Boat and. Yeah, so there's uh, Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. And uh, John Schaller, right? Yeah, but Boat. The other guy Boat, had that's a. That's John. The other guy had a nickname too, didn't he? I don't know. They have, they have all these words, these like inside jokes that I don't understand. <laughs> Got to listen like to talk about like one. yeah, I know, right? They talk about like the gamble train. I'm like, what are we? What's the gamble train? I have no idea what we're talking about right now. Um, anyways, they they pick a game on the Amigos, uh, an Amiga game, or on Arson Claire. They have a, a ZX Spectrum. They talk about a Spectrum game, and they pick one a week. And they, um, I mean, they cover a little bit of news and they catch up for a few minutes, but then they just go deep into the game, which is great because we've talked about it on here. We hardly ever go deep into a game when we're picking, you know, picking through stuff. Because we want to play 20 games in a night and just try them all. But they'll actually say, I'm going to pick this game. No matter how bad it is, I'm going to learn how to play it, dig deep, and then that's our game for the week. And yeah. So I found a, a, quite a few games already that I'm like, oh, that's, I'm going to have to give that one a shot and load it up and play it and enjoy it. So, And then the last one on here, these guys used to be a monthly podcast, as are we. That was about four hours long. Uh, and they're called Retro Game Squad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard this one. And it's three dudes that all to get together once a month in a room. Are you hearing a uh, uh, any repetition here? <laughs> There's a, a constant thread. I love it when people. The energy is just great when they get into a room themselves and talk. Yeah, and like that's just that's what's interesting. I like to be feel like I'm part of some conversation that's actually happening. Um, so that's one of the sh- the, the shows that. Um, I think they did a little bit of news, but for the most part, it's all just them playing old games and talking about them. And catching up, So you yeah. can honestly go there now and listen to all their old stuff um, as if it was today. Um, they'll pick a topic. Uh, one of my favorites that they picked was um, 
oh, what do they call it? Like alternative sports games. And so they would pick a couple of games out of the 8-bit generation, a couple of games out of the 32-bit or 16-bit generation, and a couple two out of the 30-bit or 64 generation. So they'd end up going through about 8 to 10 games every month. And they'd play these things thoroughly. And they'd it would go four hours. They'd spend about 20 minutes talking about each game. It's three guys with completely different personalities, all just kind of, uh, you know, throwing their thoughts out there. And, uh, you know, they're usually games that are... Um, for the most part, there's some bad ones, but when they're bad, they're epically bad, and they say some hilarious things about them, and lots of inside jokes. Eventually, you know, if you start at the beginning, you'll pick up on it. Yeah, it's just a good time. At this point, they uh, kind of after about three and a half years, they kind of got burnt out, and uh, but they didn't want to stop. So now they're putting an episode out every like four months, so like three a year. Hmm. Um, so I still subscribe, and when they every time that thing shows up, and I see, I look how long it is, and in my opinion, the longer the better because I want to yeah. hear them talk for as long as possible. So. Well, at least they're still doing it. What about your three? So the first one, I'll just say, is the the Amigos and R. Sinclair. I'll bundle those into one. As did um, I. Because I've, I've been listening to those since episode one. I, I love everything about it. I never had an Amiga as a kid, so learning, it actually is instructive to me. You, you know, most of the games they talk about I've never played, so mm-hmm. it's actually really interesting to me. Um. The second one, I listened to The Retro Hour. Have you ever listened to that one? You know, I I want to say I pulled up one once. Yeah. And I think I just hit a topic that did, did not interest me. Yeah. But, they, um, they always talk about news for 15 minutes, and then the, the next 45 is an interview with somebody in the in, in, in gaming. Gotcha. And, she's, and it's retro gaming. Yeah. And so I really respect shows like that. Yeah. The, my, my problem, now that you say that, that, that clicks... I enjoy that first 15 minutes, and if the interview is not something that interests me, then I can't. And I've done that a couple times. Yeah. They'll, I think they were interviewing, <clears> like, a YouTuber or something once, and yeah, I was like, see. well, this, doesn't, this isn't really doing it for me, so I I just stopped listening. But most of them are actually pretty interesting. They have a lot of insiders. They, yeah. they talk to a lot of, like, guys who ran ZX Spectrum Studios back in the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, that I mean, kind of stuff. Really stuff is interesting. That's interesting, yeah. And then the third one isn't retro gaming related. I listened to Lore. I think I've mentioned that a couple times. Um, and the nice thing, the, the thing I really like about Lore is my whole family loves it. So when we go what on car that? trips, Lore is talks about anything that is unexplained in our world. So like it, it, some of it is complete BS. Like, you know, they talk about ghosts or haunted places. So it's almost like a conspiracy theory, paranormal. Yes. Um, I can't think of mysterious, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, very mysterious things that, or, or, you know, just things that are unexplainable, I guess would be best thing to say. And the way he, um, his name's Aaron Mankey that comes out with the podcast. It's very popular. I mean, yeah. we're talking tens of thousands of listeners and he's written books now on lore. He has, he had a TV show on Amazon. <laughs> um, but it comes out, I think it's once every two weeks and it, my my kids love listening to it. He's a great storyteller. He writes all the episodes. Well, he has people that help, but um, very interesting stuff. I mean, it's fun to listen to. Gotcha. Very cool. Well, as we usually do at this point in the show, we talk about how we screwed up in a section we call Errata. There's my sound effect for Errata now. That's great. That's <laughs> fitting. A fitting um, sound effect. I'm going to let you take this first one because you understand this better than me, even though I put it on this list. Yeah, and I I should have caught this when we were talking about it. So 
we talked about how with the TI-99-4A, there are two models, basically the stainless steel one and the beige one. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I said that... I think I brought it up, to be you honest. You might have brought it up, I but I confirmed it. it. Okay. So I'm going to take the heat on this one. Don't worry. I'm going to take the heat. Um, <laughs> I said the stainless steel ones will play anything. And the beige ones... Texas Instruments did come out with this thing where they said, we don't want third-party people making cartridges anymore. Yeah, and they locked them out. So we're going to lock everybody out. But as I think it was Paradroid on Twitter reminded me, not all beige Texas Instrument computers, I thought they were all of them, but not all of them actually do do the lockout. It was some many of them? Many of them. I think it's many of them. I don't know what the confirmed number is, but I know the one that I got because I got a beige one from good from shopgoodwill.com. So that, the, and it have did a, lock it out. Okay, yeah. And so I those could, have 2.2 firmware, right. which apparently reversed their idea. It sounds like it, they reversed their decision to lock things out at right. that point. Yep. So the stainless steel ones are, I think, all good. Yes, which is why I got that, and because it looks so much flipping cooler. Yep, but some beige ones are, are, are good, and a lot of them are not good. Gotcha. So... Your Neo Geo um, Mini. Yeah, so... What, what's going on there? So, I said... We, we were briefly discussing it, and I said that I was playing it, and on some games it started to chug along, and that is true. So, that that's not something that's false, but, but what I found was I had accidentally hit an option in the game or the system menu that turns on some kind of weird video optimization. And that, when turned on, seems to make some games when there's a lot going on on the screen really slow down the system. So, and honestly, it doesn't look very good. I I don't like it. I I went back to the original setting, no video optimization, and it looks great, and it plays much better. Cool. So optimization is degradation. Correct. I see. So, anyway, that's... That's that. Um, I've mentioned some of my uh, ex-British buddies, meaning that they are over here, but they are they still talk with an accent, <laughs> and they are originally from uh, England. Um, so he, uh, one of my buddies, uh, David Vincent, I'll call him out by name on here because I know he listens. Um, he uh, pointed out to me we someone else mentioned this as well, but I asked him how to do it correctly. Uh, they laughed about the way I pronounced the uh, the castle from which we got our beers. Okay. Which I said was like the Tintagel Castle. That's the way it looks to me. That's Tintagel. What it looks like, yeah. Apparently, I'll see if I can get this right. But apparently, it's the Tintagel. Tintagel. No, Tintag. She. I'm already going to screw it up. Tintagel. 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 There we go. Tintagel. Tintagel. Hmm. And apparently, we should know that uh, if we are any kind of history buff, it's the homestead of uh, King Uther and his son King Arthur. Okay. All right. So, anyways, that's so. I guess that's like a popular um, destination down there where you can go see the old um, castle and that area. And it's right down there. Actually, it looks like it's close to, let's say, Penzance. Hmm. Got the pirates and all that down there. I don't know. They didn't do that kind of learning at my school. I know. We talk about Oregon Trail. (laughs) (laughs) We went over the mountains and we ate each other, and then got dysentery. And got dysentery. Anyways, I probably screwed that up to the point where I'm going to get more errata for next month. So, you know, keeping <laughs> our job se- uh, security here. Uh, he also corrected me on saying that I knew this is going to happen, that Brits like warm beer. He's like, Cody, it is not Cody. Oh, actually, it sounded very much like him. Yeah. It's not warm beer that the Brits like. It's cellar temperature. Hmm. 
So I guess it's uh, they would keep them down in the cellar below ground, which is not room. Uh, it is room temperature technically, but that room is much colder than yeah. You know, and every so place is cold in England, right? That's true. Everything. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and correct that and say uh, Brits like soggy beer because <laughs> it's <laughs> so, always raining. So there, enjoy that. Um, actually, get a kick. There's a bunch of stuff on Twitter right now about people putting their, their machines outside to get them retrobrighted. I have using, heard that. And with no chemicals. With no chemicals. You just yep. throw it out and in the sun and give it a sunburn. But the point being, like people on there are like, oh, cool, I'm going to take all my uh, computers with me on vacation so I can retrobrite them. Which makes me go, oh, why? Because there's literally no sun there for the most of the year. So you, when you go on vacation, you go to the beach where there's sun. Yeah. So that's how they can do this, the retro riding. They literally have to take their machines to the sun. <laughs> I thought, no, it, I, I have been reading those threads on the on the, the, the great interweb. But I thought that the sun caused that. Yeah, I did too. I think it might just be, uh, we've talked about this a little bit, but the, the fire retardant in the plastic over time, yellows. Yellows, but... It yellows because usually you keep it in the sun. I thought yeah. like like yeah, sun's coming so through too. a window and it. it I thought it. I caused thought so too. It, but that's know. weird. All right, that's weird. Um, we also uh, were were noted to have said janky like forty seven times mm-hmm. on last show for some reason. We've never used the word before, but last show we got the bug and started saying it. Uh, just wanted to define janky according to the Urban Dictionary, which is always accurate. Uh, extremely low in quality or base in thought. Specifically used in the ghetto to replace ghetto as an adjective. Um, another one here says... Is it janky with an E? I thought it was janky with Jan- an A. Well, I put janky with an E. Is that but on the Urban Dictionary? That's what it, it says on here, yeah. Okay. all right. Janky does not work well. Crappy quality. So, as uh, used in this sentence. Dang, this pencil is janky, man. As soon as I started writing, the tip broke. So there you go. There's janky. Yeah. Which is pretty much how we used it. So that's not errata. I just thought it's funny that we used it so much. Hmm. To the point where people called us out on it. Hmm. I, I I don't remember using it that much, but I, I use it I in personal, <laughs> if you go back personal and life. Listen, I use it a lot. If you go back in, in there, I think I started catching on after you used it, and it just kept going back and forth. <laughs> we were playing. We were serving it back to each other like a tennis match. But All right. Uh, last thing I wanted to point out is we do random reviews throughout the show, usually pretty um, uh pretty uh, casual reviews yeah i notice every time we give a rating it's a completely different scale <laughs> like is it I'll, like i'll give that one a c minus hmm, i'm thinking i don't know like an 83 out of 100 something like or that three out of five stars yeah we'll just go wherever like absolutely wherever we feel like being at the moment that's our rating scale see that's not rad. I, I like that. that's our personal <laughs> style yep that works are we gonna make an official pixel guidance scale no like, no we are not <laughs> uh, yeah great why i mean i I'm not the only one that makes that decision. We could, but I'm leaning towards no. I'm having fun with what we're doing. Yeah. We should, right. we should purposefully make them all different from now on. There we Seven go. Seven out of eight pumpkins. There you go. This should be related, though, <laughs> somehow. Uh, four out of seven janks. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Let's go ahead and catch up. Catching up with Eric and Cody. All right. As we usually do at this point, we're going to catch up, but we're going to do so over a couple of icy cold beers. Now, that's, Eric brought the uh, the that's first the best beer way we to have catch today. up, right? Yep, best way to catch up. Oh, uh, listen to that glass clink. That means something something good or unique is going to come out. So, in a in our previous episode, we discussed a particular beer that Cody has never tried. So I went and grabbed us two big bottles of it. So you're going to try it today. Absolutely. And I'm I trying did... to find my bottle opener, which I have around here somewhere. Oh, I got one on my keychain, as as peop- every man should. Like a real man? Sorry. So, 
I have I, one in my wallet, actually, but... I, I always thought this me. bottle was very aesthetically pleasing. Mm. It has a nice uh, earth tone kind of vibe to it. Yeah, it's very nice, very nice. So this beer, he talked about it last time, but this is a um, Wells Brewing banana bread beer, which sounds atrocious. I'm, I'm going to throw it out there again. And it, it, it's it's a subtle flavor, so I think you'll like it. So the story behind this is my wife, for one of my um, birth or anniversaries, it was one of our anniversaries. They're sizable as well. She goes, She my wife is very uh, attached to getting themed anniversaries. Like every anniversary has a particular theme. Is it like the, uh, the ones you go on the internet and be like, oh, yes. five years, this is silver yep. or whatever it is. Exactly. But there's very interesting themes and one of the one theme for one year was um fruit beers or fruit Fruit. i'm sorry just fruit and so my wife went and got i smell banana over 70 beers that were all different fruit beers wow yeah and some of them were the same but there was i think 78 of them cheers i want to take a sip you keep talking so this one um, was in there, and I loved it. I, I first I thought it was crazy. I was like banana banana bread beer, but I ta- and it be, it's become one of my favorites. I love it. Hmm. Um, the taste is very subtle. So the aroma not... is much heavier than the taste. That is yeah. true. Um, so anyway, that's the story behind this beer, and uh, I I just really enjoy this one. What do you think? Hmm. Well, on first sip, I do taste the banana, and I do I do taste the bread. And it's definitely a lot more palatable than the smell would lead me to believe. Do you like bananas? I, I like bananas. I don't like bananas in things. Okay. Um, banana bread's okay. Like actual banana bread. I can eat half of a banana before almost like the texture and the sugar gets too much for me. Oh, yeah. No, I can eat a whole banana. That's fine. But um, I lo- love banana bread. Yeah. So this, yeah. this is right in my wheelhouse. Perfect. I'll come back to it. I'm going to drink some more. Okay. I've had like two sips. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to live with it for a, for a glass before I make a decision here. Okay. All right. So catching up, this is the part where we talk about what we did. Um, I went ahead and uh, hopped on my Switch and finally bit the bullet and paid, paid full price for a game because I really wanted it and they deserve my money. And that game is The Messenger, which we've talked about multiple times, although you don't seem to remember it. I don't remember it. So the messenger is a uh, modern take on Pixel on Pixel Gaiden. Wow! On, on, on our podcast, that's amazing. On Ninja Gaiden, okay, uh, the NES game. <clears throat> so uh, the it's def- I mean it's got all these new games kind of have to do this thing where it's eight bit graphics, but if you actually divide it out for the size of the screen, it's almost like playing on eight bit graphics, but on a screen four times as large as. That's what, what was resolution available back then. Yeah. So the characters and everything are a lot smaller, but they mm-hmm. are drawn with a similar, you know, mm-hmm. pixel density, if you will. Yeah. Um, and this game definitely adds a lot of things that, you know, it's not a straightforward, like, you play this level, you play this level, you play this level. It's definitely not nearly as hard. Um, you get your, your, your length in the gameplay by playing through a long game rather than playing six levels that are really hard and trying to fight your way through them like the original. Um, but no, I really like it. Um, it's got a mechanic that it kind of heavily draws off, which is uh, there's no double jump, um, but there's a mechanic where if you are jumping in the air and you attack an enemy or like a lantern, mm-hmm. you know how the original game had the lanterns, if you attack an enemy or a lantern and you hit them, you can jump again. Hmm. So they use Almost that like jumping to, off of it. Kind of, okay. yeah. Um, 
So, and of course, you can stick on walls and jump back and forth and do all the other stuff you can do in Ninja Gaiden. So, um, really cool game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It definitely lends itself towards being there's easy parts and they'll get, you'll get to a hard part you have to try over and over and over again. Boss battles are really fun. Um, but there's definitely sections that kind of feel like Celeste or Meat Boy where they be, kind of become platformers for a period. Mm-hmm. Um, so, those are a little different, but the boss battles are definitely the, the, the highlight for me. Um, and I know everyone kind of kind of knows this, and I won't. I haven't gotten to it yet, but um, there's a point in the game where uh, the graphics will split and become 16-bit. Hmm. And I think I'm right there. I just need to beat this one last boss. I feel like I'm at that point. Um, but then the game style apparently will change. Oh, and it'll become a uh, Metroid-style game. So I'll be able to backtrack through all my levels, which I've noticed the levels I've passed. There's things above and below me. There's no chance of getting. Um, so now I know that I'll, once the gameplay changes, the graphics will change, and then I can go back and start going through other parts up and down, up and below oh, so parts I've already it done. Oh, so it kind of retcons the old levels up to yep. the current bit level. Oh, and that I guess sounds you can, interesting. And I guess at that point you can change the sound and the um, graphics to match 16-bit machines wow. back and forth. You can pick at that point. That sounds pretty I cool. I haven't gotten there yet, but 20 bucks, and so far worth every penny. Awesome game. Awesome. Yep. Um, next on my list here, this is a big one for me. Okay. Um, mm, do I want to go straight for that? I have a lot. I have a lot of new pickups. Last month I said I was not going to, I was going to simmer down (laughs) and, uh, just enjoy the games, enjoy what I had. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So far from that. I went so far from that. Um, in fact, I need to start selling some other stuff because my, my hobby fund that I have allocated to my things, if anyone doesn't know, I buy and sell things. And that's how I get my hobby money. <clears throat> Not just retro video games, but other things you see in the room. Or else I'll do gigs and I'd play music, you know, guitar and stuff. And that's how I get my hobby money. But if I run out of hobby money, I'm not, I don't pull from the family's money. It's my money. So the reason I bring that up is I have run myself completely out of hobby money. Um, but I don't regret any of it. This stuff is awesome. Uh, let me start with an easy one. The first thing I picked up, I'm going to jump down here was uh, our last game we played Super... I'm sorry, Super. On the Super NES, we played Jurassic Park. Yeah. And we realized, like, halfway through our show, that that was supposed to be played with a mouse. Right. <laughs> right. So, I'm going to go ahead and... Because I hope that that would have made it a better game. You would think so, right? Right. <sighs> it wouldn't be Pixel Gaiden if I didn't go off the mic to go reach something. So there's the official Super Nintendo mouse I just picked up. That's the official one that I remember as a kid. And you didn't even know that was the thing, apparently. Isn't that what you said? I I thought that there might have been one application for this, which was like the the paint program, Mario Paint. Yeah, and, and, but Mario I thought paint. I didn't know there were any games that used it. I didn't. I didn't. I knew there was a mouse, but I didn't know there, that it it was for a game. I thought it was just for that paint program and maybe something else. Yep. So I uh, I wanted to get this because I looked it up, and there's like. 35 games that use this. Really? There's, and some of them are really good. Cannon Fodder on the Super Nintendo uses, uses that, the mouse. Which would be awesome. You can do it without the mouse, but yeah. I also have it with the mouse. Um, not that I don't already have like 14 other ways to play Cannon Fodder, but now I have the Super Nintendo way. Um, if you've never used Mario Paint, it was hilarious back then. It's still fun now. There is a game in there that's worth playing that where you have a, a fly swatter and you just smack bugs. Hmm. And it's plenty of fun. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember all the games on there, but there's probably another... Um, 10 games that I'm really interested in trying with this mouse. And um, 
they actually uh, Hyperkin makes re- reproductions of these. They actually they don't look exactly like this. They're more pointed and kind of modern futuristic back rather than back then. Yeah. Um, but it's got the purple buttons and the gray and light gray that in the American Super Nintendo. Um, Oh, we missed the, that on uh, yeah. quick questions, too. Yeah, huh? I was thinking about that. American <laughs> Super okay. Nintendo had. Um, we can use that. We can do it next. Nah. No. Yeah. Um, but so, let, me, let me ask you this. Does the Hyperkin one have... Because um, that one is like an old school mouse. It's got the mouse ball on the bottom. That's a good question. The Hyperkin <laughs> might be a laser. I was wondering if it was laser because it would probably last longer because those, you know, those the ball mouse here, balls yeah. get gunked up. Yep. That's always the first thing I do. I open them up and clean off the wheels. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyways, I got this thing, and I plugged it in to my Super Nintendo because I have my Super UFO, not NeverDrive, right. my Super UFO um, SD device, mm-hmm. and I was so bummed because my mouse doesn't work. It doesn't work? And nope, it doesn't work. But then I realized, work. maybe it's the Super UFO. And so I went on my shelf and grabbed an actual copy of Mario Paint and plugged it in there, and it works fine. So something about the Super, Super UFO, UFO doesn't does not make it work. support mouse compatibility. <clears throat> I also didn't bring this up last time because I was trying to too proud of my Super UFO and how it was only like $40. Yeah. Um, when I played Jurassic Park, there were little like pixely artifacts that kept popping up and things. So again, I'm going to need to swap out some things and get myself a legit EverDrive because it's not going to cut it. The Super UFO is now disappointing me. Isn't it funny how... Of all these games I want to play a mouse on, I can't play them. Isn't it funny that when you run into something like that, it is 100% unacceptable? Because that happens to Absolutely me all the time. Not like, accept- yep. I'll get something like that and, and I'll notice there it's just a slight little glitch or something that really probably isn't that big of a deal. But I'm like that too. I'm like, nope, this won't work. Nope. Well, the, the mouse thing, the mouse support's a big one. Yeah. And finding artifacts in games and anyways. The artifacts in games would be unacceptable to me. It and they they were pretty glaring. They went it wasn't little. Okay. I mean they were pretty glaring, but anyways, so I got that um that that done and out of my system. Now, I think we last talked I, I had talked about how I had ordered my Atari 800XL. Yeah. Which I had not received last time. I have it right here. Oh, wait, that's not it. <laughs> that is not an Atari. Ah, <laughs> uh, we'll get to that one soon. All right, here is my brand new to me, and it appears to be brand new to anybody. Look how clean that thing is. Like that. Yeah, this Oops, is a beauty. Sorry about that. This reminds me of the one I got, because I, I lucked out. You lucked out and got a nice one? Shop, I got Shop Goodwill, 15 bucks. This was a long while mm-hmm. ago, a couple years ago, but the keyboard didn't work at all. <laughs> but it w- looked like it was right out of the box. Really? Okay. And it, but the keyboard it, didn't work. It took me two hours to meticulously wipe the keyboard membrane with alcohol and uh, an eraser, pink eraser. Wow. And it's got a, tons of traces on it. And I went through each trace and just took my time, cleaned it up. It works perfectly now. Nice. But this one is in similar shape. I mean, it is beauty. But everything on that works perfectly. Yep. Um, so there's even one thing. So, <clears throat> again, not assuming everyone knows what I'm talking about here. But it's a uh, Atari 800XL microcomputer, so it looks like a keyboard. It's got a cartridge slot. You cannot put, like, Atari 2600 games in here. They have to be specific to the Atari computer line. Yep. But this will play, I think, four, eight, Atari 400, which is another computer games, Atari 800 games. Atari 600. 600. I think 1200 as well, because I think 1200 came out before the 800, which is weird. Maybe. Maybe some more errata for next time. I don't know. But I think yeah. that's what I've been noticing. From what I've been hearing, the 1200 was kind of a travesty. The 100 rectified it. But 
Um, but I also noticed this, and this drives me nuts except when it's mine. Mm-hmm. You see that right there? It's just silence right now as Eric tries to figure out what I'm doing. Are you peeling something off of it? I am peeling something off of it. Mine has that too. Just it, a little film that's on there. It's a film from when it first came to protect the keys from like shipping. Mine's has that, and I haven't removed it either. Oh, there it goes. I'm peeling it off. Yep. This is like my favorite thing to do. Because I can't stand when people have like new devices that still have the film on them. Yeah. Because it drives me nuts. But look at that precious that's... new, you know, virgin key, which is now freed from. Hasn't seen the daylight since 1980 something. I know, right? And so there's a couple on here. So all these little silver buttons off the side, the ones that say reset, option, select, start, help. They all have these membranes on them. I left them here so I could peel them off on the show so you guys could enjoy my gratification as I do so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have uh, four Atari computers now, and that 800XL is my favorite one. And and so when I posted a picture of my microcomputer wall behind me, I have all these little brackets, and I have them displayed on the wall. There was one empty spot because my uh, ZX Spectrum is so small it would not fit in those. Mm-hmm. I keep that actually in a little shoebox, one of these um, shoebox containers, storage containers I have. Yeah. I have those contor- containers for all the accessories for all the computers, but the ZX Spectrum actually fits in the box with these accessories. Um, so I had an empty spot, and I asked Twitter, what should I put there? And the overwhelming response was the 800. Yeah. Um, or just Atari computer in general. So um, I kind of agreed, went ahead and got one. The reason I love mine so much is, I, I told you, my console growing up was the Atari 5200. That's all we had as a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we really didn't have any other console. And I ha- I've been reluctant to get a 5200 just because the sheer size of it. And the controllers are really bad. Yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot of them. The controllers are horrible. The nice thing about the Atari 800XL is that when you play the games, they're a lot like the atari 5200 versions they're almost identical oh, so really? so it, it's kind of filling that spot for me playing moon patrol on it um pac-man moon patrol centipede all the uh, uh, classic atari ports look beautiful on this machine yeah and i haven't even tried those yet because i usually don't want to play stuff i've already played and yeah I, I tried to find stuff that's specific i did play seamus i know you like seamus i do that was a pretty good game kind of a, a berserk with a little more to do yeah um yeah. So, but when I first got this, uh, I just pulled up, um, you know, the basic DOS that has, what is mm-hmm. it called? Atari DOS, probably. Uh, I don't remember yeah. what it's called. 800 DOS. I don't know. And just kind of typed things and, you know, typed 10 print. My name is Cody. Yeah. Go 20, go to 10, watch the scroll. That's all you can really do. Right. So I wanted to find a solution to play games off an SD card like I do with all my devices. And I know there was a really popular one. That you showed me from Lotharek. Lotharek. Yep. Um, it was actually similar in price to the one I got, but it was uh, across overseas. And since I've been buying from this guy anyways, I noticed that uh, our buddy up the street in Woodland um, from the, the Brewing Company, which is still a weird name for an, a video game production yeah. thing, makes this. Um, <clears throat> and this is a public domain design, uh, but he just prints it himself he, he 3d prints the box and it's a nice little package here it's called the s drive max let me check that out you can check that out because I, I i like my lotharek drive it works great but it's nothing fancy yeah I mean, it just you literally just pick the xex file and you load it and you play the atari game um 
but that one I got from Lotharek, listen, and he makes great stuff. I've purchased tons of from him. But this came apart. See this little connector? The connector came apart? The really? little Atari connector came apart on mine, and one of the pins pushed out. Um, so yeah. I, I am, I'm always having to fuss with mine to get it to work right. So so it's cool. Yeah. So that the only downside, if you want to call it that, really, uh, you plug that into the back. Is that an SD card? That is an SD card. Okay. Yep. Micro SD. Um, the only downside is you'll notice there is there's a power outlet on there. Mm-hmm. This one? The USB? There's a USB and then there's a power outlet. Okay. Um, so you can power it either way, but you do have to provide your own power. Oh, that so, is weird. So you have to plug the, the connector in the back to the Atari, but then you can provide like a USB. Um, it's a USB A, I think is what they call that, right? Yeah. The first one. Um, so you have to provide power. So you do have two wires going out of that thing, which is a little much of a but what else is cool is you provided this, which I'm pretty sure is a Nintendo DS stylus. Oh, yikes. That's a Nintendo DS stylus. Yeah. Um, so when you turn that thing on and load, and load up uh, games, what you'll see is four virtual drives on there. And you just... So you can click in... Yep. So it's a touchscreen. It's a touchscreen. So I use the stylus. You click on the right-hand side of the drive. Yeah. And then it'll let you go through a list, pick a game to load to that drive, and you can load all four drives. And then you can actually save those four drives the way they are. So if you want to come back later and just load all four of those. So if you want to do multi-disc games, you can load all four drives and save that as a, you know, a drive setting. Um, and then I just go on my computer and hit reset and select the drive on there that I want to load from. And just whatever one you select, it changes that to drive one. And your Atari just pulls right up. That's pretty cool. And it'll do more than XES, uh, XEX files. I don't know. And Lotharek one will will as well, okay. but I don't remember what the formats are. But the Lotharek one is powered by the bus, by the Atari connector. Yeah, so that would, you that don't, would be nice. But you, there are buttons on mine that you have to scroll through the list, mm-hmm. and it can get very tedious if you're if if it's you're a big list. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. For, for especially for filthy animals that put like the in the, <laughs> the. In the T folder. Yep, that's T's. Because then there'll be ten thousand of those. That's not absolutely. Good. Yeah, it's great. I disagree. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, this has a full lit screen. It's probably uh, two and a half inch by four inch, and um, that's probably why you need that extra power because it's got. I mean, this thing is illuminated. And I and I kind of saw the pictures you posted of you can the see screen. It was very colorful, right? Yeah, lots of blues and blacks and whites, and I mean, it's not terribly exciting, but you can see it on the front there. I think the very front of the catalog. So anyway, yeah. I, I think it, I think that's neat. And powering it, I, I guess, is a slight hassle. But the truth is, if you were back in the day and had a tape drive or a disk drive for that... You had to power that, too. You have to power that, too. So yep. well, it's a big deal. Yep. It makes it a little bit messier, but hey. Yeah. Um, it was also, again, it was he got it to me pretty darn quick, and he was right up the street, and shipping was relatively inexpensive compared I mean, to Europe. I like to support the local guys. I mean... Yeah, of course. Cool. So I am loving that thing. Um, I play a few games that, of note that I played. I really fell in love with the 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 port of Bosconian that's on there. Bosconian's a fantastic game. I really started to figure out how to play it. Mm-hmm. I played it before, but um, I was having a blast with that one. Yeah, if you if you love that and want to play one on the Commodore sixty four, there's one called Kobo sixty four K O B O sixty four. I played that one for hours. I yeah. love that one. Yeah, it is fantastic. Another one I I play because I love trying homebrew. Mm-hmm. Um, a game called Burks Four. Okay. Now it doesn't sound like anything, um, but it's kind of a uh, 
Uh, it's kind of like a berserk, but you actually have to collect. It's imagine berserk, but you actually have to collect keys and find gates and work your way out of the level, and then go to another world and do it again. Yeah. So it's a little more involved. It's like again, it's kind of like berserk plus. Yeah. And um, I berserk's one of my favorites. I, I love playing. I would suggest you you try Burks for. I okay. Like it. Yeah. I, I, I and I haven't played that one, so I will. Um, how about we hop down to that one so that you uh, could talk hop, about that? Hop down to which one? Oh, cool. That's a show-and-tell one, too. Oh, I like show-and-tell. So, um, I should get on mic here. Now, you're, I always hop off mic to grab stuff. Feel free. <laughs> I'm a podcasting <laughs> professional. Hey, we're making the big bucks on this. Okay, so... We're about to do a, a Patreon-only uh, uh, podcast. You guys have to pay $300 a year to listen to us. Um... <laughs> But we'll make it worth your while because we'll send you a sticker. All right, keep talking because a piece that's, of this fell off in my bag here. So here over there breaking things. So now I have to keep on talking about whatever I can come up with. I really appreciate that. I'll, I'll go ahead and mention my next thing just real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about last time I got my TI-994A, which is a Texas Instruments computer, uh, similar to the um, Atari microcomputer I have here, but one from Texas Instruments and a little bit earlier. Um, and I had received... Uh, the flash cart for that, but most of the games wouldn't run. So I did end up getting in my expansion for that. Uh, not my, uh, my memory expansion for that. The 32K the one? 32K expansion, which is a must have if you get that. And then I also got a really good deal on the, uh, speech synthesizer for yeah. the, for that. And the speech synthesizer is a fun little add-on. And the funny it's thing so is back cool. in the day, no, no one was without that. Everybody had that because it was yeah. kind of the killer feature of that. Well, and I love the fact that that's true because usually those things are a lot of money on other systems. But yeah. I got mine, I think, 15 bucks shipped, and it was an original one. Yep. Now, the only thing is, and it looks cool, it's metal, so it matches the color of my TN-994A. Yeah. And I listened to the speech, and it's actually pretty impressive, to be honest. It considering is. how kind of archaic the graphics and sound is on that other than that. Yep. Um, so I played some games just to hear the speech, and I found some more games I, you know, kind of fell in, I'll, I'll say fell in like with. There's not a whole lot of games I love yet on that system. No. Um, Pars- Parsec, was, Parsec par- was pretty good. Parsec's pretty good. It's a little slow. Like, everyone raves about it. So it was a li- I found it a little slow. Yeah. But the speech synthesis in it is is really cool. So the one thing you do have to do, you do have to get out your soldering iron and hack the speech synthesizer. You mean the, like, one power trace? So there is power that goes into that speech uh, synthesizer, but yeah. that the the pin opposite that because you can make a chain sticking out at the right side of your TI ninety nine. You can make a chain of all these expansions that literally can go ten feet. Like it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> literally, I yeah. mean, uh, usefully probably honestly three feet, but you could still just keep shoving stuff on there. Um, but for whatever reason, that device, the five volt power, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't feed through to the pin, so you can't keep going. Right. If you want power, that kind of has to be your last item. Uh, didn't look right. So I uh, found online that you can simply put a jumper, which is a little piece of wire, solder it onto your 5-volt pin coming into that unit, and then hop it over to the 5-volt, what should be the 5-volt pin going out. Yeah. Um, so I had to take the thing apart, make that quick jumper, put it all back together, and then pop my 32-bit or 32K expansion on the side. It works perfectly. Yeah. So it, It's a fun add-on. Um, I don't remember what other games really utilize it. Alpiner had it. Yeah, um, Alpiner did have it. That's right. I, I heard, I, there's a bunch of them, actually. A, a lot of games did yeah. have it, and they it honestly adds a lot. I, I know it would be pretty the, hokey, but it honestly did add a lot. The TI was uh, a big educational computer, so a lot okay. of the educational titles took advantage of that, too. So, you know, it's whatever you're learning. Four, alphabet, plus, numbers, three, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Equals. 
13. Cool. <laughs> so are you enjoying the TI? It's. I mean, I have it decked out as I want to. I'm not going to add anything to it at yeah. this point, I don't think. I mean, I can play all the games yeah. at this point. So, cool. Um, yeah, I, that's another computer. I, I think I will pop that out from time to time. Uh, I definitely want to play some more Parsec and a few other games, but yeah. um, it's not going to be an everyday. It's not one of my, it's not going to be my top five favorite. The one game that stood out to me was, Am- there's a game called Ambulance, which I really like on that. I played some of that when you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun it's one. It's pretty fun. Kind of looks like Ghostbusters, but yeah. but doesn't play like it. Thank no. you. Thank goodness, no. in my opinion. All right. What did you finally uh, get back together? Yeah, so I got it because it fell apart in the bag. <laughs> oh, so it's a quality product. Great. Exactly. Nothing janky about it. So Great. we talked about the Neo Geo Mini. Because mm-hmm. I got one a couple episodes back. And and don't optimize the video because it's... Don't optimize the video, yep. So here's the controller with the original thumbstick. Yep, you I remember that? I do remember I remember it wasn't perfect, but it was like, okay, it's pretty usable. And I remember just loving the form factor yeah, of this thing. Yeah, the form factor is fantastic. Buttons are a little far apart, and then, yeah, the... Uh, the joystick is slippery. Got a, it's slippery, and it's got a lot of travel. Yep, so I was watching this YouTube video of a guy that had the Neo Geo Mini, and he recommended getting these replacement thumbsticks. Okay. And, um, oh, let me reach. Which, is, which is the part, which after the all part that time, you still don't have everything? Have it all. It <laughs> so this, you can oh, buy for $10. You can buy four of them. That's how they come on Amazon. It's 10 bucks, And it just pops right off. Okay, so it does replace the entire stick. Yep, the old one pops right off, and that one is textured and rubberized, so it's not so slippery. You know what's funny is that feels like it should be difficult because it's really high, mm-hmm. but it actually, like especially her fighting games, it's going to be really good. And that's exactly right. Like Samurai Showdown, some it of those might be other... a little lengthy for like um, shmups, but the fighting games feels perfect. Yeah. And the nice thing is you can go back and forth. I didn't know this, but they're easily popped off and on, which is why it fell off in my bag. Gotcha. Um they come right off that you can replace them comes in a pack of four 10 bucks on amazon it, it for me it's made all the difference in the world i mean when i'm playing like certain games especially the fighters trying to do like the hadouken kind of move yeah it, it's much easier I'll on this re- one i still use the the original one for shmups a little quicker yeah but I'd, it would be nice if there's just texture on on the original one that's why i kind of left them like this one with and one without because mm-hmm. i do want to play certain games with that but most games, I like it with the new one. But cool. it's kind of neat that somebody came out with this kind of aftermarket thing that's inexpensive. Um, so the next time, uh, item here that I want to talk about is I hit the mother load, at least as far as I'm concerned. You did, and I remember you briefly telling me the story, but I want to hear it again because I, I want to know the the big the the root of this story because I am always fascinated by these kind of finds. So go ahead. So I um, I do sales. For a living. Yeah. And so I was uh, at a local uh, school. I was doing a number of different schools and walking the facilities and uh, looking at lighting. I do I sell electrical stuff. Um, and so I was going through every single room in all these schools. And I would get to a computer lab. And uh, first of all, the guy there, was, it was it's hilarious he was, how grumpy he was that we were interrupting his break. And it's, it's weird to me how many teachers um, take their break in the dark. Yeah. We'd walk in on a lot of breaks where people are just completely in the dark. In the dark, and they take their breaks very seriously. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, never been in that position, so maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, he was pretty grumpy, but uh, I noticed above his um, shelving, not his shelving, what do you call it? The cabinets, the cabinets on top of yeah. the cabinets, 
there was like a, a history of Macintosh computers. There was an Apple II, and then there was a couple of uh, like a Mac Plus and a Mac SE, and then there was uh, Macintosh II, and then and they kind of kept going, getting newer and newer, all the way up to like the um, the clamshell iMacs and things like that. A couple right. couple of the newer ones, and there's probably 15 computers across there. So I just threw it out there. I'm like, wow, so you a uh, you're a Mac fan, huh? You know, it's your Mac collection. He's like, oh, that's the previous guy who worked here. I don't; those aren't mine. And then he complained about me into a sandwich or whatever he did. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, huh? So those are just sitting up there, and they were dusty. I mean, sure, looking at them fairly closely, they were dusty. So I'm like, well, you know what? If you never try, you never you're never going to win. So I sent an email to the school and said, hey, uh, if you have these up, those things are up there. They don't belong to anybody. Um, I could help you know take care of those, take this off your hands for you. Um, for a small donation, you know, try to put a little skin in the game. And um, uh, I didn't hear anything back for two weeks, just assumed nothing. Right. And then one day I get a phone call from a school, and I couldn't remember which one it was. And she's just like, oh, hi, Cody, I want you to come, uh, go ahead and come and get them. And so I'm like, sorry, come and get what now? It's like, uh, you can go ahead, I got your email, go, you can come and get them. Oh, wow. I'm like, did you have the to computers? Donate? Did you have to donate money? She or did, did you? Well... So yeah, that, she didn't ask for anything, but I said I'd donate some money. So that's really nice of you. Um, so the so I get there, and uh, she walks me back there, and uh, she said, "Yeah, he already went, it took what he wanted." First of all, I don't know who he was because apparently he was this guy was already gone. Hmm. So I don't know if it was the guy who's in that lab now. Uh, but I went in there. It looked like he had everything. I went back to my pictures I took of him, and I saw there was like two he took. He okay. took the Mac Plus. And I forget the other one, one of the newer Macs. But I am now the proud owner of a, let me try to go through all these. Yeah. Apple 2GS with monitor, with monitors. That's um, great. Well, monitor. Uh, Macintosh SE, a Macintosh 2, I'm doing most of this from memory, a LC3, a Macintosh, well, we'll get to that, LC580, a, oh, I'm forgetting some, Quadra 700. Um, and then I got some newer, uh, some of the old school power books and a Newton, uh, E-Mate E300 it's called. It's like a writing PDA tablet thing, which I have here behind me. And I think that's everything. Um, and, and monitors to match all these too. And all the monitors, yeah. And, um, it, I mean... I just shoved them all in the back of my car, took all the cables and, and keyboards and everything they have. They keyboards alone. Some of them are worth a hundred. One of them is worth a hundred bucks, apparently. Yeah. Um, and uh, so my wife was not loving it, but she let me do it. I told her I'd, I'd move them <laughs> on as quick as I can to people or, to, or you know, some yeah. of them I'm going to keep. Some of them I'm going to fix up, make sure they work and sell them off. And, you know, um, I'll be honest about that. I think some people are like, oh, give them, hand them all out. Well, I have a hobby fund. This is how I support it. So, right. Um, so, let's start from the beginning. The first one I put together, uh, I should put say put together, put plugged everything in, dusted it off, cleaned it off. First of all, I blew them all out with my uh, air compressor, and nastiness. So much nastiness came out of these. Yeah, there's a lot of fur balls. Yeah. Um, I'm sure once you, if you did you open yours at all? Yeah. So I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, go ahead and get to that in a second because I did. Okay. I sent you a picture, or I posted a picture of of the internal. Of the inside of mine. I don't know if you okay. looked at it too closely, but it was pretty bad. It was bad. pretty bad. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I blew them out externally, blew into all the holes, and eventually opened them up uh, and blew them all out. But um, So, the Macintosh SE, 
uh, plugged it all in, turned it on. My girls were there watching and heard a boop, which I remember I had an, uh, a Macintosh Plus growing up. Yeah. I heard that noise, and I'm like, oh, that's good noise. That's the noise that it makes. That's it. Yeah. Um, no picture came up, and that's when I I got sad. I'm like, oh, well, I can't expect them all to work. And then I thought about it. Oh, let me play with the contrast. And eventually everything popped up, and it was working great. Beautiful. Except um, it had the little floppy disk picture with an X through it, which means we're not detecting a floppy, so we can't start up. Right. But the SE has a hard drive built into it, which means it wasn't reading the hard drive. Right. Um, so I haven't done any more on that one yet, but I've done some research. And uh, from what I heard is those hard drives back then... Uh, trying to get, you know, at this point we're talking tech, so let me go ahead and. Talking tech! So I went ahead and uh, found out that those hard drives, the little armature in there that moves back and forth, back and forth across the plates, um, the back end of the armature will hit rubber bump stops, basically showing it where to stop or forcing it to stop before it falls off the plate. Um, those bump stops are rubber, and over time, they've just gotten that particular type of rubber super sticky. So what happens is the armature will literally hit those, and it doesn't have enough power to pull itself off of the sticky rubber. Okay. So what I'm hoping to do, and I saw some videos of this, and I know you're not supposed to open a hard drive outside of a lab you know, in a perfect environment, but if it's already not working, I'm going to give it a shot. And I saw some people that you know, literally went in there and grabbed the rubber and ripped it out and then um, took it apart and put pieces of like aquarium tubing in there to make new bump stops and all this stuff. I'm thinking, why can't I just go in there, separate the armature from the rubber, and take it like a piece of like thick paper and just put it in there so mm-hmm. that it's no longer sticks to the rubber? Just a little piece to keep you know where the armature Something, would hit. Yeah, it. yeah. I mean, it's worth a shot. Um, worst case scenario, I'll have to find some sort of SD solution to make a. If it's scuzzy, that's going to be super easy. Yeah, I've heard there's SD scuzzy hard. Drives. I showed you the one I have at home, it, which would actually work in that the scuzzy two yeah. SD. SCSI 2 SD. Yeah. But, I mean, my goal is if I could get it up and running and working without any money into it, that's, I mean, right. that's a, not only a personal victory, but yeah. it also is cheaper. So um, I'm going to try to do that. Moving on to the Apple II, which is one of the main ones I wanted from this lot. The Apple II GS? The Apple II GS is what they had there, not the standard two. Yeah, the two GS, which can play all the old Apple II stuff as well, but mm-hmm. it also has GS. Yeah. <laughs> does it's powered by gs it is powered by gs uh, gs apparently means graphics and sound which is funny because the other ones had graphics and sound too it's, anyways um so i got this one and i had all kinds of issues with this so first of all i tried to turn it on and i could tell the power light was like dimly blinking and i've never owned one of these so i didn't know if that's right or wrong um but nothing was coming up on the screen and it just wasn't working i called you and asked you or texted you whatever tweeted um we do all three, and I can never remember what I did. Uh, but basically, said you would lend me a power supply. It sounds like a power supply, which I agreed. Um, and I tried your power supply, and the light came on strong and hard. I'm like, cool, it's a power supply. Still wasn't getting a good signal on the screen. We'll get to that later. Um, but for the power supply issue, I started looking into power supplies, and there's like uh, replacement power supplies for like 130 bucks. And I'm like, man, I really don't want to put 130 bucks into this computer um, to start. Um, by the way, I replaced the battery. I want to make sure. We have a, a, a Twitter friend on there. Yeah, um, Josh Malone. Yep, Josh Malone. And his big thing is get the damn batteries out. The batteries will destroy it. I hope yeah. he sounds like that because he has a huge beard. Yes. And whenever he says that on Twitter, that's what I hear. Yeah, get the damn batteries out. Yeah. Um, I replaced the battery. So uh, 
I'm like, well, how do I get my power supply to work? And there's a kit, a rebuild kit that's like 40 bucks plus shipping, probably 50 bucks, where you can kind of gut the thing and then mount this new, it's basically a whole new power supply, but you put inside the housing of the old one so it all still mounts the same. I'm like, oh, that's cheaper. That's doable. Let's see if we can do that. But then I went on eBay to see if magically something else existed. And some guy had a, it's kind of a hokey thing. He has like, oh, a kit to re- rebuild your power supply. And it's only $8 plus four ninety nine shipping. It's so like 13 bucks. And it was literally four capacitors. And when I read the instructions, which thankfully he put on eBay with the thing, you're actually only using two of the capacitors. The other two are backups. Gotcha. So it's really two capacitors. They're one microfarad at 50 volts. <clears throat> and you just replace two pass- capacitors on the uh, power supply board that regularly yeah. fail. Well, I have those. I literally bought them in a 100-pack for like $3. I mean, I've got capacitors. So it, these literally cost me a total of 50, cent- 50 cents maybe, not even. 30 cents? I don't know. I popped those in there and plugged it in. Works perfectly. So my power supply is back up and running for 13 cents. That's great. 30 cents, whatever, plus a little solder. 31 cents. (laughs) So I'm stoked about that. And then I couldn't get the monitor to work. And I was making sure, because I tried a Mac monitor at first, and I knew you... I heard other people say once I tried that, you can't use a Mac monitor. No. So I had what looked like a 10-inch Apple II GS monitor and a 12-inch Apple II GS monitor. And I tried the 10-inch, and I got no picture whatsoever. Played with the contrast and everything. Still got no picture whatsoever. So I'm like, shoot, this monitor's gone. So then I tried the 12-inch, and I got a picture, but it was just super janky. Janky, yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I was all bummed, and I'm like, oh, man. So I started playing with um, the horizontal sink on the back, and I'd go one way, and it would get better, then eventually get worse. So I'd go the other way, get better, then eventually worse. So I, I found the sweet spot in the middle, but wasn't right. And I uh, went online, and the guys, um, a lot of people were saying, like, that's that should work, but it might be a sink issue. I don't know what's going on. One guy finally looked at the picture and said, the little power uh, light is vertical instead of horizontal. So on yours, it's horizontal, so it's not an Apple IIGS monitor. There's only one monitor that works with the Apple one IIGS. One flipping monitor. Now, yep. what I heard, though, is... It's a, the reason it doesn't work with the other ones is because it actually goes down to a 15,000 frequency, which is very low. Yeah. But that's also what the Atari ST needs and a couple other computers. Yeah. And so, I do have it. I have both. I have both the Atari ST monitor and I have the actual RGB Apple II GS monitor. Gotcha. And you have a PVM. I have the PVM too. Which but is, a, again, PVM a studio will, monitor. The PVM will still... The PVM... Well, I don't want to. I, I, I heard that say. the Sony PVMs are supposed to be able to go down that low. Was your Sony? Uh, mine is a Sony PVM, oh. um, yeah. but I have tried to hook my old Atari STF to it, and it did not work. It rolled. Oh, okay. So there was a sync issue with it. I had to get an actual Atari monitor. Oh, really? Okay. For my Atari, for my old Atari ST. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I heard that this would work with the Atari, so that <clears> brought me some hope because I want an Atari ST, but I know there's only specific monitors, and those are harder to ship or find. Yeah. So, anyways. I went ahead and found out this is the wrong monitor, went down and got my 10-inch again, just hoping I could get it working, uh, finagled it, blew it out, shook on it, whatever, turned it on, played with the contrast, and this time I got it. So I don't know if I just screwed up last time or if I actually did something different, and it came up, but it was still janky. Yeah. <laughs> so then I played with the contrast on the back, same thing. If I went too far one way, it'd go bad. If I went too far the other way, it'd get better than go bad. And uh, I just gave up for the night. And for whatever reason, the next day I came back and did it and played with those again. And I just went all the way to the end, even though it was getting worse and worse and worse. And all of a sudden it clicked and worked. Yeah. I'm like, what? Okay. I have an old Commodore 1702 monitor. 
Yeah. And it it's like that. It's less like finicky and cantankerous and it it it, it you, you mess a dictionary with, to talk to you. Yeah, you mess with the controls and sometimes <laughs> it works, sometimes it starts rolling, sometimes the picture doesn't look good. You know, it, it's about finding the right monitor. Yep. But after I got this thing set, a couple times it went out again. I had to play with it again, but now it's been working. I wonder if it's a bad cable. I had to buy new cables because I did not these. Uh, I had all the cables for the keyboards and the mouse. Yeah, but there was no cables for monitors. So the monitors that did not have one built in, I had to actually go buy them. Hmm. And it's a uh, it's just the DB15, which is yeah, kind of like your DB9 connector on your joystick, but six more, which means it's six more better. I used an LCD with my <laughs> Apple IIGS for a while, and. Uh, just a flat panel LCD, and there was like there's this little adapter that'll work, but it doesn't look great, but oh, it yeah. works. I used it for months like that, and then I I was sending screenshots to Twitter like, "Hey, I'm playing this game, I'm playing that game," but and I was like, "I know this looks horrible, but I don't have an Apple II monitor, and they're really hard to find, yeah, or Apple II GS monitor." And a guy on there, I don't remember his name, I wish I did. He said, "Hey." I use my Apple II GS monitor just to for arcade machines. I just mount them in arcade machines and play them. Hmm. And he goes, I'm not using mine anymore. It has a crack on the side, but it works fine. Do you want it? You can have it for free. Hmm. And so I sent him some money for shipping. He sent it to me, and it that's, that's the one awesome. I use. And it works great. And the crack isn't even really that big. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, mine's working. Um, it has... The name of the school up here on the front of the monitor, which is just a nice little touch. And after you said that, I I left all the stickers on the LC580 you gave me. Oh, did you? Were you, you didn't want to take them off? No, I don't, and I don't want to take them off. I left There's the something. ones on my old Commodore Pet from the Bay Area yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I think it's kind of cool. Well, it's funny because the Apple IIGS and a lot of these Macs are like, over here in America, it's like the BBC Micro is in, in England. Yeah. This, this was the educational computer line. Like, all <clears> schools had these. Yep. Um, so... You let me go, uh, go ahead and borrow. I don't have. I mean, it came with two three and a half inch floppy drive uh, drives. I don't think they work. Okay. Um, one of them just wouldn't load up or do anything. The other one would start and then it would spin so fast it sounded like a rocket was about to take off in my house. <laughs> Fire so explosion. I had to shut it. Yeah, no, it sounded yeah. bad. So I'm like, mm, nope. Yep. Um, so I borrowed. You have a floppy emu, mu, whatever. Emu, yeah. Which I'm going to start learning how to use a little better. But I was able to get five and a half inch floppies uh, emulated on there. So I played some. Uh, I played the hell out of some Oregon Trail, yeah, which is the official game of of kids in America growing up in school. So yep, yep. I forded some rivers and lost my daughter and like five hundred pounds of food and <laughs> all kinds of good times. Um, so I went ahead and plugged in the Macintosh two, and it does go up and run. I'll be quick through these next ones. Replace the batteries. Uh, the Apple two did turn up and run. It was funny because when it turned on for the first time, the text for the uh os was like in like 24 point font so like it could fit like seven words on the screen right so i was like i put on twitter i'm like whoever was using this must have been old or blind or something then this is really really bad so i fixed all that but as i was just changing things it, it free it froze on me i shut it down turned it on it made a horrible noise shut it down again left it alone for like an hour turned it back on worked again this time it went about 10 minutes and then froze on me Last time I tried that again, it didn't freeze on me. I used it for like 15 minutes and then shut it down naturally. So I feel like the hard drive is just old, and it's, at, the longer I use it, the less it's screwing up. Right. So I don't know if the hard drive is even going to be usable moving forward or if I'm going to have to do a SCSI or something or else just... Uh, the Macintosh 2 is a huge machine. It's not in here because it's physically... It's it's 
like it's like one of the pizza box shaped ones, it's, right? Yeah, it's and giant. it's heavy. Yeah, which is funny because Apple Two GS is super light. <clears throat> it is pretty light until you start putting cards in it, like mine. And it gets a little heavier. Gotcha. Uh, which, by the way, I did check. Mine has two megabytes of memory in it, which is oh, that's good. good. So I'm yeah. not going to upgrade it. I mean, that's fine. That's great. Um, and then the next model I have, which is actually a Macintosh, but it's Macintosh LC3, and it's super. Sm- it's like a pizza box, but smaller. A third the size and like a quarter of the weight. Super yeah. light. Um, plug that thing in. It works great. Excited about that one. Still haven't changed the battery, but I do have an extra one here. Um, what else? The Quadra seems to work great. The um, Quadra was the one that I like. I was like, oh man, I've always wanted a, a Quadra. Just now, why home. was that? What is it about so the Quadra? So certain models of Quadras, and I'm not even sure the one you have has this, supports a card that goes in it that will allow you, it'll basically become a pc so you can switch between mac and pc on the same machine that's always intrigued me because it's it's a desk it's a desk space saver like i could pop that up there play all the apple stuff i wanted but also go and jump into the pc world so here's my quadra nice oh and what's cool you know what i love about this i love a lot about this actually yeah and uh part of me doesn't want to sell it but this is the one that's the most shippable and worth the most money so i'm just I'm i'm gonna get rid of it yep um so I don't know how much you know about these things. Here it is. But here's what I love about it. Here's how you open this thing up. Yeah. These little feet? Yeah. They just kind of come off. They just pop right off. And then you just kind of open it. <laughs> That's it. It's open. Wide open. Yeah, look how clean it is inside, too. I, well, I blew the hell out of yeah. it. Um, so these ones I have not yet gotten to the batteries. They're going to be under there somewhere. You can see this particular one. They don't always have the same stuff. This one's got a hard drive and a floppy. Um it doesn't look like any extra cards or anything in here, but it powers up, it runs, it works. Um, yeah, the only I can thing see I don't... the slots in there, the memory slots, and a lot of them are empty, so you could probably really deck this one out. You probably could. I'm probably going to let someone else do that. Yeah. Um, uh, the only thing I haven't tried, and I actually have a pack of uh, Macs use a very specific double-density floppy. Yeah. That you have to use those, so I have a pack on order because I don't have any double-density floppies to try out. I want to verify that these things all work. Um, but again, just because this thing's worth as much as it is, relatively. Oh, yeah. Um, and everything, I grew up with a Mac Plus, so that LC3 will play anything the Mac Plus would and a lot of new stuff. Um, I did have a Centris when we were, the next computer we got was a Centris. Yeah. Which is um, like the user, uh, it's a step below this. But it's like the homeowner version of a, what's the, uh, the one that schools used. They made a version of the same machines. They named Performa? it one thing. Yeah, Performa. Yeah. They made a version for the school, and then they made a version for home. Right. So we had a Centra 610, I think. So it was like a step before the Quadra. Yeah. And uh, I do remember, because there was no software on, on uh, very little, on Macintosh, we'd get these magazines with all the games and stuff you could buy. And I just, it was always the same stuff. And I was always like, I always wanted the, 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 the uh, PC software so that I could run PC games on there. But um, I remember reading terrible things that they just it did not work well. You almost right. had to have a version for each game you wanted to play. Like it's just it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but you gave me, which is a very kind gift, was the LC five eighty. LC five eighty because which, it kind of did the things I think you wanted the Quadra for more or less. Yeah, I not mean, the, I, not the PC emulation, not the PC emulation, but it did everything else. And so I got that and. I, I plugged it all in. I was very excited. In fact, I couldn't even wait because I was going to wait until the weekend. But the next day, I was like, nope, I want to see if this boots up. <laughs> plugged everything in. 
Uh, I blew it out first because you know, that's what you do with these new systems, and it was dirty. I sent you a picture on Twitter. I mean, it was filthy inside. Yeah. Blew it out. Looked good. Everything looked good. Packed it all back up. Back up. The battery wasn't leaking. It was in there, but it wasn't leaking. I haven't noticed a single leak on any of these yet. So that's great. Even though the batteries aren't working. Yeah. Uh, they, they were pretty solid. And the battery I have does not work, but it doesn't leak, which is good. And I went to turn it on. Did not come on. And I was just bummed out. I was like, oh, man, I wonder what this could be. And I started digging into it, doing my research, digging in. And I happened to hear, like, I, I put my ear up to the, which is funny, because this is how I troubleshoot a lot of retro computers. Listen. I put my ear up to the case. I you, turn, just whisper, you just pet it and whisper. Tell me. Yeah. Hey, what's going on over here? Exactly. How are you feeling? I plugged it. So on those, <laughs> you, you turn the switch on in the back. You push the power button on the keyboard. And I listened, and I heard a click, and I was trying to find out where the click was, and it was the there's a big cooling off fan in the back, mm-hmm. and I looked at it, and it would just move slightly, just trying to go, just click, just trying click, to click. move. So I took it apart, and I blew that fan out, and a bunch of like just hair and stuff came off of the fan. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It just blew it all out, <laughs> and then it came right up. Nice. And the IDE drive, I can hear it clicking and stuff, so I can tell it's old. But it works fine, and it boot everything booted up, and well, all the Macintosh drives had that specific noise that of reading, writing. I don't know. I can't. I can when I hear it. I know exactly. Like it brings me to my youth. The funny the sound of those Mac drives. Yeah, the funny thing about the LC five eighty, which I'm learning because I'm now well studied in it because yeah, I was yeah. reading up on it. It was one of the few Macs that takes IDE. It's not a SCSI drive. Mm. It's an IDE drive, and which is a cool. Battery too, right? And it's got a weird 4.5 volt um, alkaline battery in it. That's every square. other Mac has these had the little barrel 3.6. ones. Yep. So these are the ones I took out. Yeah, and if, look at them. I mean, they look. I, I thought they were brand new. I was so like, they, oh, somebody replaced them, but they, they are look, not. They look great. Um, and the one I have actually looks fine too, but it does not hold the time and date to save its life. So, um, yeah. I ordered a new one or an old old stock new one. Um, but there's a guy in Australia who sells a. It's a big, like you put double A's in it, but it has the same lead connector and yeah. will convert to 4.5. Works fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's four, it, four it is, double, yeah. double A's will get you, or three double A's will get you 4.5. Yep. So um, you could, I mean, you really could, you wouldn't want to do this. You could put regular batteries in there. They well, just eventually leak in a year and you don't want that. But. So in Australia, this guy sells the little battery case for it mm-hmm. and it's all set up. But the problem is, I don't know where inside I would actually mount that. I'd probably yeah. Velcro it to you the side to, yep. or something in there. Yep. Um, so with pinball, you do that a lot. You take the battery out, you put a battery pack off the side and run leads to the terminations where the battery pack or oh, the original battery would have gone. I didn't know that. You just want it off the board because on a battery, on the pinball machines, they yeah, they same thing. They leak and just run down the board and destroy it. So, yeah, so I have that option, but I did find another one. As long as it holds it for a couple of years, I'll switch it to the AA one eventually. But uh, but anyway, it works great. I already got it all working. I think you saw I connected to BBSs with it. I got a terminal program on it. I found a good way to, like, uh, sneaker net files over to it was because it has a CD-ROM. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's I, how you got the OS on it, right? Yeah, I just uh, – it's a whole story, but my Mac at home, my, my modern Mac, used to be able to burn – discs for older Macs because it would use HFS file system. That is specific. I got a... When when I upgraded mine to El Capitan, it, it it doesn't do it anymore. I had to go download this old version of Roxio Toast that makes CD-ROMs. Huh. You know, that's a, that's a burner program. Yeah, yeah. 
and that one will actually burn an H- HFS. So I can like load up a CD and pop it over onto the LC580 cool. and like just load stuff up. And that's what I did. What I found interesting when you load yours up, you showed the the uh, the main screen when you loaded it up, and it had a yeah. program on there basically to lock kids out of doing anything. And yeah. therefore, it locked you out of doing anything. It was called at ease, and it required an administrative password to do anything on the machine. And I, I researched up the wazoo to find a way to fix that or get around it. it. That was pretty airtight software. There was no way to get around it. So you had to wipe the hard drive and reinstall an OS. So I burned a, I found an ISO of the operating system, and I just like awesome. just wiped it. What's cool is Apple on their website actually has most of the old classic operating systems. They just provide it for you. They do. And the cool thing is I didn't actually wipe mine. I didn't format the drive. I just reinstalled system, whatever it is, 7.1.6 or whatever, Mm -hmm. on top of the other one, and it wiped out at ease, but it kept all the software that was on there. Oh, awesome. I still have Oregon Trail. So you loaded up some Oregon Trail. Yep. (laughs) Claris Works. Um, There's a lot of actually good software in the Hyper Studio for making hypercards. Oh, I used the heck out of Hyper Studio when I was a kid. It's on there. And it kept all of it, which I'm really happy, because I didn't want to get rid of all that software. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm set. Yep. And I had a, again, when I had my Mac, uh, some of the games I did play, one of them, you, I, at the time I didn't realize this, but you mentioned this to me. It was a game I really wanted to play a first person shooter and there was doom and all that stuff out there, but we didn't have access to that on a Mac. So I played Marathon. Marathon, which is the, yeah, the predecessor to Halo, Halo, apparently, which I didn't know that. Yeah. I just, when I played, that's the game I played when I was a kid. And, um, the only reason I was, my parents, you know, no violence and that kind of thing. The only reason they let me have that game is because they didn't bleed they had like yellow liquid they're aliens that had yellow liquid come right out. right yeah so luckily if it was doom it would have been a no-go <laughs> it would have been nope awesome um so anyways and then um I, I also got a couple more computers uh one of them i didn't mention was uh, i also got another all-in-one we didn't mention your lc 580 is an all-in-one so it it's is a monitor an all-in-one. with a cd drive with a floppy drive everything speakers everything yeah so I got, uh, I couldn't tell you what the number is now. I also got a power PC one that's like all in one like that. Okay. I have not powered it up yet. I have no idea if it worked. And then I also have a G3 server. So it's a Macintosh G3 server. That's awesome. Is it like, is it the one that's it's all stainless steel looking? Mm-mm. No, I mean, it's, it's a sta- freestanding tower. But is it all beige? Yep. Okay. Yep. And it looks like a normal G3 tower, but then it has an extra like three inch chunk that sticks off the side. Hmm. I have no idea. You might want to check it out and let me know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> um, but the last one I did play with, I'll try to get through this quick. I'm proud of this one. So this is my Newton. Yeah. So it's got this. Uh, it's this, it's really bizarre design. Um, almost looks like an alien, like or like a shark egg. Have you seen a shark egg? Yeah. <laughs> and then halfway through, there's this little screen that pops up, and this is kind of a. It's supposed to be for your artsy fartsy types that want to go out and type out in the hills and stuff um it's like a little laptop thing but all it does is allow you to type and draw and save to internal memory um there is a little slot over here for like add-ons i guess yeah Um, but even if you wanted to save things you save it to the hard drive and then you would have to go ahead and uh, either email it to yourself or use wi-fi or something like that to get it uh over to i don't know another computer so you can print it or or whatever well, you'll notice, uh, so I have it all cleaned up here. I've got the stylus. This is the original stylus. It's got a nice weight to it. Yep. Uh, I guess these things are usually lost, so it's cool that you can feel it there. Yeah, I can imagine getting a replacement for that be, would be pretty tough. Um, there might be, a, actually, on the end there, I think there was something that, that might have been like a, I don't know, it looks like there's something that was supposed to be on the end of that thing. But anyway, it's a cool-looking device. Well, it's a green thing. Um, you'll notice here, it actually lights up. It's got a 
uh, not a backlight, but a front light. And it's, it's got this, uh, got what I'm going to call god-awful green color to it. <laughs> kind of like, almost like an original Game Boy, a little more neon. Yeah. Um, so that you can use it in the dark. But the coolest thing about it, if you'll notice, uh, it is not plugged in at the moment, which means the batteries are working. Now, they were not originally working. Um, I had to buy a, I'll grab it here, <clears throat> uh, replacement battery supply, a supply, supply, supply. Uh, it's one of these universal ones from Amazon. I just kind of adjusted it to 7.5 volts, which is the voltage, plugged it in, and the thing, for, for the most part, worked. Uh, it originally started up, and it was all black. I had to adjust the um, I had to adjust the contrast and stuff and play with the, the knobs on here until I got all the crap out of it. And then you can see it's going. There you go. You can see. Hold on. There's light. You can see the contrast going up and down. Yeah. Um, so I eventually unplugged it and it turned right off which means the batteries weren't working and they're the original batteries i say batteries battery pack from 1998 um so i went online and found out that um uh i can go to batteries plus and kind of buy the cells themselves and kind of put it together using the old parts so um i did that i wasn't super confident but the guy there said i could do it he could go ahead and send it off and make it for like 35 bucks something like that um but he suggested i go ahead and try it so i did and, you know, the nice ones they make for these things come all heat-shrinked and all pretty. Um, I cut that all off. Um, had to basically... It was actually really hard to get these things, pry them all off, because they're spot-welded. Okay. And you're supposed to... When you remake them, you're supposed to use a spot-weld, which is a really, really quick, high-heat weld so that the battery doesn't warm up because it'll lose performance. Well, I don't have a spot-welder. So I did have to solder these things together, um, which uh, technically will get them to warm up, and then the batteries kind of lose some of their... Um, their holding capacity, I guess. Um, but the original batteries were like 1,200, whatever they call it, uh, battery unit, some kind of unit of measure, <laughs> yeah. 1,200 microjoules or whatever it is of power. And the replacement ones for the same size uh, were 1,700. So if I lose a little bit, they're still going to be better than the original. Yeah. Um, but I did have to basically reuse all the leads. <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. There's two devices, like a thermistor, which... Uh, it's taped within the, the battery wrapping, and if it gets too warm in there, it'll tell the computer that, and it'll stop charging. Okay. And then there's another device that goes on the very end between two of the batteries, um, which basically, if there's too much current running through it, same thing. It basically will heat up and cause some resistance, which reduces the amount of current charging the batteries. So they're kind of protective measures. Um, but I got those all in there. It did not work the first time. I did not do it well enough. Uh, I figured out the error of my ways. I'm not going to go into details now, but... I found a better way to do it, and this thing's pretty solid now. Um, I wrapped it with uh, packing tape so it all fits together. But it, <laughs> I know, right? Um, but the beautiful thing about it is it has this nice hard plastic container that you shove the whole thing into, and then you, the leads pop out. So when it's all said and done, it looks just like the original. Because this looks it's like all, a battery pack, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, And it's in there, and it's working, and yay. So I'm super happy that I, I, I feel privileged, or not privileged, I feel proud of myself for being able to do it. That's awesome. Um so and so you're gonna sell that probably i am gonna sell this ah. <laughs> you're lusting over it over here yeah i've got i've already got um i already know what i'm gonna spend the money on if i sell this thing and uh realistically i had fun with it it did what i wanted it to do which was give me a nice little project got it working but i would not actually use this and i know i'm talking to a guy who who does pixel guide in notes on a tandy 200 I not do. today though not today but usually i do so that's that project. Cool. Um, 
All right, moving on. Next order of news. I'm going to grab some beer here in a second. Um, okay. I played Old Towers on the Genesis. Yeah. Um, which is a game we talked about last time. A uh, really cool game where you uh, collect all the coins. You just kind of press up, down, left, and right, and bounce all the way across the screen. It's a, it is a puzzle game. Okay. But it's, it's really good. Um, it's free. Go online, download it. Um, it actually is a uh, a recreation, or a, what do you want to call it, heavily imitated uh, version of a game that was on mobile devices. Okay. But it is really good. And they made a version for the ZX Spectrum, which I would suggest. And is that a modern version on the ZX Spectrum, or was that an old version? Well, all the, I mean, this is based off a mobile game. Okay. So they're all, to so my knowledge, new, they're all they're new, new versions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah. You uh, played a game on vacation. So this was the only, the one game I did play on vacation, which was a game that you recommended. See, I do listen to you. I, do, I don't believe it. I do follow your recommendations at times. Um, but it's SteamWorld Dig. And um, I did load that up. I played it on vacation. I played it when I got back. And I do enjoy it. I got about maybe three hours into it. So Yeah, three hours is uh, more or less halfway through the game. And um, I, I do. I really enjoy it. Okay. It's, it's been a great one. Is uh, it kind of like, it's like a... a a time waster, a good in a good way. Time waster, kind of methodical, Mister Driller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's relaxing because there's really not a lot of intense arcade action yeah, with RPG elements. Yeah, but with RPG elements, so it's a pretty relaxing one. So. There's a few parts where you do have to attack some things and get oh, yeah. past some parts with some timing, but yeah. And I, I mean, I I've died a few times in the game, but it's no big deal. You just pay your way out of it, so it's good. Perfect. So you win. Yes. I'll go ahead and give that a thumbs up, which is you, which is another one of our scales, by the way, our grading scales. <laughs> thumbs up. Yeah. Um, I put three beers in front of you. These yeah. Are, these are Anchor Steam beers. They're not, I mean, they are technically, I think, a microbrew, but mm-hmm. um, nothing fancy, but let's go ahead and try one of those. Which one do you want? I've got, I've got a partner for each one of those. Yep. So that's the standard. Standard. This is the India Pale Ale. Uh, the Fogbreaker IPA, and this one's the Citra Hop Blend. I think I want to try the Citra I, Hop Blend. I have a feeling you were going to pick that. I, I agree with you on that. Okay. Let's go ahead and do that then. So I need to pull out these new glasses, right? Yeah, go ahead and pull out some new glasses. You're going to get to 88 again. <laughs> Still more or less frosty. Okay. Oh, I need my keys. I'll let you open that. Well, I talk about our next item. All right. Um... The actually, all the next items are yours. What are yeah. we doing? Wasting my time. I can talk and open these at the same time. No, I don't so, believe it. <laughs> remember, I made a pledge that I wasn't going to buy any new Xbox One games. I do remember that, and I stuck. I've stuck to it for a good six weeks, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I did find Just Cause Four on sale, um, and that's one that I that that's one of the brainless games that I just love playing. Yeah, um, just endless destruction, just a lot of fun. And so my the kicker was I saw it, I didn't buy it, and then I talked to my son, and he said he loved Just Cause 3. He, played, he beat it, and, and he was just like, oh, yeah. I'd love to have Gotta that. Because he doesn't play much Xbox anymore. He's mainly PC gaming. And so I said, okay, I'll pick it up, and I went back and grabbed it. It was like twenty seven ninety nine or something, or 30 bucks. Nice. So I was like, what the heck? So I bought it. Now, I didn't break. The reason I said I sort of broke my pledge is I haven't really played it. Wow, my okay. son played it's for it. your son okay and uh but you love I, that game too the just I, cause games i do love it and i i did i did once i loaded up i did play it a little tiny bit not much and uh, it's the same old goodness i mean it's 
Just Cause is just an, is a fun modern game. So, gotcha. Cheers. Cheers. Let me try this out. I haven't tried this one yet either. Actually, I think I did the other day, but I was already like three or four in, so I don't remember it. I can smell the citrus. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you think about that? It's good. I never gave my rating for the last one. Yeah, I want to hear was, what you think. Because... It was drinkable. It was not gross, but I don't love it. Okay. It was, it was good. That's fair enough. It was good. I, I... It does taste like banana bread, but it is, and it is not over the top. So how many loafs? Out of ten loaves, I mean, out of loaves, loaves. <laughs> ten loaves, loaves. Lo- it's loaves, isn't it? Loaves. Out of, out of uh, let's go biblical. Out of uh, five loaves and two fishes, I would give it <laughs> three loaves and a fish. Okay. <laughs> I think I would. I, I'd give it higher. I, I actually really enjoy that. Movie. I know you do. I, I don't buy it much because you know it is. It's pricey. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was glad to try it once. Yeah, I don't buy it all that often. I, I think those two bottles were like eleven bucks or something. Oh, for the for the pair for for the for the pair. So okay. it's not that bad, but they were bigger, they were bottles. bigger bottles. Yeah. Um, but I I do like to go back to it every now and then. I think it's a pretty tasty beer. Gotcha. Did you have a problem with your NES Mini? I did. So this this leads me into um, what I'm going to do for Eric's segment is uh, an ode to bubble. What bobble. is Eric's segment? I've never oh, heard of this. Eric's take. Eric's take. There oh, Sorry. now Eric's I understand. Take. Whoa! So I'm going to do an ode to Bubble Bobble. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to take my NES Mini and I'm going to throw that new Bubble Bobble Deluxe on there. Yeah, you want to play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 100 plus levels. We talked about that earlier on. Yep. That was another recommendation you have. So I... Well, I'd never actually played it. I just... Yeah. It seemed right up your alley. So I downloaded it. I found it easily. I, I went to go throw it on there. I haven't used my NES Mini in a little while. I plug it in. It immediately, when I turn on, it says shutting down. Huh. Like every time I turned it on, it would just immediately show shutting down and it would shut down. So I was like, oh, what is going on? So I, pl- I was like, no problem. I'm plugging into my laptop and load uh, Hackchi yeah. and just figure out what's wrong. When I'd plug Hackchi in, it would give me this error that was like overload, ROM overload. Hmm. And I, I, was, I, I thought it was bricked. I was just like, this isn't working. So I researched it, and it said, just load the new version of Hackchi. There's a, like a brand new version, mm-hmm. and it's a known problem with, with the NES Minis. Really? But I don't know what caused it. It's just literally been sitting on my shelf. Like, I haven't done anything with it. It worked fine last time it I played it. reminds me of it. my Raspberry Pi that when I had it sitting there, yeah. and it would just get turned on by somebody by accident, and it would sit there on for like a week. Then it would just lose all Maybe the data. Maybe that's what happened. All the data I- on the SD card would just disappear. I have no idea what happened, but it did that. So I loaded the new Hackchi. I had to flash the new custom ROM for for the actual operating system. Once I did that, I got all the original games back, but all the customizations I did are gone. Interesting. So that was that was a, kind of bummed me out because I put yeah. a ton of stuff on that. The good thing about it is if you're Hackchi, well, you had to use a new version of Hackchi because usually that keeps your... I had to use a new version, and it wiped all, oh, all my, so all the ROMs I had. No big deal. I mean, I, whatever. That's still fine. only takes about 20, 30 minutes to fix it, but still, yeah, that's not. But I did throw the Bubble Bobble Deluxe on there, and 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 I played it, and so it, it, it's all back up and running. But that's the first time I've had one of those mini machines fail on me, and it, yeah, and and I gotta say, and one of the most uh, quality ones too, right? And it, it it wasn't even plugged into the wall, so I don't know how it would have gotten turned on, on it weird. accidentally or whatever. Just 
you know, know that there is solutions out there. If this ever happens to any of our listeners, there are solutions, but you probably lose all your customizations. So gotcha. Bummer. This beer's good. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I like it. I don't know how much citrus I'm getting, but it's like that light fruity hop kind of thing. Yeah. Because, like you it. know, I'm not a big fan of pale ales. Mm-hmm. Neither of us. We're on the same page there too. But this one is not bad. Not bad at all. Um, it almost has a hint of Stardew. Speaking of Stardew, <laughs> Stardew. was that a good segue? <laughs> You've been playing Stardew Valley, or what's the deal with Stardew Valley here? So I bought Stardew Valley for my PC, like a PC as a PC game, because it was on sale once for really low money. I for, I don't remember how much it was. Very few monies. I loaded it in. Yeah, I think it was six out of seven monies or something. <laughs> um, and uh, I loaded it up, and I thought, oh, this is cute. I'm not going to... Uh, whatever you know, I I, do, I didn't play it. Just like most of my Steam games, I'm like I'm getting addicted to that one. I have a I have a Steam library of like 300 games, and I played none of them. Oh yeah, ever. more than I do. Um, but I didn't see that there was that it was on Switch, right? So I thought, you know, that's probably a pretty cool portable game. So I'm yep. gonna grab it, and let me tell you what I'm doing with Stardew Valley. Please tell me what you're doing with Stardew Valley. I am playing it. This is kind of a unique paradigm for this game. I in the game every day is about twelve to fourteen minutes long. So you okay. literally play in that time scale. Twelve to fourteen minutes is one day in Stardew Valley. So I am playing a day a day. <laughs> so I'm I'm literally I. It's like a job now. I go in, I play for twelve fourteen minutes, I save. I play the next day and I play and I do that. And it's pretty cool because you manage a farm in Stardew Valley mm-hmm. and it's a very deep game. There's a lot going on. The citizens are all living their lives. It's kind of almost like a, like a world simulation. Yeah. Um, there's so much in that game to do that you can't go wrong there. You don't do wrong things in Stardew Valley. It is to use the vernacular of the kids these days. It's oh, a very ooh. chill game. Oh, it's so chill. Would you say that it's fresh? It's right. that's all. That, that, that was me as a kid. Um, you lose. So, um, but it, it, it's a game where you just kick back. Some days, like if I have extra time, I'll play two or three days. But I have a day minimum where I have to play a day, tend my farms, yep, um, raise my livestock. So the um, wife's wondering why the trash didn't get taken out. You're right. like, um, it was either that or else completely. I'm taking the trash out in Stardew Valley. There you go. Yeah, I did take the trash out. I don't have time to take the trash out when I'm in this game. Taking the trash out. Exactly. And planting seeds. Um, but my recommendation is what I'm playing so far is is I love it, and the Switch is a perfect platform for perfect. it. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. 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 So cool. anyway, just wanted to let you guys know that. Gotcha. Gotcha. I wanted to get my uh, the Coco Two, my uh, another microcomputer. This is a TRS eighty, which you are wearing the Radio Shack TRS eighty shirt. Color computer logo, because yep. it's got the colors on it. So my yeah, it's true. So mine is also a TRS eighty color computer yep. two Coco yeah. Two. And I when I, when I I've talked about this a few months ago when I got it, and mm-hmm. I was excited to pick up a new computer. Got a good deal on it, so I thought from uh, Goodwill, and it turns on and it works and. Um, so I wanted to play some games, so I wanted to borrow your cart. You let me borrow your cart. And you did? And that was a few months ago, and I could not get that cart to work. And I was trying all these um, DOS commands and stuff to try to get the cart working or whatever, and it just wasn't working. So I went online and looked up and just watched people load the cart and stuff. And 
they just plugged it in and turned it on. The cart loaded up. So then I pulled out your SD card, put it on my computer, and checked it out. And all the files are supposed to be in there are in there. So I'm like, okay, it should be working. Yeah. And I tried changing the jumper to see if that was the issue. That wasn't the issue. So I'm like, you know what? I wonder if my Cocoa even works. Let me try loading from tape. Okay. Because I have the cable. It came you have the, the cassette cable. cable. Yep. Yeah. So I did that. I plugged it in, put it on my phone, and used. Uh, I just used a wave. Pl- Actually, I plugged it into my laptop. I actually used a wave player. Yeah. But, um, and uh, tried to load up some games, and I typed C load which is how you cassette load, mm-hmm. hit enter, press play. Uh, the first time it didn't work, but then I tried C load M, which is what you use for machine code. Yeah. Because these old computers have DOS, uh, basic, sorry, not DOS, have basic. And so basic runs on top of machine code. There's kind of basically two program languages they can run things from. So M for machine code. Yep. Yeah. So then I tried the machine code one and just like in the video on YouTube, the name of the game popped up at the top while it was loading. I'm like, Oh sweet. It's working. Finally. It, then it got to the end of it and just said okay. Yeah, but and you have on, to execute. I think on color computer you have to hit type in E X E C to execute. They did not do that on the video, but maybe that's what I need to do. Yeah, because I mean most basic you type run. Yeah, but if I remember right, and this is off the top of my uh, damaged brain here, my memory damaged brain, I think you type E X E C for execute. See, I didn't see that them do that when they hit run or when they were loading from the tape. I used the game that they were loading on the video. It showed the name, hmm. and then as it was going, a loading screen came up. Well, I kept my screen never came up, and then it eventually just went and played, and it became the game. Mine just never loaded screen, and then just said okay. Well, that's weird. So I don't know if I have an issue with mine. It doesn't seem like there's an issue, but it won't automatically notice the cartridge, and it won't load anything. I'll have to look through my notes because the Coco's not one I really go back to a lot. Yeah, and I, I probably <clears> won't too honestly, but I want to get it working, and that's kind of what I'm doing is I'm trying to figure out. Do I want to just keep this machine just to have the machine, maybe get a cartridge or two? Or is it worth me, you know, I mean, it's pretty big bucks. It's like 100 bucks ship to get that SD yeah. cart. And am I actually going to use it enough to use that SD cart? I'd like to have it working. Well, let me revisit but, it with my notes, and I'll send you, like, an FAQ. <laughs> like well, I, gave little... the, I think I gave the cart back to you because I gave up on it. Well, no, that's good. Give that back to me. I'll, I'll dig mine out, get it all set up, and... Um... Let me just go refresh my memory on how to get stuff running. Because the ROMs that are on there, the cartridge ROMs, yeah. they should just load right up. Yeah. Yeah, nothing was working. But anyways. Okay. So I'm still working on that. But that was my first time ever trying to load something from tape. So that was cool. Yeah. I've never done that before. You should do it on your ZX Spectrum. That, that's There was so many tapes. The tape was like the format for that machine. Yep. Well, and I want to load that from a legit tape. Because if you remember, um, Tim, yeah. Tim from uh, Sanction from the Future of 8-Bit gave me a bunch of cassettes, legit ones. So I want to get, actually, from my grandpa's house, my grandpa passed away a few years ago, I went through his garage and found an old tape player. So I want to see if that works. Okay. That should, I mean, that should do it. Yeah. Probably can't write to it, but I can. Because I use my my phone to load stuff on my ZX Spectrum, and I do do that occasionally because, like, um, it used really fancy loading screens on those tapes. Mm-hmm. Like, there'll be graphics that fill in and pictures yeah. that it shows, and even some of them had mini games. Oh, yeah. uh, you could play while you're waiting for the tape to load. That's cool. Um, so the tape is a whole different genre of things that you can kind of get into on the ZX Spectrum. But you can simulate that with your phone pretty easily. Yeah. 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 Um, I played some... Hey, this is the game. You said you never heard of this game because I tweeted it. But my girls and I, um, we played the first episode of the new Sam and Max remake that they remade in the mid-2000s. Telltale oh. Games, which went under. Yeah. Um, this was the game that I was talking about that well, went off of Steam 
But then I tried to download future episodes and I couldn't download them because the company went under. Uh, but then their bat their bat came back up somehow. Somebody bought the IP for it or something. Yeah, I don't know the whole story. But all I know is I did download the new episodes. So one of these nights, I'm like, you know what? Let's, I'll get my girls together and we'll play it. So I got my laptop, my new laptop, which has Steam on it. And I actually can play the Steam games now. Oh, that's great. Unlike my desktop. Yeah. Which we are recording on right now. And um, I connected it to my TV at HDMI so that we everyone could see it in the family room. And we played a Sam and Max episode, which is a point-and-click adventure game, but um, in 3D. Nowadays, it's in 3D. And they're just hilarious. I love those games. And so, how'd your girls like them? The, they loved the first one, and so that, but they didn't play the whole thing with me. So that's why I decided to do it with them. And it was great because now they're at the age where they actually can take the mouse, and we all make decisions together on what we're going to say, what we're going to click on, and they'll go through it all. Um, I had to use the internet a couple times because I wanted to finish that episode before oh, yeah. the night was over. Sure, but it probably took three hours to finish episode two. And uh, yeah, that's one. That was one of my favorite kids. Probably top five favorite kids. Favorite games. As a kid, probably top five of all time, playing the original Sam and Max adventure game on DOS on the PC. That's cool. So um, I've never played those. Uh, the original one's so good. I would suggest it. Now, that you can do it with or without sound. The original one, I suggest doing it without sound because the voices kind of ruin it, some of the okay. magic. Yeah. But when, you read the, when you're actually reading and your voice are making your own, in your head, making your, the voices up, they're hilarious. They're absolutely hilarious. Oh, cool. In fact, I went out and bought the... Um, graphic novels and stuff for that too mm. which i don't usually do comics and stuff but that's neat yeah love it this next one i am so excited for okay do you know what it is it is the msx2 the msx2 yeah what is that it's an old guy in his garage <laughs> no. uh, is it uh yo know, computers in the old guy's <laughs> exactly. garage no. oh you're talking about yourself <laughs> Oh. It was me. I'm the old guy. Yeah. It all comes back. Oh, I see it, and it is beautiful. Eric ordered an MSX2, which is a Japanese microcomputer. Man, I have been on a microcomputer kick lately, and that is a thing of beauty. Yeah, and this is one I've been seriously looking for for probably five or six years, just trying to find the right deal because they're really pricey. Yeah. You pretty much have to get them from Japan, although once in a while they'll pop up for sale here in the U.S., but they're mm -hmm. usually for a lot of money. Um, I, I lucked into one. I, I hate talking about price cause people, I, I, I don't, I wanted to talk to you about this before the show, but I forgot to tell you whenever I talk about price on Twitter, mm -hmm. like there's always some weird people that come out of the woodwork yeah. and say like, either I paid too much or I'm rich and I should, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. just, just, uh, just really weird conversation. So I ban that. I don't talk about money anymore on Twitter. Like, I just say, hey, I got this. And if somebody yeah. asks me, I tend to ignore them. Well, and I'll be honest. I feel kind of weird about saying that I'm going to sell some of these Macs. But the truth is, I don't need 13 Macs. Right. And no, the truth no, is, no. And the you... truth is, my hobby money is the money I make from my hobbies. So no, I'm, I'm going to keep the ones I want. I, th I think that's awesome. I mean, it is what it is. I'm, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, not, I, I, I'm I just... fixing up computers that were literally up there rotting away or going in the trash. Yep. And I'm going to sell them. That's right. After fixing them up. And yeah. I think a lot of people in our hobby do that. But yeah, every once in a while, you'll hear somebody that wants to say you're doing something wrong. or Yeah. You know, it is what it is. So anyway, take a look. I know you already looked at it a little bit because you dropped my house quickly. But yes, I'm that. amazed at how what kind of shape that one's in. It looks in amazing shape. So the MSX, and I've been doing a lot of research on these. Good. Um First of all, it's got, uh, it looks kind of like the Spectrum in the sense that every key has a million things on it. 
Yeah. But it's all uh, kanji. English first, but then yeah, yeah Japanese kanji later. Um, so there was the MSX, which is the first standard for this computer. That's correct. And then there's the MSX2, which is a version you have, which can play MSX or MSX2 games. Right, and the MSX2 is just as like a more robust, has more RAM, faster processor, but it can... But it's a standard, and that's what's unique yep, about these. Is it is. I don't know who came up with the standard, but the electronics companies in Japan decided on the standard for making computers, so they would all make a computer that would play the same games. Yeah. But they could each sell their hardware individually. Right. Which so I the, love that So you idea. have a lot of manufacturers like Panasonic, uh, there's uh, Sony made uh, some MS, MS, MSX computers. Uh, Panasonic, Sony, Sharp, a bunch of companies made MSX computers, but there are a couple that are more popular than others in the Panasonic yeah, there's, tends there's to be one name you didn't get to. What was that? I'll tell you about that in a second. Um, but anyway, that, that computer to oh, me... look at that. There's even kanji on the ports on the back. That's cool. Yeah. Well, you, you should see that when it boots up. Like, when it boots up, it comes... If you let it boot up naturally without hitting any keys, it goes into this, like, productivity software. Really? <laughs> but it's, like, all these tiles. Oh, yeah, I did see that. I did yeah, see that. and it's all in Japanese, but it's, like, a calculator, a calendar, a notepad. It's almost like a little kind of mini Windows. When you go into basic on that, it is Microsoft. It is Microsoft DOS, like a very early version of Microsoft DOS. Um, but, but it's called MSX. It's DOS. called MSX. Now, there is, a, there is a kind of argument about what MSX stand for, stands for. No Ooh, one has Microsoft Extreme. No one has actually <laughs> had a definitive explanation to what MSX actually means. Some people think they know what it means, but no one actually definitively knows. Um, it's it's kind of an interesting story. I was doing kind of research on that too. Now here's the other thing I got: the Mega Flash ROM SCC Plus SD. Yeah, well, I want to get that in just a second. Sure. I want to point out a couple things about the MSX. Yeah. Since we're talking, to, I'm not going to hit the button. A long <laughs> no, thing. you should hit talking the button. To, hit the button. Okay, yeah. we're going to hit the button, ladies and gentlemen. If I can find it first. Talking tech. So the MSX uh, standard. There's a few things specifically on here that I like to point out. First of all, two cartridge slots. Yep. Um, so there's like a primary and a secondary. So you can load things. There's a cassette port back here. Mm -hmm. But there are two cartridge slots. Um, and I guess people, you could dual load games, I guess, and select between them or else have expansions or what? There was expansions. So like if you wanted an RS-232 cartridge that, so you could hook a modem to it, you would plug it in the secondary port. Okay. This is mainly for games and software and utilities. This is for expansions like memory. There was all sorts of stuff of expansions you can get for the MSX. Um, the the main one, this main port is mainly for all. I mean, a lot of like just kind of like the TI. Mm -hmm. Most of the games came on cartridge for this. Machine. Yeah, very cartridge centric. Yeah. But um, I did try out the cassette port. I made my own cassette cable. And, you did? Okay. That's and cool. uh, it works great. I was able to do the command to load tapes and load it right up. That, Very cool. And I, that was because I ordered this cartridge, and I didn't know when it was going to come in, and I wanted to test it out. So I built it. That's why I built the cassette. Tape. Gotcha. And then it also has arrows on it. Like big, chunky arrow well, keys on it. This one does. I mean, I, the, the fact that it had arrow inputs was part of the standard, but this one has big, chunky arrows. Correct. Um, yeah. The, of course, it has F1 keys, just like kind of all the other microcomputers at the time. It also has stop, yep. home, select, 
insert and delete. I love so this model we didn't mention that is a Panasonic A1. It's an FS A1. Oh yeah, I forgot to say that, huh? And uh, I love the color scheme because orange and black are my two favorite colors. Like I love the Halloween colors. Oh really? Okay. Love them. Like that orange is my favorite color. So well, that's what I love is these things have a lot of personality. They um, do because I, I, I this model came in a red, a cherry red. I'm sure you've I, seen it online. That's, that's a that beauty. was the same model. Yeah. Oh, okay, because yep. I thought a lot of the really colorful ones were MSX computers, not the two. No, this but one. But if I'm going to came... get one, I'm going to want the two because that's going to be able to play everything. Correct. Yes. Yes. Um, I, 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 yeah, I just thought it was a, a fun computer to get. It has a lot of um, history. Like I found out that like the original Castlevania came out on this. Yeah. It was called Vampire Killer. Yep. Um, There's the a few things I knew about that, and yeah, that was one of them that's kind of known for that, and then Metal Gear Solid, a lot of Konami yep, stuff. Really, Gear, a lot of Konami stuff. Yeah. In fact, I wanted to show you this. So I got the Mega Flash ROM SCC Plus SD cartridge. Mm-hmm. So it is an understatement to say that's just a flash cartridge. So it is. There's an SD card slot, and you can load ROMs and everything on there. But do you put this in one or number slot nope, one or two? It has like to, to go in one. This one that goes in one. It has okay. to go in this one. Yeah, I'm gonna do it just to feel it. Yep. There we go. And the SCC part is that Konami cartridges came with a special sound, sound chip, chip on right? It. Yeah. And that it, it, it makes very robust um, musical scores and, and sound effects. And that cartridge has it's kind of like what was similar to. Um, you know, like Super Nintendo had the custom chips on it, on the cartridges. And so the mappers, you have to get special, like the EverDrive has to mm-hmm. simulate those special chips. <clears throat> Lost my voice there. That is what this cartridge does. This also adds 512K of RAM. Which, I'm, do you know what that 512 can be used on? It's just used for games. Because I know the standard here has 64, I've done a lot of research on these, 64 yep. RAM, but 128 virtual RAM. Correct. That's the standard. Yep. Some of these... In- and uh, that's what not, this one has. This one has okay. Sixty four. Some of them and have one twenty eight and one twenty eight. Right. But then they have this huge card that can go up to five twelve. Yep. So the card, if you get this, and this comes in a bunch of different models. Come, there's one that comes with two SD card slots. Mm-hmm. Like what you were saying earlier with like loading up different drives, like on the Atari eight hundred. This has a similar thing. You can load up a bunch of ROMs in different or or disk images in different slots. Yeah, okay. And so there's a cartridge that comes with multiple SD card slots so that you can do that. Um, they show up as different drive volumes because this is a lot like, this actually is Microsoft DOS. You can partition up to, I think, four gigabytes. I think it's something like that. You can actually make partitions almost like a hard drive and just store the disk images in those. Okay. I will tell you, this is not an easy flash cart to learn. It oh, took really? me hours to figure out how to actually use it. Really? Oh, so bummer. I had to hold delete and escape down, okay, when I booted this machine to actually boot into what's called Nextor. Nextor, it's T-O-R, is kind of like a file management um, software that is built onto the cartridge. Onto the card, okay. That lets you go and find, like, ROM images. And then you, with ROM images, it just flashes it on the cartridge. You reboot. And you reboot. And, and this just acts like the cartridge. Card. Yep, okay. But with disk images, it's different. You load the disk images into, like, a virtual disk drive. Yeah. Which flashes onto the ROM. When you reboot, you have to go into basic and actually type all load the load from commands. from the drive. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But because this has special, remember I told you about that productivity firmware that this boots into? Yes. When you hold delete down, it bypasses that and will boot whatever's on the cartridge. But to get to Nextdoor, you have to hold delete now and that's escape. that's not MSX specific. That's this model that's specific. That's this model specific. But that's a good point. Any MSX you get, you got to learn its nuances. Mm, like, it's okay. it, that was nowhere in the documentation. I had to figure that out on my own. Um, another weird thing is because Japanese, is, they read um, right to left. Yeah, right to yeah, left. and top to bottom. These shift keys... See, like you would think hitting this button right here is F7. It's not. When you hit that button, it's F2. Yeah, well, it says F2 It says it's, F2 and F7 on it, right? But F2 is in the second spot. Yeah. It took me a bit to figure that out. You have oh, to hold I shift gotcha. Down. When you hold shift, it does the first one. Yeah, because they, yeah, I gotcha. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's backwards. So it That's is a funny. funky computer. It's funky, but chunky. That is funny. Okay. Well, and then it's got a pause button, too, which I noticed here. Yep. And when you hit that pause, it literally pauses the whole system. So do you think um, this game would play this? What is that? <laughs> it's a Konami MSX game. No, what is the game, though? Uh, I forget what it's called. I can't read Japanese, but it's... Um, yeah. Cows, something I don't remember. Or do you think maybe it would play Mappy? Oh, Mappy. On the MSX. That's the MSX. Those are both MSX1 games. And they'll, so they'll play on here just fine. Yeah, Where did they, you get these? Do you think uh, it would use this controller? Oh, yeah. That's the that's the controller that matches this one. I think I should just use my MSX. What? <laughs> did you, when did you buy this? So Holy I've been trying crap. to keep... That's a heavy one. This I know. one is heavy. That is very heavy. Um, so I went ahead and was absolutely digging into these. I'm like, I love this. I want an MSX. Yeah. And then, like, as I was doing that research, you sent me a text. You're like, Cody, I just got something for the show. Can't wait to tell you about it. It's a secret. It's from Japan. I'm like, is it an MSX? You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had just started a bidding on that. So I actually won that after our conversation, but I knew I was getting it. Yeah. I got a killer deal on that, too. Oh, that's was it in, from Japan? Nope, that was in America actually. Oh wow! Um, and it came with these two games. Okay. And it came with the controller, which is they're wired a little bit differently, which we can talk about in a second. So the funny thing is that controller is made for mine. I know. Look at that. It, I mean, it is made. It it sold with that it one. Sold, yep. It even says right on it. This is an FSJS two two two. Oh man! Look at that whole thing. You broke up my set. I want that. That's probably <laughs> the one that went with this. You broke up my set. Um, and it also came, I, I can't use this, but it also see. came with a, uh, no, these are just power cables, uh, a SCART cable. So that's how you want to hook it up. Cause once I hook this up, how, to my you, SCART, how am I going to use this? What do you mean? Yo, it, you, so you need, yeah. This just, goes out of the back and then where does the SCART go? It goes into, so I have a SCART connector for my PVM. Yeah, I don't have that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you got to get that. I have nothing for SCART. Cause, so. so mine has. Which is, I think a British cable isn't it or yeah. is that just well no it's not it's international it's european gotcha. so i mean there's a lot so i the when i first got this i didn't have a scart cable i i plugged it into um composite and it's fine i plugged it into my big toshiba like my flat screen or crt yeah, yeah. and it looked great but when you go into the file system like to like for the for this cartridge yeah. i couldn't read the text i mean it's it's just not oh, really it's not okay. a good resolution once I plugged this into SCART, it was perfect. I okay. mean, I, you could go into the fonts, you could read everything. But 
Um, you know Chris Osborne, who helped you out with the apples? He was chiming in on the apples, Foztex on Twitter. Yes, yeah. He bought two of these from a local U.S. seller, and he got one of them to work. And so I'm familiar with that model. Oh, this exact model. Yeah, I, so I this mean, is when a... I say familiar, just from what he was texting. And, and I went over his house once, and I messed around with it. Um, th- these are great. They're great systems. Yeah, I'm super stoked. So let's let everyone know what we're talking about. Um, I got, and I love the color. Um, it's a Sanyo, which is not one of the ones you mentioned, which is why I brought that yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when I first saw this, the deal looked so good. I won't tell you what I, I mean, like you said, we don't need to talk about price, but I got a killer deal. When I was first started bidding on it, it was only like a day left, and it was at $66. Um, it went up, but I'm very happy with the deal. Um, it's this really cool, like, gray-blue color. It is. I really like that color. It's really heavy, which I didn't realize yours was so light, but it is very heavy. And it's because the power supply is built in, because you can see the cord coming yep. out. Mine's a wall wart. That's probably where most of the, yeah. Yep. So it's got the power connected to it, which is kind of a downer. But um, the two cassettes are on, uh, or cartridge slots are on the top. And there's, they're side by side, where mine's on top and in the back. In the back, yep. Yep. And uh, the model is a Wavy 23, which is a weird name. Um, I think it's a cool name, though. It's Wavy Michael Jordan. Wait, you can't beat that, right? And then there's a picture of him dunking. <laughs> no. Um, no, obviously he's not. But what's, it's actually bigger than yours, um, for whatever reason. Well, the power supply, probably. It's not just the size that and counts. And then it's got... <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good it's thing. It's what you do with it. But then it's got this like weird little like part that juts out right here. Mm-hmm. So it's not rectangular like yours is. It's kind of rectangular, but then there's a big old bump at the top and a weird jut at the bottom. That's in such good shape, though. That's and really it worked, good I shape. Mean, when I bought it, it said working. They had pictures of it working. Yeah. And it came with those two games, and it came with the controller. So I'm like, Yes. Yeah, and the um, controller's key, because I told you I had to cannibalize one of my ex- existing controllers because there's two wires that have to cross. So it uses a standard DB9 setup, Connector. which is the same as any Atari or Amiga yep. or anything. But yeah, two of the pins are swapped. And they won't work. It just doesn't work. I've tried plugging in one, and it just doesn't work. So somehow crossing those two wires makes it work correctly. It's almost like, yeah, almost like the MSX uh, software yep. says checks it somehow and it does something know. because it just does not work oh man so, i want to see that again yeah because we'll i haven't to, really seen one of these close up i haven't so got, we'll have to we'll have to plug it in and play with it too and the um, thing is so one heavy. Of these days, it is heavy which is kind of a bummer but actually i like heavy computers like the atari 800 is a solid computer yeah well that that, that thing's a tank compared to the, even the the oh the 7800 you said no no the, no i said the 800. atari 800 xl, XL is yeah. a hefty system but i i love it yeah so I'm stoked. Um, obviously, I've only been playing two games on it so far, which are Mappy and then this game, which I cannot... It's a Konami game. I was wondering why you got that, because I was like, man, that why those are odd choices. I don't know what that one is, but if I did, I'd load it up on mine and It's try actually to play it. pretty fun. Um, until you get to a like? point where you get to a shop. It's like an RPG. Okay. Uh, but like side-scrolling, almost like a Zelda 2 kind of RPG. Yeah. But then you get to a shop, and you have all these questions and kanji, and I'm like, Have you tried to use to Google on. Translate to just hold the Ooh, image up? that's there. not a bad idea. Because I've, I've done that before to read menus on video games. <laughs> yeah, I need to find the name of this. It actually is a game that's highly regarded on the MSX1. Because, again, these are not MSX2 specific. They're yeah. the, the first system. What I love about it is the standard MSX games, the quality of these games is very similar to a Nintendo. The MSX2 are almost like the later years of Nintendo, but with better sound. Like, yeah. I, Which is awesome, because most of these microcomputers are playing games that, to me, again from my age and up are kind of stunted versions of the games I enjoy. 
Yeah. Um, so that that this is actually a microcomputer that plays games that are on par with what I grew up with, which are more right. or less Japanese NES games. Yep. Um, that is correct. I mean, when I played that uh, Vampire Killer, which is Castlevania, uh-huh. it feels exactly like an like a NES. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's no difference. So I got so and excited then, just playing these two games. But the funny thing is, then playing Aleste, you've heard of Aleste, the yeah. shmup. I played that last night. It seems better than Inez. So the really? MSX2, I mean, it just seems like it's a little smoother, a little better. Now, what's funny is my only experience at all with an MSX yeah. uh, was the MSX collection on the Saturn. They had like three of them. Yeah. And yeah. I had a couple of them. I sold them off because playing them on my set, first of all, they were worth more than I needed to keep them for. Yeah. Um, but they were very, like, they don't scroll well. MSX, whatever the architecture does, not scroll well. So the so MSX. It's very um, jerky. The MSX two is the MSX two smooth. It scrolls a little better because okay. I mean the Aleste looks great. Okay, because I know, um, for example, if you've ever played, I played Gradius on the on the compilation for Saturn. Yeah, and it's so jerky, it's almost hard to to play. Yeah, um, but so the, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I loaded up the MSX Gradius. Uh-huh. That's MSX, not yes. two, and it is it is it was super choppy. jerky. Yep. But I but you load up a Lest and it's almost like a Sega Genesis almost. And that's a two game, MSX two game. A, that yeah. is an MSX two game. Oh, I'm so excited. So this is why I've been picking your brain so much on these. Yeah, you got to get that. Well, specifically this cart, and I'll tell you why. First of all, yeah. check the mappy cart. Yeah. Do you see the little hole? Yeah. To pull it out. There's literally a hole that's big enough for you to shove your whole finger straight through the cart and pull it out. Oh, that's pretty cool. I've actually been playing the hell out of that game just because I have it, and it comes. The mappy I have comes with the actual um, Japanese. Uh, what do you call this um, box? I guess yeah, it's just exactly it's almost, the size it, of the cartridge slides that, in there. Those are almost the size of like a like remember uh, not VHS but Beta like the video Beta Max. The yep. beta, these are, these look like Betamax cartridges yeah. to me. <laughs> I actually did have that growing up. My parents picked the wrong format. <laughs> they chose poorly. <laughs> yep. I don't think we had any actual movies on that. We just had tapes right. that we recorded from TV on. So. Yeah, well, um, I gotta tell you, you so you, the difference, mm-hmm. one difference of yours is it has the numpad, which is really cool. Oh Mine yeah, you don't have, have a numpad. Nope. Mine has like the big chunky. I like your arrow keys. keys a lot better. Mine are. Mine this at, almost will. This almost will function as a controller almost. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, I guess that's typically how they played them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dude, so now we're MSX2 brothers. So it's funny because I kept, I've been trying to shut my mouth and make this a surprise. Yeah. For whatever reason, even though it, you did, t- it, it was a surprise. Um, because we just talked before the show about what we should do, six good games for next week. And you're like, MSX games. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you got yours, but uh, I'm a liar. So um, I'm going to get, I am going to get the SD card. That is what I want to sell that Newton for, basically, is to be able to buy it. Just get that, yeah. Um, the good news is that was fast shipping. He had it to me in three days. So there's another one out there that I've been looking at. Okay. We talked about briefly. I saw that. Yes. And it's half the price of this. Mm-hmm. And apparently works very simple, very well, but it does not have the SS or SCC plus the sound chip yep. emulation in it, um, which a lot of however, Konami games do do the enhanced sound. So think about that. Konami was the number one publisher on the MSX. Correct. So there, I've also seen this though um, that you can take a game. I don't have one. This is a Konami game, but it's not doesn't have the chip because it's not MSX two. Yeah. But you can actually take a Konami game mm-hmm. with the chip, put it in slot two, and then from the card, you can use that chip. 
Oh yeah, that'd be pretty cool. So you can use an actual work. game. Unfortunately, MSX games are like 150 to 200 bucks each. They are. They're they're it's almost like crazy. Neo Geo. It's almost like Neo. Uh, when I was first researching it, I, I compared it almost to Neo Geo, like how expensive the cards yeah. are. And that's yeah. why that card right there for I mean, let's be honest, that card shipped to the US is about 200 bucks. Yeah. But you'll get every game. And um so yeah, I want to sell some of these Macs and pick that up. I also want to pick up the um floppy MU for the or or some sort of emulation floppy disk for my Macintoshes so I can use Yeah. I'm going to keep probably the LC3 and the um Apple II and that'll work on both of them. So Yeah. So I'm excited to dig into some MSX games. I'm excited now because now we can actually compare some MSX notes. Yeah, isn't this cool? It's cool. And I, I, I got to be honest. I, I, when I look at both these models, they both, they're both awesome. I mean, look at the they're both aesthetics very of them. Yeah, they're yeah. both very unique. They're both really. Yeah, I look at my wall up there, and I love those computers. Yep, but they're all vision, different variations of beige, with the exception of the TI99, which is stainless steel, which looks super cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the rest of them are just different. Are colors you going to replace the wavy up there? I'm probably going to put the wavy where the cocoa is. To be honest with you, yeah, because um, I have a box for the cocoa. It can go back in its box and still be loved and appreciated. But you can still put one more rack up there. I have room for rack. I have room for a couple more. But you should. I need. I need to cool it. I need to cool it with all this stuff. So you know the funny. You know these type of computers. What they're called? They're called wedge computers. Instead of yeah, with the keyboards built into them. With the keyboards built in, they're called Wedge. and I just call them microcomputers, but I, I guess that's probably what you should call them. Yeah, it, I, I'd love to get a complete set of like Wedge computers, like every Wedge computer ever made. I think that would be pretty neat. And that's more or less what I've been doing. Not, yeah. not on purpose. I don't want all of them. I don't have room for all of them, but I want, the, I want to get the feel of all of them. Anyway, I can Which say pretty close once I learned how to do this, like this the, cartridge, the card. I told you it was a little weird difficult getting it to work yeah once i did it it is awesome it does place everything it it's fast it works great um it's yeah, worth I've heard great so, things about that so i don't know maybe the one you're talking about is great too i, don't, I haven't researched that one but this one is, it does not do the scc um it does it does have a memory upgrade on it it does 512 oh, okay yep. good good um it has some switchers on the top so you can use the memory for either mapping or for rom memory okay um it, it but that one just looks simple, mm-hmm. um, and I do want that SCC sound. So, yeah, I mean, it's 75 pounds for the one I'm talking about versus, I think, 139 for that one if mm-hmm. I get all the stuff I want on there, which I want the – I want the. it was yeah. 99 if you don't get the memory expansion, but I want that. Yeah, this is not the top-of-the-line one because the top-of-the-line one has two SD slots in Correct. it. Correct. But when I researched it, I didn't really know what that would give me for just basic game playing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had no idea. I looked and looked trying to find, well, you know, I always try to buy the maximum I can because I don't want to have to go back and sell it and get yeah. something else because I have buyer's regret. That's why I'm iffy on the 75-pound one. I'm like, it almost does everything I want. Yeah. I'm going to find a way to hate it. And So this one is fine, and it has one SD slot, which has been fine, but it, this one does have the 512K. So it's cool. ha- it has... Everything I've heard great things on the reviews, and everyone yep. says that's the uh, they call they compare that to the ultimate 64. And I will tell you this, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I will tell you this, I think I had a ton of problems because of my model because that one boots into a firmware like the productivity software. Yeah, mine has no firmware, that, uh, it goes uh, straight to DOS or else it go, boots the cart. So I think that this would be much easier learning curve on yours. Well, let's versus try mine. it, let's just stop recording and try <laughs> it. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. All right. All right. Well, let's move on. 
We're still on catching up. My goodness. I know. It's going to be a marathon. Well, I knew that was going to be long stuff. Um, Atari STE. So, I I had mentioned this, that um, there's a guy on Twitter, Rob, Rob Damon, D-A-E-M-O-N. Okay. At Rob Damon. Out of the blue... I should I shouldn't have led with that, but anyway. Oh well, we, we're the there. We, we're here now. One day I'm sitting there at home and I get this box in the mail and I thought it was this MSX. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I really did. I, I grabbed it. and I was like, "Oh, my MSX is in!" It's the only thing I've. It's the only thing I'm expecting. I pulled the box in because it's big, and I thought, "Well, that, that's a computer." On the label, it's from Seattle, and I'm like, "What?" I got this from Japan. Yeah. Japan. You're like, oh, yeah, my bad. Japan. And I was like, well, this ain't no Japan. This is Seattle. Wait, I don't have this ain't or no. <laughs> this I just ain't have no Japan. Japan. So I'm reading and I see it's from Rob something, his last name, and I don't want to say it on the air because I don't know if he wants his real name, last name. And I'm like. You did say his last name. No, but that's that's his Twitter handle. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not his real last name. My bad. And I'm like. I didn't buy anything from him, so I opened it up, and it's this mint condition, and you saw it at my house. Oh, my I didn't gosh, bring it's it. perfect. It is in mint condition. It's an Atari STE, which is the enhanced version of the Atari ST. And it, the enhancements are basically a broader color palette. It, has, it can do more colors. Um, it's just, it is the... So that's above, like, the 520 or the 1040? Well, this one is technically an Atari ST or Atari 1040 STE. Oh, that's okay. I got you. That's how it works. Gotcha. Usually, the the letter designation after it tells you kind of what it is. Like the STFM has a modulator on it or RF modulator. Oh, okay. Um, but anyway, it this thing is in mint condition. I'm like, what is going on? Did he send it to the wrong guy or whatever? But the funny thing is, I go on to Twitter to like message him. And he has the his first tweet is like, oh, I just got a notification that somebody's going to be very surprised what they got in the mail. And I was just like, oh, what? this is so cool. He remembered like a year ago or two years ago when I went on Twitter and was ranting about how I could never find Atari ST stuff. And I not locally, nothing on eBay, because they're very hard to find, especially the yeah, ST. I've, I've been peeking at those, too. I mean, that's the other computer I've been. Yeah. So, Eventually. Yeah. I say that, and I'm not going to buy one next month. I am not going to buy one next Gotta month. Got to get it now. <laughs> um, so he just remembered this conversation, and he upgraded to the Mega ST, which is a whole different... Mega? Yes, it's a Mega. What? Yep. So Atari came out with the Mega ST, which I really don't know the details, but it's like it's more better. More it's better. More better. No, I got gotcha. you. It's maker so, out of the kindness of his heart, which I think is amazing, he, for free, sent me this Atari STE. Which makes me just feel that much more guilty about selling my Macs. But <laughs> you got a free one, so it is what it is. I did. So I, I've I been want, loving it. I, I want to play my MSX games. I need to sell some Macs to buy some carts. And not only was it, he sent me all the video cables. It had a GoTech already programmed and built into it. He gave me a memory card oh with goodness. it that had all the games. Yeah, I think it was go- It looked brand new. And all the cables were just wrapped nice and neat. I mean, he sent me a mouse with the with the little adapter for it, so I could use a modern laser mouse with it. it we'll it, just consider a donation to the show. <laughs> so for that, Rob, we thank you exactly. 
Eric thanks you more than I do, but we thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's just an amazing gift. So, I mean, I, I, I've been using it. I've Does he listen to the show? He I should. I'm not sure if he does. Everyone not. should. Our show is amazing. Anyways, if that's <laughs> the case, Rob, awesome. You're a good dude. Yep. Appreciate it. Because I'm definitely going to go over there and play it and want one. And yeah. You basically spent my money for me is what you did. And I have to go <laughs> buy one now. But now that the Atari ST is, what's the Falcon? So the Falcon is the final computer Atari came is that right out right after with. STE? It's, oh, it's after everything. Okay. It it's still the, a wedge computer, though. It is a wedge computer. It is called the Falcon TT-030. So if you know anything from Amigas, they have the 68,000 processors in them, right? Mm-hmm. And if you get the big desktop, the big beefy Amigas, they come with the 68020. Like the 2000, the 3000? Yeah, my accelerator that's in my Amiga 1200 is in the 68020. The Falcon is the last toy, but it has the 68030, which at the time was the f- best Motorola processor you could get. Okay. And this thing is decked out. They only made a limited number of them until when Atari just decided to get out of the microphone. So is there business. anything worth using them for at this point, or is it more just for the hardware to say I have one? It's more, well, I mean, there were things written specifically for the Falcon that run like amazing, like demos and graphics and um, you, a lot of utilities, graphics utilities, things like that. Um, not a lot of games specifically written for the Falcon. Gotcha. They are, you won't find one. Yeah. I mean, don't even bother. No, I've, I've heard, I've heard of people falling into them. It's, everyone's mind is blown, you know? It's so. like one of my buddies on Twitter, Peter, Pete Fletcher. I don't know if you follow him at all. I probably, that's probably where I saw Recta, it Recta Pete. He has one and it, it always, whenever he posts pictures of it, it just blows me away. It, yeah. it, it's it, Which is it, funny, because if you don't know what it is, it looks like any other Atari. It looks but. like, yeah, the, la- <laughs> the label's different. It says Falcon, yeah, right? O30, TT, I think, or something like that. But, you know, these are all comparable to Amigas. Like, the Amiga and the Atari ST were basically butt- yeah. butted heads. and um, I love them both equally, even though I don't have an ST yet. But yeah, they're both great. I love all this stuff. Right Shakedown Hawaii came out on the Switch, you came, say. Came out on the Switch. Came out on P- everything. I think PS4, PC, you can get it on Steam. Yep, yep. So this is like everyone like on Twitter always jokes that I'm positivity, positivity Eric. Like I, I always talk you love positively. I, I mean, I always. Well, you got to make up for the fact that everyone else just craps on everything. That's exactly correct. <laughs> Every everybody's so negative. I always try to find the positive things, and I will say, Shakedown Hawaii is. A fun game. It, it's a blast. You oh, you've been playing it already? Uh, yeah, I, I I grabbed it on the day after it came out. Gotcha. Did so you, it was like about a week ago. Did you play the original game? Retro City Rampage. Retro City Rampage, which I have right here. Yeah. Um, I got this really cool... Um, it looks like it's in a Super Nintendo box, even though it's really just a PC game. When I saw that, I was like, they made that for the Super Nintendo? No, but I do have... If you open it up here and pull it out, there's a... What is it? What's it? It looks like a little floppy disk. Yeah. Is that a CD? Yeah, so it's just a CD for... With the game on it? Yep. That's pretty cool, though. Windows, Mac, Linux, and MS-DOS. Yeah. And it's not that's not even joking. MS-DOS. There's a DOS version on here. Right. And I, I heard about that on a podcast that it actually has an MS-DOS version that plays and yeah. plays really well. So I don't have a DOS machine right now, but... I wonder if that would load up on my Mister, like the F- FPGA Mister that I have. Maybe. Huh. But yeah, the original game here was a really cool... Um, it's like a top-down... It was, it was really fun. I love this game. It just had all kinds of side missions. It was basically Grand Theft Auto, but top-down. Um, 
eh, eight, eight, eight to sixteen, kind of almost like PC Engine graphics, where yeah, they say it was sixteen bits, but it was kind of sixteen bits. And I, I, I grabbed that on. Um, I grabbed. What did I grab that on? It was on Steam. I think, yeah, I must have grabbed it on Steam. I bet. Did you beat it? No. No, I beat it. No, I very, very, very barely broke into it. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. But you still had that much interest in in the new version of Shakedown Hawaii. I did. And listen, I, I think the publisher is amazing because of this kind of stuff. The packaging and like the the nods, the humor that's in the game. Yeah, the all kinds of um, uh, references. And all stuff. kinds of references and not all kinds of modes of gameplay. And Shakedown Hawaii has some great stuff. Like... You, it's a dual stick, like in the combat. Like you can shoot your gun in any direction using the right stick and move with the left stick. Okay, yeah. Um, picking up weapons, this and that. There's a lot of great stuff to talk about. Shakedown Hawaii, but I got to tell you, I've been really frustrated with the game. Really? And That's I thought I was alone in it, but I go on Twitter and like he's coming out with an update to actually address a lot of the stuff that I've been thinking about and talking about. Oh shoot! Okay, well, um, updates are good, I guess. The updates are good, but. Trying to do, like, the missions in the game, or not not even the missions, but, like, for example, you can repo cars, but it doesn't tell you, like, it's hard to find where to take them, because the map doesn't really show, you can't just... Just arrows, right? Yeah, you can't filter the map to show you, okay, take me to just these kind of locations, or take me to just coffee shops, or whatever, because all these different shops have different missions, like, you can destroy... Um, or you can hijack coffee trucks and take them to the coffee shop to lower your costs because you're stealing the coffee. Oh, gotcha. Kind of stuff like that. But you can't easily find where all the coffee shops are on the map. The map doesn't show what the shops are. So you have to kind of memorize it or... Just a lot of weird, clunky stuff like that. So that's easy fixes, luckily. I think so. And so I'm hoping, because I'm... Listen, I've been having fun with it, but there are times when I just am playing it and going... I, I don't know what I'm doing here. This yeah. is like really frustrating. That's kind of like how it uh, on um, the new Advanced Wars type game. What's it called? I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> are we both going to have brain farts right here? We were just live about to tape. It. Like two episodes ago, we were like, this is the best game in it the world. It was a great game. And, um, it's Wargroove. Wargroove. There yep. we go. Thank so, you. Wargroove on the Switch. <laughs> and, I, and I do need to get back to that game because it, it, I, I did love it. But, I, you know, being a professional podcaster... Yes. Like we mm-hmm. are. Yeah. Um, you got to move on. Sometimes to the I, next thing. I don't know what to do with all the income we get from this show. You exactly. Know? We, we can't talk about all of our every episode, right? Know, right? <laughs> anyway. Um, so, yeah, I moved on, but I I, I, I want to come back to that. Advance Wars was one of my favorite games, like on GB, GBA. Um, we just got to come back to that sometime. Yep. So, anyway. Shake Down Hawaii. I want to try it, but we'll see, we'll see if they fix the things. I'm, I'm, I never. Uh, the first game I've ever pre-ordered was that was Wargroove. Actually, we talked yes. about that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't normally do that. I wait to see you know for a year how good the game is, and how good the reviews are, and eventually I'll pick it up and try to catch a sale or whatever. Especially so. if it's on sale, yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely be picking up that game. I loved Richard City Rampage. I played through the whole thing on Steam, um, or actually, I think it was just a, an app. This the CD here isn't yeah. Steam; it's just an app. But there's a lot to like. The, the one thing I don't, another thing I don't like, because I, I want to be negative Nelly on this one. <sighs> There's a lot of cutscenes, a lot, and they don't last long, which is really? good. Cutscenes, huh? Yep, because <laughs> there's a it really guides you through a story. And this um, is supposed to be almost like 16 bit, 32 bit. More like 16 bit, yeah, 32 yeah. bit, exactly. And um, there's a lot to like in the game. 
but to me, there's a lot to not like, and and I'm I'm hoping that this patch is gonna kind of fix a bunch of stuff. Because so far, I love certain parts of it, and it is the game kind of that I'm playing these days, like focusing on. But I could see that if this patch doesn't come out soon, I'm just gonna move on to something else. Gotcha. Um, IGN. Uh, I was listening to their podcast. They do a podcast yeah. for each system. I listen to their their PlayStation one because yeah. they have a PlayStation four. And I listened to their Switch one. I just found it interesting. They listed uh, SteamWorld Dig as a Metroidvania, which is wrong for two reasons. One, okay, Metroid-style game. We've talked about this. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Not yeah. Metroidvania. Metroid-style game. I'm sticking to my guns on that one. But, um, yeah, th- no, there's no going back and, like, getting a new abilities so that you can go to other paths. I mean, I don't see this as a Metroidvania. There's no... I mean, I guess there's a map... Well, you can go back to certain areas and certain. Remember the little, the little uh, mines that you could go when you dig down. You find mine openings. Yeah, almost like little mini levels. Some of those you couldn't jump up and do certain things until you got certain other abilities. <sighs> yes, I guess by that. Now, defi- well, by, the, by definition, I guess so. I'll tell you that it's very light, so I'll give you that. It's a light, light, light. Like it's not yeah. like uh, there's a bunch of stuff to go back and do. Yeah. But I did run into one or two things you have to go back to do once you get an ability. Yeah. Like the jump thing, you know, the where you suck in the water and you can jump higher. Yep, absolutely. You can't go into one of those little sub mines and do that thing until you go get that ability. Correct. You're right. You, Sorry, you, you yeah. can't go back. That's right. Um, Blossom Tales. It's a game uh, I heard great things about on the Switch. It was one of their earlier games i never heard of it and it was a game that was highly really highly reviewed um i guess at this point that a lot of other games have come out that kind of knocked it down the list of like the top 20 games but it used to be right up there okay it is an independent game and it's just a really cool uh little like zelda style game with the almost like pico 8 graphics where you have very small characters very simple um it was a blast i mean it was a short game but it was like a full zelda experience in like six hours what was this on Switch. Oh, really? Switch game. It's a normal price. I think it's ten bucks. Wow, I never heard of it. Yeah, fun little game. Um, kind of similar, almost like a Titan Souls was. Kind of that, that really small. Yeah. I'm gonna keep saying Pico Eight graphics at this point. It's almost like so eight bit that it's. But is it Dark Souls difficult? It is not Dark Souls difficult. <laughs> And now See, I want to punch you in the face. Th- those are our little side jokes. Yeah, if other podcasts go. can have it, we can have our own little personal jokes. Here comes the Dark Souls train. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is interesting. Uh, you'll notice over here I made this little shelf. I think we talked about it last time. I actually cut up uh, one of my other shelves and put feet on it so I could fit more games in my room, more systems in my room. Yeah. So my PlayStation 3 is now in here with me. Yeah. Which allowed me to play that, which uh, it's been in my bedroom, which never gets gameplay because it's been used as a Netflix player, basically. My, my PS3 is is behind a bunch of other consoles, collecting dust, never gets touched. Yep. So I brought it out for a lot of reasons, but I plugged it in and um, found my old save on Borderlands. Now, this oh, was yeah. kind of cool because one of the best game purchases I've ever made was this Y2K pack I bought at Target. I remember finding it and being like, this can't be real, but it was real. And it was when these games were only like a year old. Yeah. And it came with Bioshock, Borderlands, and XCOM for 10 bucks. That's a good deal. And they're all in PlayStation 3. It was one pack, and you opened it up like a, you know, like a map, and they had all three CDs kind of on different, you know, folding sections of the map. Yeah. And played all those games and loved all those games. Best $3.33 a game I've ever spent. So the funny about that list you just said... 
I absolutely love the first Borderlands. I didn't dig the second one as much, but the first one I played and I beat it. One of the few games I beat on Xbox 360. I didn't have it on PlayStation. I had it on Xbox 360. Same version. Same game, yeah. Um, Loved the first Borderlands to death. Loved it. Bioshock is... Do you remember Gamefly? Yes. I I rented Bioshock on Gamefly. That's still a thing. That still exists, doesn't it? Does it? it? I think it does, but I I canceled my subscription years ago. It's like a rental service for for physical games. Yep. And uh, I, I rented Bioshock and I played it close to the end. So that was a great, a great one. Great game. Yeah, I love, I love that. Anything underwater? Yeah. Like, yep. I love it. And it was a beautiful and game. Steampunk underwater? Yep, yep. Absolutely. What was the third one you said? XCOM. And XCOM, I love XCOM. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, XCOM is a fantastic game. So, so I, those are all three great. So I played XCOM first, beat it, loved it. Um, played BioShock, <laughs> beat it, loved it. Played Borderlands, got about halfway through, I'd say. Yeah. And then I lost the disc. I have no idea where it went. It just disappeared. And I didn't have access to Borderlands anymore. Okay. And it's funny because Borderlands is a multiplayer game. Yeah. But I know I've always played it single player. Yeah. And I still loved it. So whatever. I heard it's amazing multiplayer, but I loved it single player. Whatever. I'm a loser. So um, PlayStation Network, when you subscribe, whatever, they yes. get, they used to give free games for PS3 as well as PS4. Yeah. They cut that off. Now it's just PS4. Okay. Which is a big to do because now they only give out two games instead of two on PlayStation 4, two on PlayStation 3, and one on Vita. Now it's just two on PlayStation 4. It's kind of sad. Um, very sad. But anyways, one of those games that was made available on PS3 was Borderlands. So I downloaded it a long time ago, but on my just in my room because I'm like, I don't want to miss out on the free download. Mm-hmm. I downloaded it. And now that I have it in my room, I'm like, let's open it and see if my old save is still there, even though it was on a disc, whatever. Absolutely was. So I went ahead and played probably eight more hours and finished the game. Yep, so That's awesome. So I played that entire pack now. I still have the pack minus Borderlands. It's over there somewhere. The pack's in my on my shelf. But yeah, that game was great. That was one of those games I Handsome that so Jack. Fun. That was the guy at the end, right? Handsome Jack. Uh yes. And, uh, yeah, uh, almost the end. But yeah. 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 See see my memory works sometimes. But I, I remember it took me about a day to to beat that guy, like just trying over and over again. From- yeah, I got pretty frustrated and went online and tried to look up things. And yep. you really, the cool thing about the game is it's very RPG like, so you have to definitely match your loadout with what you're doing. Max it out, yeah. Yep. You got to pick the right, you know, shielding and stuff based on what you're getting attacked with and pick the right guns based on what their weaknesses are. And that was one of the rare that games that I actually ended up beating on. Um- on, on Xbox 360, but I, I loved Borderlands. And I've, out of those three, I loved that the most. One of my 8-bit challenges to you is... Ooh, 8-bit challenge. I like this. Um, so, XCOM. Yes. Do you remember the the first XCOM that was on MS-DOS? So, I know it exists, but I didn't know about it until the, the new version came out. Yeah. That's when I learned about the old version. So, the funny thing is people think, oh, there's like this MS-DOS XCOM, and that's great. Okay, and that was the first one. It wasn't. If you go to the Commodore 64, hmm. there's a game called Laser Squad that okay. is the genesis of all oh. the XCOM stuff. Yes. And while, you know, it's not going to be 3D, like, you know, shooting behind cars and stuff. It's not going to be like that. But it is a tactics, turn-based, like you go into a building and there's like like turning corners and your percentage of hitting it's yes. got all that stuff. Oh, but I'm it's called to try a laser, laser Squad. Laser Squad on Commodore 64. And, and you will need, you should download the manual and just kind of read through it. Yeah, a lot of those old games you pretty much need to. Yeah, especially this one because it's a little more tactical. But Laser Squad, I, it's one of my favorite games on Commodore 64. It's a great one. I feel almost caught up, Eric. 
<laughs> I almost got him. Uh, oh, two more things. Really quick. Mech Extermination Force. You yep. bought it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Are you still loving it, or did that was that Have, a one and done? Haven't even played it yet. Really? Not at all? Because I, I bought that specifically because our friend um, Rod Field, Felding on, um, on, on Twitter, he's... Uh, He's the guy who made that game Paper Planes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, he, he was like, I got this on Switch. I played it with my son. It was awesome. Great two-player game. Yeah, I really want It's all boss battles. I really want to play it. Yep. So I got it thinking my son and I would play it on our vacation. Yeah. And my son brought his laptop and played Fortnite the whole time. Uh, so well, I didn't get to play it. I, just ground I, him. Yeah. Or do something. Be a dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just shut it down. You have to play you this game. You will play this one, man. You will like it. Um, I loaded it, and I tried it, and I have not even beat the first boss yet. Just yeah. kind of tinkered with it, but I haven't played it yet. So I'm, I'm going to get back to it. I would love to. We need to uh, just do a game day where we, again, we talk about this every single episode, yep. where we just hang out and play some multiplayer games and just yeah. do it. I'm going to make you my son, and we'll play it together. Ooh. Two players. <laughs> How come, why, why, why can't you be my son? <laughs> well, I'm, Jeez. I'm a bit older. Um, gaming laptop? Yeah, so this will be quick. I, I have an old, probably seven-year-old gaming laptop that is also my work laptop. And it is an i7. It has 16 gigs of RAM. It's a pretty decent machine. That's pl- how I play all my Steam games. Yeah. But I don't play a lot of PC games because, honestly, this thing started to kind of run really slow. Yeah, that's my issue with PC, man. I just wanted to plug it in and work. And that's right. And so I got really frustrated with it. But then I started noticing the hard drive was starting to fail, like it would take a long time to do seeks. And so I, for the first time in my life, I bought an SSD. Well, for clients, I buy SSDs all the time. Okay. But I never get any time spend, spent with them. I got an SSD, a one terabyte SSD. Which I just recently learned out learned about what those are. I've... Yeah, they're just non-movable part hard drives. They have all, like, that almost like amazing. a hard drive made of RAM. And um, I got a one terabyte one for 100 bucks, Amazon. Wow. So they, usually they're really pricey. This one was cheap, made by SanDisk. I cloned my old hard drive, so I don't have to rebuild it. I cloned it to the SSD, popped it in. That thing boots in, no kidding, it boots in like four seconds. Wow. With no no continuing. That's a terabyte. Do they make like a like 500 gig for they like do. 80 bucks? They do, and they're cheap. The 500 oh. gig one's like 70 bucks. I'm, yes. So, and I mean, so blazingly fast, it's like a brand new machine. Wow. Um I, I, why didn't these come out sooner? Like, why is this such a new thing? Well, it's been out. They, you know, SSDs have been out three years. Have they? Three and a half oh, years. So but that's what I know. They were always really expensive. I just learned about the MSX. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they're, they're solid state drives. They have no moving parts. So And they are like very, no very fast. No bump stops to go sticky? Exactly. Nothing. No platters. <laughs> no pl- yeah, platters. So, cool. Anyway, so anyway, I revived that. So I'm thinking I might get back into PC games a little bit. I like it. Yeah. Steam's got some good deals. You can play a lot of new games. And all these bedroom co- co- you know, coders, essentially, are putting their games on Steam now. So yep. let's support the new guys. You know, There's good stuff out there. And to yep. be honest, most of them are better versions of the games we love anyways. So That's true. All right. I'm caught up. How about yeah, you? I am caught up. I think we should have a little bit of a battle. Battle of the Systems! <laughs> but first, more beer. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm getting thirsty. Uh, not that one. All right. Do we want to go with a, a tried and true 
Anchored Stand, which we already know is delicious? Or do we want to go IPA and test ourselves? I'll let you pick your own. I'm going to go with the tried and true. I'm going tried and true as well. Because IPA is a little, a little too hoppy. Yeah. Even though we've tried a few on the show and we liked them, yep. but... Get my... All right, go ahead and crack those up. All right, Battle of the Systems this month. Yep. This is the segment of the show where we take two games by the exact same name, although we're going to modify that a little bit here in the future, Yeah. Um, on two different systems in which the games were completely different games. Um, and I say completely different, meaning they weren't just ports. They are actually, you know, the mechanics were different. Everything's different. Yeah. Um, maybe not some of the art direction and some of the things like that, but uh, today's game is Castle of Illusion, which is a Mickey Mouse game. Yeah. Which is kind of funny, because you'd think, well, why on earth are we playing some little kids game and or licensed game that's going to be terrible? But uh, newsflash, both these games are solid little titles. They, ver- they very much are. So we're playing a, a Castle of, the- of Illusion on the Genesis, yep. which a lot of people know and love, and then Castle of Illusion on the Sega Master System, which, and here in America, is pretty much unknown. Um, but I think, of course, in UK and Brazil and some other companies, that countries that's the that was the go to system. So, um, I think for the first time in our segment, Battle of the Systems, I actually beat one of these games. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. So I actually got to the end. So, gotcha, gotcha. Kudos to me. Yay! Well, I'm gonna let you. Oh, oh, <laughs> my bad. Yay! Let's get a little air horn in there too. All right, I'm going to go ahead and I'll start with the Genesis one because this is the one we mostly know. This is the one I was familiar with before we played this game. And I wasn't familiar with this game at all. So, so. I, and I kind of welcomed it. It's a nice little platformer. Well, and I'll be honest. I played uh, World of Illusion. So there's kind of a series of these games. I played yeah. World of Illusion, uh, Mickey Mouse game, and I loved it. It was a great game. It was easy. And I played the whole thing, and I loved it. So when I Castle of Illusion is actually the one that's more well-known. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people consider it's almost kind of like DuckTales. People that are in the know go, that's a great game for my youth. I know it's a solid game. And they even remade it, and uh, it's on Steam. The remake is on Steam now. Is it like but, an HD remake where it all looks better with sprites? Like, I, like... I believe so, yes. Okay, cool. Let's cheers on this. Cheers on the beer we already know we lo- I love. I Anchor love Anchor Steam. The OG Anchor the Steam. The OG right? Anchor Steam beer, yep. I don't think they even call it anything else. Anchor Steam beer. Yep. All right. But it's going to be good. I'm not worried about it. I, 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 this is like a regular buy for me. Um, Genesis version. Describe. Yeah. So Genesis version is a platform. You are Mickey, and you, it starts out. You are going in through these doors in the beginning. And refresh my memory. It's been a couple of weeks since I played this. What? Do you, what? It says what the goal is in the beginning. You're supposed to save. So you're somebody? supposed to save Minnie from Miserable. Okay. Miserable, which is like the the evil witch that you see in kind of those yep. old Mickey cartoons and things. So you and there's these series of doors, and you go through the first door and you begin, and it is a basic platformer where you're running through the levels and you can collect apples and you can throw the apples at people. That's right. The apple. It's kind of like Aladdin in that way, where correct the apples are ammunition. The ammunition. So when you collect them, that is your ammo. And if you run out, you run out. Now. Let, let me talk about one thing about this game that threw me off right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if I had a manual, this probably wouldn't have thrown me off. Yeah, it would have, because we're dudes. We don't read manuals. That's true. <laughs> so in the beginning, there's like a demo that runs. And okay, it's a yeah. demo of the game playing. So I watched this demo. And the demo was me, Mickey was running, and he could jump on the guards. So he jumped on the guards. Yeah. And when he hit them on the head... 
they died. Yes. And I was like, I got it. Yeah. I know how to play this. Mario. Got it. Got it. I know how to do that. I go in the game. I jump on a dude like a boss. (laughs) Like a boss. I die. (laughs) Dead. I die. I'm like, what (laughs) the hell just happened? Jump on a dude. You die. And I was like, what is going on? It took me a few seconds to realize when you jump on a dude, you got to jump off of him. You you have to hit the button as you jump on him, and then you then that's how you that's how you can beat guys. Are you ready to feel like an idiot? I, probably. <laughs> how so? What, what's what did I miss? If you jump and you hit jump again, your legs will go up and you butt stomp them. Well, and so what you're doing is correct, but you don't have to hit it exact. You just as you jump when you're coming down, you hit. Okay. In your butt stomp. And I figured it out because uh, yeah, it, as, as we're, we're going to discuss this, I did beat this game. So the Genesis, on the Genesis okay. version. Yeah. And I, and I, and I love the game. So I'm just going to get that out in the beginning. I really enjoyed the game, but I didn't know that in the beginning. So no, I was I like, I was like, what am I doing I did the same wrong? Thing. I did the same thing. I, I didn't watch the, the, I just jump in the game. I never watched the opening thing. Okay. So I, I assumed it was like Mario, like you just jump and hit the guy on top of the head and you're going to win. Yep, so I tried to jump and I died, and everybody's, I'm like, oh, you just don't touch them. So I was just trying to avoid them for like a level and a half. Until you get apples. Until I realized, oh, wait, yeah. the apples, you can throw them, which is, yeah. And then the game clicked. So anyway, once I figured it out, because I did die a few times and, and not make it to the end. And then yep. eventually I was like, I got all the mechanics. I got it down. Speaking and- of mechanics, the so you walk, you can walk left and right. You can jump. You can butt stomp. You can throw apples. You're, you, you are very slow when you walk. You are. Which is first a little disconcerting, and it just it feels like a cheap game at first. Um, mm-hmm. You walk very slow. When you jump, it feels like you speed up a little bit. So I'm sure if there was a speedrunner, they probably jump the entire time, which I hate watching speedruns like that. But yeah. Yeah, I think you move, you know, go a little bit faster. The when jumps you re- are very When you reach floaty. my advanced age, you appreciate these slow <laughs> Stop talking about your age. <laughs> What's going on this month? Um, the, 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 float, the jumps are very floaty, but they are precise. Mm-hmm. And uh, the longer you hold it, the higher you jump. And you can jump pretty high. You can. Um, I had no complaints about the mechanics, honestly. I I thought it felt pretty good. The C button is jump, and both A and B can be shoot. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the projectiles do change. They're not always apples. I don't recall. Um, I don't recall that. I thought they were all apples. Were they all apples? Okay. I I might be wrong, though. I might be mixing up the other game. It's been a few weeks since I played. Uh, the, the train is kind of blocky, um, the way it's designed. It's definitely, it seems like it might be an earlier Genesis game. Yeah. It looks good. It, do, it looks great. But it's definitely not, you know, like Sonic has, you know, undulating paths and stuff. It's definitely, here's a block, and then you go three straight blocks, you go up a block, you go block, go down two blocks, you go over. They didn't use the blast processing with this I know, title. they didn't blast. And there is, it's a very slow, methodic game, but yes. that's not a bad thing. <clears throat> no. Um, uh, you have five health dots. As you get hit, you lose a dot. Um, you can get health back doing various things your first level is a forest uh your enemies are kind of trees and mushrooms um again this is very simple platforming fair there's mm-hmm. nothing you un- particularly unique about it it's nope. just solid um uh, like I-, I thought it, there were no surprises you didn't have to like scratch your head figuring it out it was literally a platformer not no puzzling yep just straight up, I, and I like that. Yep, I, I thought it was fantastic. It's well done. I enjoy it. Yep. Um, there was moths in the first level. The only kind of tricky part, there are these ropes that you kind of hang from. That's right. And you kind of realize eventually they put these enemies right in your way, and you try to jump and avoid them, and you can't avoid them, and then you die. Then you realize, oh, if you're on the rope swinging and you touch a moth, it dies. 
but if you're off the rope, it hurts you. Okay. I so don't, I don't if you're swinging that. through an enemy, you'll kill it. Okay. So if you really want to just clear things out, you just hang on that rope and let them yeah. all get hit. Um, and there was no there was no time limit, which, as you know, yeah, I no appreciate time limit. that. There's kind of a cool Indiana Jones moment where an, a giant apple falls and you have to like <laughs> run away from it and jump yep. over it. Yep. Um, every level definitely has something unique about it. It's it does. Not the and same that's, old, same old. I, I do appreciate that you keep such good note keeping because I don't, but I did keep notes on the different bosses because once I reached them, gotcha. I, was, I was so amazed I reached the bosses and was able to fight them. <laughs> I mean, so, I, yeah, I, the first boss, what was it? Tree boss. There tree was, boss, yeah. There was the, the tree boss. Level two was the clown spring boss is what I wrote. But I honestly don't remember it. Oh, I definitely remember that. That's probably yeah, yeah, my favorite, I do that's probably my favorite one. That's right. That's that like kind of bouncing, the bouncy jack in the box. Yes, yes, yes. So the tree boss, uh, the tree, it's almost like a Mega Man ish. It, it shakes, yeah. it shakes leaves down. You have to avoid the leaves, and then you jump on its head, and then it will spin like a hedgehog, run to the end of the screen and back. You just jump over it and repeat. Yep. Um, and then the uh, the clown boss uh, would throw out springs. And you could bounce off it and hit his head. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it would jump at you. You have to avoid it while it jumps. And, like, every second or third jump, it would reach its long arms at you. You have to duck that. And then it would throw springs again. You have to jump That's on right. the springs and hit yep. the head. And um, level three was the, I wrote, Toad Wall Boss. Toad Wall Boss. Was that a- level three? I have a acorn something. Bo- no. Oh, okay. okay. So, anyway, the first, the first world, um, it, they also had kind of sub-worlds. Yes, yes. So the that's first right. level was forest, but after you get past that, you end up in an old forest where there's kind of um, spiders and ghosts, um, and these—I uh, don't know what those guys were that you jump on. There, you have to jump on their heads to get past them. That's where you have to learn the butt stomp. Yeah. Um, and then you eventually get to the boss. The second world, yeah, was the toy world. Uh, what's cool about this is so there's pl- toy planes flying by and, and soldiers. You'd have to jump off of while going up steps, so you kind of yep. had to time the jumps perfectly. Um, Jack in the boxes, he just kind of step on their boxes while they weren't there. Um, there's a random spot where there was jello, which was kind of like quicksand as you jump, so you had to constantly jump to stay out of the jello. Yeah. Um, but again, that's every world had a, a one or two unique things about it that that's you correct. don't see before or later in the game. Yeah, because I remember, like, what, what was it, level two, there was also leaves and spiders. <laughs> Do you remember the spider the level? Le- yes, yes, the leaves yeah. that m- would move and then spiders go up and down their webs. Yep. Um. Now, there, the second stage of the toy world, which is kind of ill-placed in my mind, but was this section almost like Mario where there's bridges and fish yep. in the water. Yep. And did you get stuck on that part? I did. So I had to look that up. If you go straight to the end of the level, you can't finish the level. You have to basically find a bridge, step on it, let it drop you into the water, go down in that water, which you can swim, by the way. You can swim and do things kind of like Mario. Mm-hmm. And get sucked into this little like vortex at the bottom that shoots you to the end of the level, and that's the only way you can beat it. I, I never looked anything up, but I, I got past it. I I I beat the game. But okay, yeah, I, yeah, and it's kind of in the middle of the level. I mean, if you go past that part, you can keep playing more of the level and get um, some extra lives and things. It's yeah, kind of worth doing that. But you still have to backtrack. It's like a Metroid style game. I must have like Metroidvania. <laughs> um, I must have forgotten that part, but I I I or must else have you just fell into it. it perfectly. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, level three is kind of sweet related. Mm-hmm. Um, what was interesting is your the whole point of the game is you're trying to collect these seven gems so that you can beat Miserable. Yeah. And so after the first level, you collect a gem. After the second level, you get a gem. So I'm thinking, well, there's going to be several, seven levels. But then after level three, you end up getting like two gems throughout the level. And then level four, you get like the other three. So there's really like four and a half levels in the game. Right, it, it, and level four was like a dragon boss, right? Because I remember that that boss battle in particular. Okay, 
Yeah, I don't remember exactly how it all fell. I just remember there was three doors at the bottom and two at the top, and that was it. Okay. And the last one was, like, yeah, the end boss, basically. So, really, I thought there was going to be seven. There's only, like, four and a half. But they were very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then you beat you beat Miserable, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Now, you don't have a spoiler alert button, do you? We need one that's like, spoiler alert! Spoil. Uh, how about... <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert! alert. Um, I was yelling at everybody. So, there's a final witch, bo- witch boss. Yeah. Which is, what's her name? Miserable, eventually. And I do remember, you're going to have to refresh my memory on this, there was a rainbow bridge. Is that what you're trying to construct, or...? I think, yeah, when you get the seven gems, it constructs... That's right. It constructs the rainbow bridge, which then you go into the boss battle, and that one you... Correct me if I'm wrong here, because my memory's kind of fading. You, You had to jump around her, right, and hit her from different angles? Um... Was that the Genesis one? Yes, I think it was. That was where the she, Genesis one, yeah. Where she transported the uh, different spots? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, I don't remember it being particularly bad. I think I beat it on the first try. Oh, okay. I yeah. didn't. But, um, okay. But um, and then you win the game. Yep. And then you start the game uh, doing the Ring Around the Rosie with Minnie, and you finish the game doing Ring Around the Rosie with Minnie. That's true. And I didn't even notice that. But spoiler yeah, alert. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> All right. Game number two was the same game. Yep. Same name on the Master System. Yep. How is this one different? Well, I will tell you that I did not beat this one, and I, I, I think I only got to level three on this one. Oh, really? Level. Okay. So I didn't really dig as deeply into this game because the first one took me so long. Um, I did notice that the, the, the button controls were different, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here because my notes might be old here, but... The A button, while jumping, smashes the enemies. So if you jump and then you ho- you you jump with the B button, but then you have to switch over to the other button to actually stomp them. Oh, I don't recall that at all. Okay, I wrote that down. Um, did you play on a Master System? I did. Yep, played okay. it on the original Master System. I did, again with my EverDrive. I played it on the Genesis, but after I started the game, I plug in a Master System controller. Okay. So I played Master System Controller on a Genesis. Okay, on this one, there is a time limit on each level. It never came into play, but yes, okay. Yeah, it never comes into play, but on the Genesis, there's no time counter. This one has a time counter. All the stress, all the gray hairs you've gotten because of that time counter. Yep, yep. Um, Other than that, I'll let you take over, because I actually, my memory's pretty fuzzy. Gotcha. Yeah, so it was, I mean, the intro was very similar. It was. It was. A good approximation of the same intro. Yep. Um, you know, more still frame rather than fluid animation, but to be expected on an 8-bit version, basically, of the Genesis, if you want to call it that. Yeah. You still collect seven gems, and you still walk into the doors to select levels. So at that point, it was the same. Um... You walk in, and you're still in the forest, so that part was the same. Yep. Um, you pick up and throw items, and this time you are climbing up and down lots of ladders. Yeah. Which is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, there's four, There's a couple of levels that have forced, forced scrolling, where the level just moves sideways, and you're just kind of you know trying to exist in the space that they give you, Yeah. which is completely different. Um, I wrote, There was actually a burger time. I called it burger time level. <laughs> um, uh, birthday cake gave you extra health. There was... Uh, some silly jumping dolphins they tried you can tell they were trying to approximate what was on the genesis but i honestly um i actually don't have nearly as many notes about this one but uh, this game either. felt very much like mega man to me did it 
Yeah, I don't. I I want to look up. I should have looked this up already. Who made these two games? But this game, uh, you know, sprites are smaller, that kind of thing. Uh, but the gameplay was completely different, and uh, it almost to me, I, I I put it down here. It feels like because there's also a stage select, which is very a very Mega Man kind of a thing. Whereas the other game, you go instantly enter a door. In this game, you can pick your door. Um, I don't think I even figured that out. I think I just went into the doors in the order. That yeah, they were you actually can, you actually go to what door you want and then <clears throat> and then okay. go into it. Um, at least for the first three. Um, I actually wrote down here. I this game felt like a mix between a Mega Man game and uh, the Disney Chippendale game, the Capcom Chippendale game on NES. Which are games I love. I, I've been meaning to play those because I, I hear rave reviews about them. I've never played them. You ever played Mega Man? No, no, I oh, played okay. Mega Chippendale. Man. Chippendale. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do I have on here? You have nine continues in this game rather than three, and you're going to need them. This game's a lot harder. Yeah. Um, I think that's why I dropped out early. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it was interesting. You're, there was the levels had very similar themes, but they were completely different mechanic gameplay mechanics. Yeah, uh, to me, the, the controls on this one felt much tighter. Uh, you know, it wasn't a floaty; it was faster. It was more precise. Um, demanded a little bit more of you as a player. Um, there's cool parts like in the sweet level. There's a teacup, and if you go into the teacup on the top, like you try to stand it, you fall in, and you go to this underwater like teacup level. It's oh, like a little mini level. Yeah. And you have to swim through there and get to them to get back out of the teacup. Hmm. So, and it was short enough where it was fun, not just annoying. Um, I wish I took better notes on this, but I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't take nearly as many notes in this one because I was having so much flipping fun playing it. Really? I will jump to it and say this is my favorite of the two by far. Wow. Yeah. That surprises I me. I love this game. I And obviously, since I beat the Genesis version, I, I actually love the Genesis version. You prefer version. The, the Genesis one? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Way more. And I think it was... I'm going to have to go back and kind of figure out, because I, I, I should have kept better notes. The controls are different on the Sega Master System. Oh, they're very different. They're completely different games controls. Yeah, and I liked the control better on Genesis than Sega Master And that made all the difference to me. Really? Okay. Yeah. So I... And listen, maybe this is because I played the Genesis one first. So did and, I. And then I went to SMS and like was just throw, so thrown off by the controls that I it put, it, it kind of put really? me off to okay. it. I'm wondering if that's what happened to me. Maybe if I come back in a couple of weeks to the Sega Master System, I might be like, whoa, this is a... You wait. won't. Well, I might. <laughs> you don't know. You should. You don't know you me. You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> um... No. So, anyways, my pick. It sounds like we have our picks. I'm yeah. Sega Master System. That's the beauty of a democracy. Absolutely. Right? I guess if if you want, I like both these games. So, let's go ahead and go and give your um, how many mouse ears <laughs> out of fourteen? Wow. <laughs> out of fourteen, um, I'd say ten out of fourteen. Ten out of fourteen for which for the version? Genesis version. Gen- okay. I'd say like eight out of fourteen for the Sega Master System, which is seven, just a little. Say, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd say seven out of fourteen actually. Ooh, half, half. I'm going to give it a reduction. See, it's funny, though, because that could be, like, average. You're right Mm -hmm. in the middle, average. But if you did a letter grade, that would be, like, a fail. Yeah. You don't care? You don't like it? You really didn't like it, huh? Uh, No, I I liked it. I did like it. Okay. No, I'm going to go back. I'm going to do eight. Okay. Eight out of 14. Trying to get a gist of it. Eight out of 14. Mickey uh, ears. Mickey ears. If I was going to give Mickey ears, if I was going to give Pluto Pluto tongues Mm -hmm. uh, out of 14 Pluto tongues. Yeah. Uh, I would give the Genesis 
an 11 and the master system a 12. Wow, so pretty close. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd say right. a B and a B plus or however you want to put it. See the Eleven beauty- Pluto, Pluto, Pluto. I want to say Pluto because I've been doing Popeye games lately, but <clears throat> Pluto tongues. The the beauty of our pixel guide and democracy is that you have the freedom to be wrong. There you go. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to find a button that has something to do with that. How about how about a little trombone there? All right. Cool. Um, I I did think about that. I thought about you know I wonder if. The reason I didn't get along with the SMS because I tried it right after the Genesis, and I, my mind gets so locked into a specific type of control okay. m- mechanism that I think when I switched that, it was too much of a like a system shock. I was just like, oh, I don't know how, what I'm doing in here. Yeah, I mean, the SMS one demanded more of you. It had kind of more going on. There were a few puzzle elements. Yeah, you could, it weren't just it wasn't just go left to right and avoid the few things that are there. It was a little more involved. Yeah, and I appreciated that. At the same time, I also appreciate games where I can just sit there. And it's simple and fun and colorful and pretty and controls well. And that's the Genesis one. You're like, I appreciate those games that are simpleton games like you would like, Eric. I, th- <laughs> the, I beat both of them. I'll put it that oh, way. Oh, that's... I beat both of them. Um, that's good. The Master System, it was. I mean, it still wasn't terribly difficult. No. But it took a little longer. It Probably looked it great, too. For, for an SMS game... And I did have to get to beat the witch at the end. I had to use like six continues. Is this is, is the boss battle at the end the kind of the same? No. Oh, it's completely different. No, there's actually um, no. Oh wow. No, they're all. I mean, everything is different. They're completely yeah. different bosses. Com- the levels are completely different. But First it's level, still her as the boss at the end. It's right? Still. Uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert! Who's the um, boss? Who's the boss? That was a show in the 80s. You wouldn't remember that. I actually do remember that. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> Tony Danza is the boss. Um, she was the boss. Oh. Tony Danza is not the boss. Are you Tony crazy? Danza was involved in the show. How about that? He was. So apparently I don't remember the show. Okay. Um, yeah, no, there was, it was this, uh, it was a witch, but it was like a pretty scary witch. And then eventually it turned into Miserable. Okay. And became another, like the, kind of cutesy interesting witch so the boss was totally different it was like two different forms of the boss yeah because the so bo- I, yeah the boss in the genesis was not very co- not a very complex character it was just well yeah and that was kind of again that was the two games they were very different yeah um all right so so i did go ahead and just uh pause the the show for a second so i could look this up but the sega genesis version uh <laughs> was indeed made by uh sega's software team so uh, but I do see Capcom listed here when they mentioned Game Gear and the Gen- and the Master System. Um, so I think okay. they are both made in tandem together with Sega. Okay. But Capcom was definitely involved, and I'm guessing the Master I mean, feel, that felt like a Capcom game. The Master System one felt like a Capcom game to me. Yeah. So, anyways, there's right. that. Well, that was our Battle of the Systems, which means it's now time for Eric's Take. So for this month's Eric's Take segment, I wanted to make a recording, an ode to Bubble Bobble. And for uh, a special guest, I'm introducing 
Jennifer McMahon, and uh, she is also my wife. Say hello. Hello. And uh, this, I think this is your podcasting debut, right? Yes, it is. Awesome. So I brought you on because we have a special memory with Bubble Bobble, don't we? We do. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but first, I wanted to talk to you about your personal game playing history. Okay. So, because you wouldn't really describe yourself as a gamer too much, right? No. Um, but you played games as a kid. You had a Nintendo, right? Y- yes. My first memory was a Texas instrument that my brother says our dad gave it to all of us, but I, my memories are more it was his. And mm-hmm. I, I remember playing Munchman on it. Yeah. So that's kind so, of my first home gaming experience. So that must have been a Texas Instruments TI-99. I believe Does that sound right. That sounds it, right. it was a computer, right? Correct. Yeah, and Munchman is like a Pac-Man clone. Yeah, except yeah. you make chains instead of eating little dots. So was it in the living room or was it in like your brother's room? No, in the living room. Oh, okay. Um, and then you guys eventually had a nest, right? That was mine. That was, and I, I wish I could remember how I got it. It might have been my younger sister's dad had given it to me. And that's, that was in my room. Oh, okay. And so it was on a little TV in your room? Yes. And your sisters and your brother would come in and play with you? No, it was pretty much at that point would have been just me and my younger sister at home. My older siblings uh, were gone. Oh, okay. Okay. And what do you remember all most of the games you had? I didn't have many. I had Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Those were the games I, I had and I remembered. And it came on one cartridge. That's, that's right. That's why I had both of them. And so you had one game for it? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. So you never really had Bubble Bobble. No, I never heard of it. So when was the first time you ever played Bubble Bobble? With you, when with, you introduced it to me. With me. Now, I don't remember this. Um... Was the first time you played Bubble Bobble with me on the Nintendo, or was it on the arcade, the little bar top arcade I made? I believe it was Nintendo. Okay. Okay, because those are the two two Bubble Bobbles you've played here at our house. I don't think I've played it much on the arcade. Okay. Well, I know you have played right. it here, and I remember we had some friends over like on Halloween or something, and a lot of kids played it. Right. Okay. You, When you introduce me to games, you tend to... D- introduce them to me on Nintendo because you know I like that controller. Yeah, and it is a great great controller. Um, okay, so we'll and we'll talk more about like uh, the Bar Tarp Arcade and how I theme that and stuff like that, but let's talk about, uh, let me give you a little history on Bubble Bobble and see if any of this is a surprise to you. So the publisher was Taito, which they made a lot of different video games, and the it was originally an arcade game. It wasn't, didn't, it got ported to home consoles, but it was originally an arcade game. Um, and that was in 1986. Um, the the two lead characters in there are Bub and Bob. You remember that? Yes. And they're bubble dragons. And which one is, I guess, player one? I don't know. I, that's a good question. I think Bub is player one. Okay. And Bob is player two. But did you know their original names are Bubby and Bobby? I did not. And they're, they're shortened to Bub and Bob. And they are humans. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't. But the bad guy, Baron Von Blubba, who happens to be the whale that comes out and makes you hurry through levels, right? he turns them into bubble dragons because he kidnaps their girlfriends. He kidnaps their girlfriends. That's the whole goal of Bubble Bobble is you're trying to save your girlfriends. But he, cut, he turns you into bubble ghosts or bubble dragons, I mean, for some reason. And 
you are supposed to get to level 100, beat it, and then you free your girlfriends. So, um, let's see here. So there are, in the original, there are 100 levels, but when we played on the Nintendo, do you remember that there was more than 100 levels, wasn't there? Or was there 100? I thought it was 100. Okay. So maybe I'm, I'm just misremembering, but there were 100 levels then. Right. Um, Bubble Bobble was an extremely popular game that spawned a ton of sequels. And I put them here in our show notes, but I just wanted to show you that there are a ton of sequels for Bubble Bobble. I mean, you can see the list here. There must be over 20. And they range from arcade machines to handheld games to Nintendo. There's even a Bubble Bobble 2. Um, also, there are games where the players are in their human form. So Bub oh. and Bob are actually in their human form. And the Rainbow Islands, Parasol Stars. There are versions where they're not bubble dragons anymore. They are themselves. What do they look like? They look like little humans, little tiny, but- short, squatty humans. Like Mario or... Kind of, okay. yeah. Kind of look like Mario. They're about the same size, yeah. Um, like in Rainbow Island. So the only ones I'm really familiar with are Rainbow Islands and Parasol Stars because I play those a lot. And in Rainbow Islands, your guy shoots little rainbows that he can walk on to get to de- different levels. And they, you can shoot rainbows over enemies to actually defeat them instead of hitting them or doing whatever you do to them. That's the way you beat them is you hit them with the rainbow or you trap them in the rainbow. Um, and Parasol Stars, you have this little umbrella that you can do things with. It's your weapon, actually. You spin it, and the things come in and out. Um, but anyway, um, I didn't really want to talk about the sequels much because I'm not that familiar with a lot of them. So let's go into um, Bubble Bobble gameplay. Okay. So... Um, First, let's uh, talk about the music a little bit, and I'll play a little bit right now. All right, so that was the music for Bubble Bobble, and that music has always stuck in my head. That's one thing I never forget about Bubble Bobble over the years. It's pretty iconic music. Yeah, I um, definitely learned to like it a lot. It reminded me of, it's catchy like Mario Brothers. It is. It gets, you know, it can get a little repetitive because they play it throughout the whole game, but it's... um, It's happy. Yeah, it is very happy music. So let's talk about the gameplay. So why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about the gameplay, and I'll jump in. So you're Bub and Bob. Okay. Well, let's talk about the two-player game. You, it is a one-player game, but it's also a two-player game. And you're working cooperatively. Yep. Um, and the goal is to entrap your enemies in bubbles, but then you have to pop the bubble to actually make the enemy completely die. Right. Uh, you can jump up on things. If you are unable to get up that high, you create a bubble and you can bounce up on the bubble. Yep. Uh, there, there's all sorts of ways to get to different places on the board. Uh, there's even sometimes uh, falling down. Uh, there will be little openings at the bottom of the screen and you fall down and you come through the top of the screen. Right. And one thing I noticed was that the bubbles tend to follow an airflow on the levels. I didn't notice that. Okay. So it's kind of the puzzle element of the levels is you blow a bubble or there are sometimes already bubbles blowing around and they tend to follow a path it's like the airflow and that can take you to places or work around things in the level um 
I wish, she, I wish she'd have told me that story. <laughs> and then, hey, well, you did pretty well because like, we, like we'll talk about here in a minute, um, we did play and we got to the final level. We'll right. talk about that in, in a minute. But also in Bubble Bubble, there are power-ups. There are things like electricity, fire, things like that, where you pop the bubble and then something happens, like the electricity will go across the screen. Right, and the fire bubbles. Correct, and the fire bubbles. Can't remember any other ones. Those are the two I remember. Yeah. Um, And that's it. The goal of the game is to go around and try to get rid of the enemies, like you said, pop, pop them. Once you get rid of the final one, you do have a few seconds to go around and collect. By the way, we should have mentioned this. When you kill an enemy, it turns into something. Sometimes it's food. Sometimes they're gems. Yep. So the things I remember. Yeah, food, gems are the big ones. And then you just get extra points for grabbing those. So as soon as you clear all the enemies, you can go around and collect those things. There's something that that I've never quite understood. Sometimes you will see the bubble with a letter in it and right. you collect, you, you can pop it and then the letter goes off to the side of the board. Yep. I never knew what that did. Yeah. So what that does is if you collect all the letters of the word extra, I think it is, it's either extra or something like that. You get a bonus man. Okay. So you get an extra, extra man. Um, one thing is if you, you can't, there, I don't. There isn't a, a clock for every level, but it does. Like when it starts, you can't stay on a level forever. So if there's an enemy somewhere on the screen you can't get to, what'll happen is the main enemy, Baron von Blubba, which looks like a little whale. It's like a little ghost whale. Yep, like a ghost whale. He appears suddenly, and he will start following you around, and he can only move vertical or horizontally, and then he will move a certain amount of spaces and then pause. Then he'll move a certain amount of spaces. Basically, he's trying to get to you and kill you to make you hurry on the level. And if my understanding is correct, the only way to get rid of him is to get rid of all the other enemies. That's correct. You can't trap the whale. Nope. You can't kill him. You can't trap him. You basically, he's there to hurry you. In fact, it says hurry on the screen when he appears. Also, the the music does change. You get this sort of alarm sound when he's there. Yep, you do. Um, so that brings us to really why I wanted to do this was that was a good video gaming memory with you and me as we ended up playing Bubble Bobble on the Nintendo and we played starting with level one. We played all the way to level 100. We did. Did you have any good memories of that or any particular memories of it? I, I thought it was a lot of fun. We had a good time doing it. It did make me realize something about myself in that um, playing cooperative games, I tend to be a less less friendly <laughs> person than if you are my opponent. I get very, uh, and I, it's hard to say competitive because you're, you're, we're helping each other, but right. I tend to badmouth my partner a lot when, <laughs> when things aren't going well, but yeah. I, I badmouth myself too. So, and we, we've discovered that from joust as well. And that's, right? you know, and that made this discussion made me remember that was the other game I had on Nintendo. Oh, okay. I, had, I had joust and so I have joust. a lot of great memories of playing that with my older sister, which joust is a great game because you can play cooperatively and, or you can play against each other. And she and I to. would play cooperatively yeah and most people i know do but you can like in the arcades you could play um against each other as well as cooperatively or you know some some spectrum in between um 
So go ahead. But it, it was a fun time for us. It, it didn't take us terribly long to do it. And how long would you say? Like maybe a week? Yeah, we did it over a span of and days. And we just played a few days. The good thing about Bubble Bobble is at the end of every level, or the end of not every level, but when you both run out of lives, it shows you a password. Right. On the original Nintendo, it didn't have a battery on the cartridge, so you couldn't save your where you left off. You always started from the beginning. Um, but if you put that password in, you could start off from wherever you left off. Right. Um, so we we played over several days, and we would just pick up where we were from the previous time. And what was fun about it is it, it's been several years, and the kids were much younger, and so at a time where they're a bit more demanding of our time. So it was kind of a fun thing for you and I to do together that um, – sort of didn't involve them and and we were able to have these little spurts of time that it was just us and we were doing something fun and yep and if i remember right i and you could correct me if i'm wrong we got through all the levels without getting help until we got to level 100 that's right, right. and then level 100 we played over and over again for at least a couple days yes and we couldn't pass it we were really getting upset because we had gotten to the final right. level and we even then kind of went on YouTube. Yes. We saw people beat it, and then we still couldn't we beat it. We never beat it. Yeah, we never actually beat level 100. That's right. So still a fun memory, but we got to the final part, and we, we couldn't beat it. We failed together. <laughs> um, so late the last month or two, I found that there was a person on the internet somewhere. I don't know who it was, but they created Bubble Bubble Deluxe. And that was a hundred more levels, but in the same game. It basically was a hack of the original cartridge where they just took all the assets in the game and made a hundred new levels just so you can play. Whenever I see these, I always kind of worry because I don't think people out in the world, even though they might be super fans, they may not be good good um, game designers. Right. So I always worry that the levels on these kind of hacks are going to be, you know, probably not well constructed. But you and I in the last, it was a day, I think, we played through level 23, I think. Yes. And I thought they were pretty well constructed. They were definitely harder than the first half of the Bubble Bobble on the original Nintendo, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I thought they looked pretty similar. If you hadn't told me how they had come about, I'm not sure I would have known it wasn't part of the game. Yeah. The enemies looked the same. It's the same music. The boards were the same. There were a couple of boards we got to, or levels, I guess I should say, are... They were a little quirky or weird, mm -hmm. um, but the play seemed pretty similar. Yeah, one thing I noticed was, and we forgot to mention this in the gameplay, when you put an enemy in a bubble and you don't pop that bubble, he will come out, but he will be angry. Yeah. And they've turned red and they they move like twice as fast. I, actually, I wanted to talk about that because yeah. there are different enemies. And um, yeah. the, I can't think of how to describe the sort of low-level one, but the ones you're talking about, they they look like little white wizards. Yeah. And then they turn red when they're angry. Yep. What, what, how would you describe the yeah. other guys? I, so I, there were the little white wizards or ghosts. They come okay. like a ghost to me, too. Um, yeah, maybe like little white grim reapers. Kinda. Yeah. Um, there are little guys that look like monsters. That's the best way to describe yeah, them. Yeah, okay. Um, there are... God, I just can't remember right Those now. Those are the two, and then the whale. And then the whale. Yeah, there may be other ones, but it's been so long since you and I played through the original game, that, I can't remember. That's true. But anyway, there there are different types of enemies. Um, 
so the really the last thing I wanted to talk about was that we I did build a bar top arcade at home and I decided because of our memory of Bubble Bobble I I did a my ode to Bubble Bobble and I themed our arcade on Bubble Bobble so I put stickers on the sides of it and basically the first game you can select is Bubble Bobble on there um, and we did play that Bubble Bobble like some neighborhood kids came over was it for Halloween or something probably. Yeah, and they played Bubble Bobble, and even kids that had never that are into modern gaming seem to really like Bubble Bobble. Right, it is a very approachable game, so I think that was a lot of fun. I think so too. I thought your bar top arcade turned out really well, but adding the decals kind of put it over the top. Yeah, I thought it was uh, a pretty uh, pretty nice project to do. So anyway, that brings us to the end of our discussion. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about with Bubble Bobble? I don't think so. All right. Well, then that will be my, my segment for this month. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Cody's Big Review. Cody spent days firmly playing this title and wants to give you the full, unadulterated truth. This week's title was... Nintendo 64 Superman. So, tell us, Cody, how good is it? It's crap. Well, stay tuned next week for another one of Cody's Big Reviews. All right, guys, as you know, I recently received a ZX Spectrum uh, from Tim Sanction um, on Twitter uh, from the Future was 8-Bit. And the I got the 48K model. And uh, for those who don't know, this is a British microcomputer. It was a, a direct competitor to the Commodore 64 in England and uh, I think a few other countries over there that received it. Um, it's really popular in the uh, in Europe. So um, never did make it over here to the States. So these are all, for the most part, all games that um, I've never played before. Or if I have, they are typically like Commodore ports of these games that uh, I have played. But um, there is a, a definitely a very different design mentality to these games. So I don't know if that is specific to the system itself, the way it's um, programmed for, or if it's just a cultural thing at the time. Just, um, you know, the, the whole bedroom programmer thing, you know, kids in their bedroom is making these games um, or, or very small crews making these games over there. And, uh, you know, just that they try out other similar games and built off of those. And um, so there's a lot of uh, it's a very unique system for lots of different reasons. Um, but the, the design was very different. Um, so there's a lot of games and gameplay here that I've never tried, um, at least not until very recently, but. These games, these are my, my first time trying these games on this system. Um, and it's just very unique to a lot of the stuff I've played and grown up with. Some in a good way and some in a eh kind of way. Um, so I'm hoping to go ahead and play about, what do we have here, about 15 of the games that are some of the most beloved uh, classic ZX Spectrum games from what I can tell. I'm just, you know, reading things about this in Retro Gamer Magazine or hearing people talk about their favorite games. And what I wanted to do is just go ahead and use this uh, rubber key 48K specy that I have 
uh, ZX Spectrum. And um, I just uh, played these games, kind of wrote down exactly what thoughts popped into my head as I was playing them. And I'm going to give a one sound bite review. Uh, this is kind of tongue-in-cheek. I mean, these are my honest feelings and opinions off the top of my head, but I'm honestly not going to give these games much of a chance. Um, all these older games usually need the instructions, some kind of rules. Um, a lot of times there's multiple keys that you don't know about unless you poke every key on there or read the instructions. And a lot of these games you have no idea what you're doing unless you read the instructions. So I'm going to these completely blind. I thought it'd be, this is not a serious review at all, so please take no heed. Um when it comes to making an opinion off me off of these reviews, because I'm just having fun here and checking these things out. And I'm, I'm assuming some of our listeners who, uh, who haven't tried this yet might give these a shot based off of these. Um, but I think there's going to be a lot of people out there, uh, especially people who are familiar with the ZX Spectrum, that'll get a kick out of hearing a fresh take on these games. So, um, And then I'm going to kind of wrap up just my overall impressions of the Spectrum. Uh, spoiler alert, they're good. I love the system. I'm having a great time with it. Um, but anyways, let's just go right off the bat here. So start quick. And again, I'm just, I'm playing these games and just writing down what my thoughts were. That's all there is to it. So hopefully this is entertaining one way or another. So I, I went ahead and played star quake first. So, um, I turned it on and here's what my thoughts were. Wait, I can't tell what letter I need to press to start the game. Okay, there we go. So I can shoot. I, I can fall, I can build things, and I'm dead. I died. I apparently completed 2% of the game. Okay! So that game, my soundbite review, if you didn't catch it there, is okay! Um, the very fast, frantic game, and uh, I need to learn how to play it, because I actually did play it again after this, and I got like 7% complete or something. Um, but yeah, hopeful excitement. Uh, the next game I played was Ant Attack, and uh, this is kind of an isometric game of some sort. So my thoughts were this. Girl or boy? Oh, I'm a grown-ass man. People don't walk like this. Uh, this button does what now? Wait, what button? Do I can't find any buttons. Oh, wait, there we go. Did I just shoot an ant through a wall? Speaking of walls, how do I get around the walls so I can kill these giant flipping ants? And I just blew myself up. My one soundbite review on this game is next. Head Over Heels is the next game I played. Um, another isometric game. You'll, you'll notice a trend there. So here's my thoughts. Oh, great. Another isometric game. And everything in this room apparently is yellow. And next room, okay, everything in this room is blue. I don't know how to get past this wall. Sure would be nice to get past this wall. Okay, I need instructions. Gonna have to come back to this. My one soundbite review is... The Great Escape was the next game I played. And here are my thoughts on that game. Isometric again. Okay, so where is everything? I see the controls are backwards... Roll call. Crap, where do I go? No, no, seriously, where do I go? Crap. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I miss roll call. Are they going to shoot me? No, I guess they don't shoot me. Uh, and apparently, 
it's exercise time, and when it's exercise time, I don't get to play. It just controls itself. Okay. And my one soundbite review for this one is... Oh, boy. Attic Attack I played next. And here are my sound... My, my, uh, my thoughts on this game. Ah, oh, cool. I thought this was going to be another isometric game. Ah, oh, that's... That's what Color Clash is. Wow, this is a lot faster than I thought it would be, though. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm having a hell of a lot of fun. Wait, all the stuff I've been collecting is just food? And I died. Hunger kills me? Okay, so hunger kills me. Well, this is really fun, but I'm not sure how to open any of these gates yet. Definitely going to have to come back to this one. And my one sound bite review is... Alright! Quasitron is the next game I played. Here's my thoughts on this one. Ah, crap. Isometric again. Music's kind of cool, though. This is not easy to control. So, I can shoot. Do I jump? Crap. Robot touched me. I guess I'm dead. Oh, I'm not dead. It's like Paradroid. And at that point, I went ahead and put my one sound uh, soundbite review together. And uh, it's going to sound something like this. Hmm. That's supposed to be me, me uh, being kind of quasi-interested. This one does look a lot like Paradroid, but 3D, a little harder to control. Uh, I'm going to have to give it this a better look, huh? Jet Set Willy is the next one on my list. Now, this is interesting because, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do Manic Miner first here because it's kind of... I did these. I played these at different times, but Manic Miner. Let's do Manic Miner first. That is a lot of stuff on a very little screen. Wait. Okay. So that kills me. Let's try that again. I will jump over it this time. So up. Oh, okay. So that kills me too. At this point, about twenty minutes passed. Um. And then my next thought was, and that kills me. Also, why the hell am I still playing this? And why am I enjoying it so dang much? My one soundbite review on this one is nice. I'm excited about this. I love this game. I love Manic Miter. Anyways, Jet Set Willy was the next uh, one I wanted to get to, even though I played it at a later date. Uh, my thoughts were like this. Cool. It's like another Manic Miner. That toilet has lost its flippin' mind. Wow, this guy has a really big house. That's kind of fun. Uh, it's much easier than Manic Miner. Alright, what is this nightmare room all about? Dang. Died. Let's try that again. Nope, nope, died. Dang. I died again. And I died again. Uh, no, I died again. Okay. Back to Manic Miner. My one soundbite review is, well, all right, next game I have on my list here was Rebel Star. Here are my thoughts. This looks very confusing. No Kempston joystick mode. Uh, okay, well, let's select something. Wait, wait, is this a turn-based strategy game? Oh, hell yes. People don't have guns, okay. Combat droids must... Yep, yep, they do. Combat, dro combat droids have guns. Uh, let's try shooting these gates. And yeah, that worked. 
Enemies turn. Cool. Ooh, there's a bunch of different enemies to battle. Okay, yeah, I'm going to be sinking a lot of my time into this one. My one soundbite review on this one is, woohoo! I love turn-based strategy games, so uh, I was very excited to find this one. And I ha- honestly haven't heard much about it. For my next game, just a legendary game from what I've heard, is Elite. And my thoughts, again, keeping in mind I had no instructions on this one, were, all right, I can't wait to try this game. I do have no idea what's going on. And uh, let me just try hitting all the buttons. Wait, where am I? What am I doing? Okay. <laughs> okay, th- yeah, this just isn't going to work without a manual. Ooh, I am enjoying the left view out of my spaceship, apparently. And I don't know how to look back. Okay. So that's my pretty much my soundbite review on that one is, okay. I just pretty much uh, admitted defeat. I need to get the instructions and give this one a much better uh, attempt here. How about Batman? My thoughts were this. And another isometric game. Oh, wait. I can control this one. Wait, I can't jump? Um, oh, got the boots. Oh, now I can jump. Man, am I am I enjoying an isometric game? My one soundbite review on this one is, Cool! Um, found an isometric game I can control and enjoy. Batman is pretty cool, although I did play a bunch of this and got stuck, and uh, I'm probably going to need to read the instructions or watch a YouTube playthrough to see exactly how you get past where I'm stuck here. But I got one more game on here. Um, one of my favorite games on the Amiga is the Turbo Esprit games 2 and 3. Um, so I was very excited to play the uh, Spectrum version of this game, which I also heard got some good reviews. Uh, here are my thoughts on playing to- Turbo Esprit. Cool, there's a Lotus game on here. Now, how do I go? Okay, back to the menu to check out the controls. Hmm, okay. Am I am I in the car, or am I looking at my car? It's like I'm doing both? Alright, uh, there we go, I'm moving, and I crashed. Okay, so that's how you change lanes, but how do you turn? There's a map. M, right? M? Yes. Map. Okay. So it shows roads going all different ways, so I must be able to turn, right? Okay. Let's try. Nope. I crashed. Why do these cars keep attacking me? Oh, uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, this is in England. You're not supposed to ride on this side of the road. Uh, my one-word review on this one is... Mm, bummer. So there we go. Um, kind of ridiculous, I know, but I had fun uh, playing a whole bunch of games, and I wanted to basically make something out of them. Um, just my overall uh, review impression, not, not review, impressions of the Spectrum so far. Uh, I love this little system. Um, the rubber key, Specky, everyone complains about the rubber keys. I actually thought they were kind of cool. Um, not for playing fast action games, but... Uh, because I have the the Div MMC future from the Future Was 8-Bit in here, I can plug my joystick in there, which is called a Kempston joystick, apparently, in England. So, um, for us American listeners, if you get one of these things, you definitely have to get the Div MMC future, which kind of loads all your games, and it gives you a, a joystick port. Otherwise, you would not have a joystick port. And it fits any kind of DB9, uh, that's the 9-pin, like a Sega Genesis or Atari um, controller. Um, they are one-button games with, you know, up, down, left, right, and one-button 
and then extra keys are uh, on the, the keyboard itself. But I noticed some interesting things about um, some of the design of these games. First of all, uh, of course, just the specky color palette. Everything has a black background, and there's kind of one colored solid color. They're not sprites. Um, I don't, I'm not a programmer. I don't know exactly how this all works, but there's no sprites, so they don't move over each other well. So when that, the color clash happens when you have a blue figure and a black, or a, like a yellow background. They kind of roll over each other. The blue and yellow kind of fill in random spots. Um, I don't know, you kind of have to see it to understand it, but once you see it, you just go, oh, okay, yeah, that does look kind of clashy, that's interesting. Um, it can make some games pretty hard to play, to be honest. Um, I tried also, um, Rygar, was it Rygar? No, Rastan, I tried Rastan. And, um, it's supposed to be a really great port of that game, but I could not tell what was going on, because it's all black and green. Um, but, as you can tell, a ton of isometric games, that was huge on this system, um... Again, Batman I was enjoying, but some of these other games I could not control. Um, head over heels, I it, you have to hit like left and right to turn your figure, then forward is like to move forward. Um, but depending on which way your direction or which direction you're facing, it's always going to be up to be forward. And it's just really confusing. I, I think it takes a lot of practice before you get used to that. And I'm sure people who played these games back in the day are, so they love them, but I cannot figure it out mentally um what i do love um is the some of these games have very fast and frantic gameplay um jetpack's the only game i've ever played before i owned this system i played eric's uh jetpack game and it's just like constant action and shooting um even more so than like an arcade game like it's uh and then they have these clicks and beeps and constant lasers and there's some re- something really cool about that uh, I played Starquake, and I played Attic Attack on this list that kind of had that. When I saw pictures of Attic Attack, it looked like it was going to be kind of a slow-plotting adventure game. Um, when I saw, you know, still pictures and magazines and stuff. So when I actually played it, I was a little shocked about how uh, uh, fast it was and how quickly you went from one room to another room and attacked things, and they regenerated, and you attacked them to get back to the door you already went through because now you need to go backwards. Um, I don't understand the full gameplay on how you move on, but just running through all the rooms, killing things, collecting food. It's just a blast, uh, you know, the, the tactile feel of bouncing around these rooms, attacking things, running around, the constant noise. Um, the the sound on the Specky is not impressive, but what's cool about it, especially in these fast games, is the density of noises. Um, you only have like five or six noises, but they're happening at dis- different pitches, and they're bouncing all over the place, and they're kind of like constant. And there's, it's almost this sensory overload of really low bit um graphics and definition that just kind of work uh it's pretty cool um yeah i think that's pretty much everything i have to say about it at this point i really hope to keep digging into this playing a lot more of these games um i noticed there are a number of most most of the new homebrew stuff i can't play because everyone tricks it out for the 128k uh specky stuff so there's a few homebrew uh, games. I call them homebrew, but modern releases, let's be honest. Um, the games back in the day were made by one person in a room. So uh, how is that any different than these new releases? Um, honestly, there's probably teams of two or three people on the new games, and the commercial releases back then were only one or two. So anyways, um, there's my thoughts. I hope you guys enjoyed it, and I look forward to trying out some more stuff. If you uh, guys have any suggestions for things I should give a shot, um, go ahead and send it to me on uh, Twitter or send us an email 
Um, all the information is at the end of the show, but I'm uh, oddball49. That's oddba one one four nine on Twitter. So hit me up. I'd love to hear from you guys and uh, try some uh, some more games and definitely dig, dig into these games I tried here. Antitech looks really cool. Um, I had no idea what I was doing, but if I read it, that looked really cool. Super excited about uh, the um, Rebel Star game. Um, Batman was fun. I mean, most of these games I want to get back into. I think I honestly think I'm going to have a hard time getting into Jet Set Willy. It just went from super open and fun and simple and easy to four minutes later, a room I just could not come to gr- grasp with. It's that pixel-perfect thing, which a lot of these games... I mean, there's per- pixel-perfect um, American and Japanese games, but the pixel-perfect... It has a completely different quality to it in these in these ZX Spectrum, these British games, where um, kind of like a Monty Mole, where I mean, you literally it, it might not look like there's anywhere to go, and you just have to know that when this one character goes up and the other character goes down at the right spot, you jump over and get in between them, and it looks like you're going to hit them, but you literally have to be within a pixel of them so that they both miss you at the same time before you jump again. I mean, it's trial and error to the extreme. And uh, I don't know if I just don't have the patience or time for that anymore. Um, but I'm sure there's people out there that practice, practice these games so much they know exactly what to look for. And um, I think those are going to be a hard uh, barrier to entry for me. But All right, appreciate it. Reporting the news! So a whole lot of news again this month. Retro news never stops. Um... This is more modern, not very metro, uh, retro, metro, uh, retro. <laughs> the Xbox One, uh, the new Xbox is coming out, apparently. They've, they've announced it, and it's called, apparently it's called the Xbox One SAD, S-A-D? I've never heard of that. Maybe, this might be bad reporting, <clears throat> uh, but I heard basically, maybe someone was making a joke on it, and they put that out there, and I don't know, maybe it's an April Fool's thing, but I've heard that Xbox has officially announced that they are doing no physical, all digital. I did hear that. And, uh, so I, I, I didn't hear the, the sad designation with that, but I yeah, did I don't hear... know if that's real or not. But okay, and it, it's all digital, and um, yeah, I'm starting to come around to more your philosophy on that. Which is, yeah, I'll buy it cheap on digital. <laughs> no, it's that someday these digitals won't be available yeah, anymore. Yeah. So you start releasing them on digital, and someday there's not there's not going to be any more retro. Basically, our podcast has an expiration date. <laughs> Someday we won't be able to talk about anything anymore. Yeah, forty years from now, you and me are going to be sitting around. Yeah, I'm not going to get into too many opinions about it, but I'm not a huge <clears throat> fan of digital. To me, honestly, as a business, if I were looking at me as a consumer specifically, I don't know the general consensus, but yeah, if I if you're looking at Cody <laughs> trying to sell me a system that's going to be digital only, it's going to be a hard sell. And if I am going to buy digital only, I'm only going to buy when they're on super sale. That's what I do with Steam. Mm-hmm. And uh, a game that might be $20 on Switch, I'll buy for $5 or less on Steam. And let's take... Even the, though those are both potentially digital, but... Let's take the other side of that coin, though. Yeah. Let's say that I'm the manufacturer yeah. or publisher of that game. I don't have to do a box. I don't have to do a disc. As soon as it's released, I can let it go. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of positive upside to digital. Yeah. The problem for me, the one thing I don't like, is that they don't translate the cost of that to the consumer. 
You buy a digital Not copy. Not with Nintendo, they don't. Yeah, when you buy a digital copy, it's the same amount as physical. And I think that's ridiculous. Except on Steam when they go on Super Sale. Right. That, again, that's why <clears throat> I like Steam. Except so. on that. And so, I, I don't know. I got a lot of... I still got a lot of things to think about through on that, yeah. you know, so. Well, it's a long ways off. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot more games released by all these new limited run companies, including one of my favorites, Play Asia, <laughs> including this game, which, again, we talked about stupid game names. Yeah. Or game concepts. There's a game release called Panty Party. And you, <laughs> I thought you talked about this. I thought you talked about this on a I didn't talk episode. about it. I I, uh, I think I, I texted you and said, Eric, are you getting a pre-order on this? <laughs> And this not. game, the limited version of this game, comes with a pair of panties. Yeah. And it just sounds like the most weird, perverted Japanese <clears> whatever. <throat> this thing's actually being released digital on the Switch in the North America as well. Wow. And it, so I had to, uh, I had to, you know, see what the, because if you, I mean, you made a joke about the, the game coming with feelies. <laughs> just saying. Right. Um, the game, it's hilarious because it's literally, it almost makes, if you're actually kind of into adult games, whatever, if you are, that's cool with me. Um, you're going to be sadly disappointed. You are literally a pair of panties attacking another pair of panties on a battlefield. It's like mm. a shooter. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything you'd think. It, it just, it's the whole thing is stupid and ridiculous, but... That's interesting. I think I, I, I just got a kick out of the concept <clears throat> that team being made. I never even heard of them, but... Uh... <laughs> I didn't either until I saw that in my mailbox, and it's kind of blew up. Like... Hmm. A lot of it's all over Twitter and stuff, and it's just the most ridiculous <laughs> thing. I'm sure it's all marketing. I'm sure there's really not that many people interested in this, but like I said, it's hitting North America's uh, Nintendo shop. So. Yeah. Um, this is cool, and I really want to try this once I get my EverDrive rather than my Super UFO for my Super Nintendo. Um, somebody, so you've played Gradius three? Yes. Have you? I have. So. The big thing, they talk about blast processing on the Genesis and, <laughs> yeah. and Super Nintendo's, you know, chugging along. They had those commercials. Well, there's some truth to this thing. Mm-hmm. Shmups on the Genesis were fast and chaotic and crazy and fun. And the, the for whatever reason, Super N- Nintendo, a lot of the shmups just didn't, just didn't run well. That's true. Uh, Gratis 3 is a great game. But if you play it on the Genesis, it is known for having crazy amounts of slowdown. Really? Oh, yeah. The frame rate drops to the point where it's... I mean, it becomes so slow that it becomes, it's actually much, excuse me, appreciated in Gradius because it's a difficult game. But even on the first level, um, it'll it'll chug along. You'll hit points where the lava, you know, the volcano is shooting lava rocks and it's, I mean, it's going a quarter of the speed it's supposed to. So somebody uh, went out and hacked the ROM and came out with a, a, a Gradius 3 patch. I forget what they called it, but you can now download a ROM where they fixed it. Oh, that's And you can play neat. it at full speed all the way through, run super smooth. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That, I love that. When you go back and take a, an official release and make it more playable make and it better, it's yeah. awesome. That is and awesome. Like I said earlier with uh, kind of the uh, Fester's Quest, if you can go back and add health bars and things like that, make the game like enjoyable. Yeah. Heck, please do. There's so many. Ge- there are a lot of games out there that are very good, except they are so hard they're impossible. Mm-hmm. Or like this game, they're just so broken that they're kind of not as fun. I, I do wish, like in the like in the Commodore sixty four scene, where they'll come out with trainers and cheats. I do wish more people would go back to like Super Nintendo games and and Genesis games, and if they were super hard, just make them a little easier. Yeah, yeah, make them more accessible. <coughs> Steam World Quest was announced, and all kinds of stuff on this. Have you heard about the Steam World Quest game? 
I did. I watched a trailer on it, but I don't know much more about the, about it than the trailer. So this publisher, whose name I can't think of right now, publisher, developer, all their games at this point are SteamWorld games. Okay. Uh, so SteamWorld Dig was kind of their first big hit. They actually re- did release a SteamWorld game on the DS a long time ago, and I really want to try that one. And then they came out with SteamWorld Heist, which I've told you about, which is like a tactical, <coughs> it's like a side action, not action, but side, um, it's like Valkyria, Valkyria Chronicles, but on uh, 2D side view. Oh, okay. I, it's really cool about these steampunk robots in space, hopping on spaceships and attacking, but you have to like bounce bullets, ricochet bullets off of ceilings, and it's mm. it's awesome. It's a great game. Yeah. It, out of the two I've played, it's my favorite between Dig and Heist. SteamWorld 2 came out. It's supposed to be better than SteamWorld Dig 1. So SteamWorld Dig 2, um, going to get that eventually. It's up physical for 20 bucks. Okay. But now they've released, again, in that same world, that same, um, uh, what's the world I'm looking for? Mythos. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've released a new game here called SteamWorld Quest, and it is an RPG um, with card collecting based. Yes. Now that you're mentioning this, it's based, starting to refresh. Yeah, battle mechanics. <clears throat> and okay. it looks awesome. Yeah, because I had a vague recollection, and then now that you've mentioned that card collecting part, I saw the trailer for this. It looks right up my alley. Yeah. I think this looks amazing. So I'm going to have to check that out. Excited about that. Um, there's a new Amiga digging game. Now, it's funny when I say it. It's called Aminer or A Minor. I mean, it's got to be A Minor. A yeah. Minor. But it's AMI for Amiga, I'm assuming. And then they cut yeah. it and put NER on the end. But if you look at it, it's a game where you're a crane and you dig through the rocks and you get like upgrades would allow you to go back to the store and dig through more rocks. Oh, wait, it's SteamWorld Dig. <laughs> yeah. It really is. <laughs> yeah. But, um,. I have not downloaded it yet because, again, all the new Mega games that are coming out are, are 1,200 and up. This one, they're trying to make it run smoothly on the 500, the A500, which is what I have. Um, so, again, unfortunately, the new homebrew is kind of above the specs of my hardware, kind of like it is on the next, or not the next, the Spectrum. Um, PS3 Hen for is, has been released, and that's um, software to basically allow you to pr- play homebrew quote-unquote homebrew yeah. software on your PlayStation 3 Slim models, which is what I have. Okay. Um, at this point in the game, I ask you to only play homebrew on it. The people are still selling PS3 games and making money off of them, so please buy them. Um, but yeah, that's becoming out. So are we still selling PS3 games? On the on the eShops, yeah. Or not eShop, but the PlayStation Store, yeah. They were, oh, yeah. I didn't know they were still doing that. Okay. Yep. And, and stores still sell some PlayStation 3 games. I've, I've heard about this kind of in the periphery. I, I don't know much about it, though. Um, I didn't look too far into it because it's just something that I don't yeah. believe in at this point or necessarily want at this point. It's too new of a system to be yeah. modded up the wazoo. Yeah, well, it's still, right. it's still, still commercially viable. Yeah. So <laughs> I agree with that. Man, that water I took going down the wrong way is really messing yeah, me it, up. We, we took a little break there, and Eric decided to inhale water rather than drink it, yeah. so... You know, I thought that's I was going to die there. All right. This next, uh, next, next one I, I do know about, but you put it on here. Yeah, it's the Capcom arcade stick. It, it's going to have, it's basically like a arcade fighting stick, but you plug in HDMI and it's going to have a bunch of the cop, uh, Capcom releases on it. Capcom basically looked at all the success from these minis and goes, yes. how can we get on this? Even though we're a publisher, we're known for our arcade games. Let's put out an arcade stick. What do you think about the way this thing looks? 
Have you seen it? I have seen it. I'm trying to remember because I did look at it. Oh, the it's hard to forget. It. it is quite literally a huge three foot, two and a half foot version of the Capcom logo with That's sticks right. and buttons on it. You're right. Including okay. all the indents and everything. So it looks <laughs> like the most awkward. Now that you're saying hideous. that, I do remember. Yeah, you're right. It Why is... on earth did they do that? And they could fit it in. You know, a while back, I made a little like fighting stick, a generic one I got on Amazon for a few bucks. And I gutted it. I put a Raspberry Pi in it. And I sent it to one of my cousins to play. It has a Raspberry Pi. plays every game you can imagine. And it's in a little fight. That's cool. Yeah. It's in a little, it's just in a little tiny fight. That, that yeah. You're right. That Capcom thing is an uh, atrocity. <laughs> it's huge. It's a huge logo. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. When it goes on sale, I'm going to get one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and they're asking a lot of money for it. I'd um, like to know what the emulator they're going to use, if it's going to be that, like, uh, specific Capcom. Well, they've. I think I've already heard things, and again, this is hearsay, but I've heard they've already had legal talks about it, and they're already using... <laughs> They're already using a, another lump, uh, you know, um, emulator that was made by Some a open, group of people out yeah, open yeah, yeah, source. Yeah. Which, when they make that, they specifically say on there, "This is not for, right. you know, you yep. don't make money off of this. This is an open source. Here's all the people that made it for free." Yeah. So there's a big to do about Capcom using that. Yes, it's used. That emulator is specifically used to emulate Capcom hardware, but. It was made by those people for non-commercial purposes. So how can yeah. Capcom just come in there and just take it and use it? It is kind of funny now that now that you say it that way that it's stolen from one person, and then <laughs> it's kind of a weird chain of custody there, right? Yeah, because uh, they're emulating something that wasn't theirs to begin with. It was but, Capcom. But emulation doesn't include the games. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, still their hardware that they built. That, tell that to Atari when uh, Coleco yeah. decided to make an addition to their system that played Atari games. Yeah. I'm not saying it's technically legally, yeah. legal or illegal. It is just a weird twist of fate there. Yep. <laughs> Man. Either way, it's something new and exciting. I'm still excited about it. You mentioned a few games on here. Pro Gear, Giga Wing, etc. You picked a couple of shooters I love. So, uh, and cool. I, really, I really love Capcom as a publisher, oh, yeah. right? They, yep. they made some fantastic games. So if they picked the right things for this, it, it could be a winner. We've been watching um, on when we talked about this. We've been talking about this in the news lately for upcoming games, and we've been watching um, Twitter releases on this. But Sarah Jane Avery has released the shmup she's been working on for quite a while now, Neutron for Which the Commodore sixty four. You know, it was written for a sixteen k competition, so that yeah. that shoot 'em up fits in sixteen k. That's pretty. Well, impressive. I heard she's got, uh, hoping to expand upon it. Still, I hope she does. But what's crazy is she's done this game, which is now released. Uh, I suggest you go out there and buy it. Um, It is on HIO for free, but you can donate money if you choose to. Name your price. Name your price, yeah. So I threw a couple bucks at it, and I suggest. um, I mean, what I typically do, do, usually what I do in these cases is I'll download it, and if it's any good, and I think I'm actually going to keep on playing it, I'll throw a few bucks at them. Mm -hmm. Basically saying, if it's good, I'll pay for it. If it's not good, I'm not just going to hand out charity. Um, but in this case, I've been watching this. I've been waiting for it. I just paid a couple bucks up front. Have you played it? I've played it. I actually Did... played a good amount of it. It's not easy. <clears throat> no, it's not easy. Did you download the second version of it? She patched it to do auto fire. Oh, no, I did not. Got to download that. So, okay. And if you can't find it, I'll send it to you. But she, re- I guess she listened to a lot of the feedback that was on Twitter. Yeah. People were saying, I, I, I need auto fire. 
So she just released a patch where you can turn it on and off, but you hold the button and it'll just keep doing continuous fire now. Hmm. Okay. So no, that, that actually made me think of an idea. I was thinking about going out, and I know you can, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I know you can get an electronic device that basically makes pulses. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about taking my Commodore stick, adding another two-way switch on it for turbo. Yeah. I turn it on, almost. it'll run it through that pulser, and then it'll do auto-fire for almost me. Almost like the turbo graphics, like a yeah. slider button. Yeah. I, yeah. I could add that to my little cigar box controller. That'd be cool. Anyways, the game is really good. Um, I do love it. <clears throat> I've been able to get to the third level. It took a lot. It probably took me an hour to figure out how to get there. Yeah. It, there's a lot of memoriz- memorization necessary, a lot of reflexes, but it's a fun little vertical scooter. That's uh, great. Shooter. Love yep. it. Um. She created that for that competition, the 16K, and she wants to expand upon it. Uh, that being said, she's already been working for quite a while in an RPG, like a full-fledged RPG for the C64. Which looks amazing. It's almost like she did this to take a break. And did you know those RPGs are built on a novel, a series of novels she's written? She's, yeah, she's a writer, too. Yeah. So, um, um, Did you also hear that she went on there and said, I want to make a, um, a vertical or a horizontal? A horizontal. Not only does she want to, she's already started on it, and she's already got parallax scrolling and <laughs> like bullets and everything flying. Pretty amazing. She's going for it. Yeah. And I guess she's been, make, she's been making games. She used to work for Sega and a few other companies. She used to make for, like, games for the Amiga. Yeah. A few other systems, too. So, um, Yeah, this next one I'm interested in, but I have not... So I, I actually grabbed this one, Frantic Freddy 2. It's basically a game kind of like um, Load Runner-esque, where it's a platformer, single screen, that changes. Uh, but you run, you go up ladders, you grab these pots of gold, and you try to comp- clear the level. What's interesting about it is, like, the ladders are two-sided ladders. So you when you hit a ladder, you can't go through it. It's like a wall, but you can go up one side crossover go down the other side hmm. um it makes an interesting challenge but it, overall it's just it's a platformer but it's a lot of fun i probably got through five or six levels and then i just haven't gone back to it but it's so you being positive eric is it really just kind of average no it's pretty good okay it's pretty good i do have kind of a hard time telling you're kind of positive <clears throat> all the time which is good except for when i actually need to know if i would like something or not so far i give it like maybe seven out of 11 freddies a uh, freddies okay good yeah yeah, you know, it's a good, uh, a good average modern yeah. release. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, this is kind of our com- that's for the Commodore sixty four, which we haven't mentioned. Yes. This is kind of our little Commodore uh, sixty four section here. Neutron uh, by Sarah Jane Avery, Fan- Frantic Freddy two. Yep. And the next game on here, this has been all the rage to the point where Nintendo took notice. <coughs> yes. And that is the release uh, after years and years of work on this. Apparently, do you remember? I can't remember the, the guy who made it, but one guy made this game. Can't remember his name in his room, living room, whatever. Yeah. And it is Super Mario Brothers 64 on the Commodore 64, which was, at the time, everyone was like, we'd love our Commodores to be able to play a game like that, but it's not possible. Right. Well, it obviously <clears throat> is. This guy did not make a level that is equivalent to Mario 60, to Super Mario Brothers. He did not make Mario uh, Super Mario Brothers-ish game that looks kind of like it. This thing is almost almost pixel perfect it is very almost exactly like the only things i've noticed are the speed in certain areas when there's a lot of sprites going on it definitely does have slowdown yes but otherwise it seems almost exactly like super mario yeah yeah all the hidden blocks are there um hitting blocks over and over again yep um 
the way things move, the way the timing. I mean, it's amazing what this guy did. The fireworks, the poles, everything is there. The only thing I tried, because I, I was trying to break it. I was trying to figure out what he didn't get right. And the only thing I could think of, <coughs> and this is really random, we used to call it moonwalking. Yeah. So when you're underground, you could scroll to a per- certain point in the level where the bricks would be halfway covered, cut off by the, the screen. Yeah. And you could knock out some bricks, and then you would stick in the wall. And at that point, you can jump up to be on top of the map. Mm. So it was actually a bug. So that was the only thing I couldn't re- reproduce was the bug in the game. Yeah. But even some of the other bugs and things that were in the game are there. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing. And what what's funny is the, the, the Nintendo and the Commodore 64, they share a chipset. It's the 6502. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it's not that far-fetched to think you could port games over. But the Commodore 64 has so many things dedicated to input and output, basic, all this overhead, that games that were like on the Nintendo just are very hard to do on the Commodore 64 because there's just not enough room to cram it in. Yep. This guy did it end in one file. <coughs> one file. Yeah, one file. That's crazy to me. Man, I'm suffering from this. <laughs> I feel like I'm diseased or something. So anyways, Nintendo did uh, do a whatever letter to him say you have to take us down so yeah. it's no longer up which we knew which would happen and i <clears throat> yeah. i put a tweet basically saying call it a badge of honor you know yeah i would love to have something i did important enough for nintendo to be like yeah you need to take this down it might hurt my brand right even though it's not uh, <coughs> that being said i played so much super mario brothers i'm never gonna go back to this it was cool to do once yep so it is why i bought this controller oh uh, that is so okay. that's my last piece of show and tell but it is the it's a Gamepad made by a guy on Twitter called uh, Retro Gamer Boys. Retro Gamer Boys. That's what you told me. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. And he makes gamepads for a bunch of different systems. MSX, Commodore 64. And it, I mean, it's a Nintendo controller, but he clearly, it's not an original. It's, no, no, no. It's like a cheap knockoff, but he guts it and he does put in his custom internals in it. And it looks super cool. The only thing to me is that it is, it's all dark black with this rainbow Amiga logo. Yeah. It looks like a Spectrum controller. Like, the colors are perfect for the Spectrum. Well, Amiga I'd had the rainbow emblem, too. Yeah, but this should be beige to match the Amiga Wedge yeah. computer. I get a kick out of this. He actually put a warranty void if removed sticker over one of the screws. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, if you're going <laughs> to open this up, he's not going to cover it. Right. That's cool. And though. I got the Amiga one because I figured, and I took a leap of faith here, that the Amiga one would work with the Commodore 64 because they are both designed yes. for one-button controllers. But this one does have the A button is a jump button like we mapped our kind of joysticks to. to. Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, the B button is fire, like a normal fire button. But the select button on a normal NES is a secondary fire button, which some Amiga games support a secondary fire button. And is that the space bar then? Would that, like, it could be a space, space bar, yeah. Space bar? It depends on the game and what it's mapped to. Okay. But I think it is the space bar technically. Yeah. And of course, it's got a standard DB9. So standard DB9 on there. But I did play this with my favorite secondary button game, Hybris, which is a. Sh- I still shmup. have not played that yet. I yeah, no, I that. love that game, and this does indeed do the bomb. So this is fire. This is bomb. Oh, cool! And then you know this is up for platformer, but so retro gamer boys with a, a great... Z at the end on Twitter makes all these game pads on eBay, and they they work great. Great looking little bit of yeah kit there. Couple more games came out in the C64. Star Meg is another vertical uh, scrolling shooter. Never heard of it. It, it was 
again, uh, free download, or you can throw a couple bucks at it. Okay. Very good game. Um, not quite as smooth as the Neutron, but I would definitely suggest you pick it up. And then Vegetables came out, which is a puzzle game. We don't see a ton of that, but no, um, it's a match three kind of game. Yeah. And it looks great. The gameplay is <clears throat> solid. Um, I really want to see this thing improved. It was also made for the 16K competition. Yeah. Um, my issue with it, I literally, like, I was loving playing it. I literally played it for a half an hour and never lost, like, it never stopped. So, no, the difficulty didn't ramp up enough? You would clear a line, and then the, the whatever the programming is for the items dropping from the top would just keep clearing lines like crazy. Um, bombs eventually dropped, in, or bombs or whatever, rocks, whatever. These things that you can't clear unless you clear the whole line with the, like, Connect 4. Yeah. And so they started filling up the screen, but eventually the stuff falling from the top just cleared everything again. Mm. Um, so honestly, there was no challenge. So I love <clears> the <throat> gameplay, but I um, and everyone else seems to love it. And I don't know if everyone else is just being super positive and supportive because the guy is listening. Yeah. But I really love the, the concept of the game. I want to see some challenge modes or um, something to actually provide some a goal or something to do. You know, I can't just keep playing the keep same game. I mean, the score just kept going up to the point where I just turned it off because I was bored. A lot of times, these games that'll be 16K games, they'll if they're popular enough, they'll come out with like more robust versions. Yeah. Maybe they'll be like a difficulty slider or something like that. And he's already redone some of the graphics to make them look more clear and stuff, which is great. <clears throat> but it's all about gameplay. I mean, yeah. Um, hopefully, he's done some changes to that. I want to try it again. Okay. Um. All right, Nintendo Labo. You've heard of the Labo, the cardboard that they charge a yeah. whole lot of money for. And I heard about this, too. Okay, so they came out with a VR headset, which uses your Nintendo Switch as a screen for VR. Yeah. But they did not include a strap or anything for your head, which means... Because they probably didn't want you to risk dropping the system and shattering it. Yeah, and I've, I've also heard that the experiences on there are very short experiences. Um, so you literally have to hold the thing to your face. Yeah. Which means you only have one hand to uh, to play the game itself. Yeah. Um. The only reason I really bring this up, I think it's kind of ridiculous, the whole cardboard thing. I do think that if I can grab some of these on sale and keep them in the packaging for 10 years, they'll go up in value because it's cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here's my thought. This would make this really cool. So there's no strap. They don't want you to have a strap, probably for liability. Mm -hmm. it, it's also funny. Apparently, they put on the box. This game is for 7 and up. But if you actually open the instructions, it says make sure you're 8 and up to play the software. Oh, that's funny. I didn't hear that. So anyways. Yeah. Um, but why don't they do this? You buy cardboard. Now do this. You buy cardboard, 30 bucks, whatever it is, and you make a cardboard stand for your your Labo VR so that you have both hands free so you can still use a Switch controller. And then you download on the eShop or the software or whatever Virtual Boy emulator. Yeah. How cool would that be? That would be cool. Right? Because then you got the stand, which is what a Virtual Boy is. You look in there, it'd still be red <clears> just like a Virtual Boy. And there's like three games that are only on the Virtual Boy that are really good. Um, I couldn't tell there's a Mario game. There's a couple other ones. I mean, most of the Virtual Boy games were garbage. Yeah. But there's like three that were really good. And I'd love to play them, but I'm not going to I've never go... even played a Virtual Boy, but I've heard really great things that, like like, like you said, there are a couple games that are really great. Yep. And, and they're simple. I mean, it's not like... And you just don't want to invest in, in one because they're pretty pricey now to find. Yeah. Um, 
I still kind of want one just put on the shelf. And I want to get a power glove and a virtual boy and just kind of say, yeah. here's the crazy stuff Nintendo came up with. That See, I, you know. I, I like the concept of the Labo stuff. And I think if I had been, if I was a kid and this had come out, I would dig it. Because I, I think making stuff out of the cardboard stuff is really neat. Yeah. But as yeah. it is, as an adult, I don't want to. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> and I don't have room for a bunch of cardboard stuff laying yeah. around. I have a hard enough time with that uh, Darth Vader I made over there. Yeah. Like the, like <laughs> like the, the foot the tall Darth Vader you know, the made piano out of paper. that came out? I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Imagine, like, triggering your sounds with the with the cardboard Labo. What sounds are you talking about? Perfect. <laughs> um, Neo Geo. Have you heard about this one? I did. They announced, no, not one. But two new systems. Yeah. They didn't say what they are, but they did say they are going to be called the Neo Geo 2 and the Neo Geo 3. Yeah, we'll wait and see. I mean, What on earth? I have no idea what they're doing, but it's exciting. Like I said, I like the Neo Geo Mini, but it's not perfect by any means. I mean, the controller isn't yeah. perfect. I'm and, not, not going to buy one. I mean, they're, if yeah. they drop substantially, I will, but... Yeah, I like it, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to play all the games and keep playing them, but man... I I wish that there would a Neo Geo system would come out that was affordable, that could play the original cartridges. That would be cool. Um, but even the original cartridges are so expensive that I'd wish there was a solution for that. There you know is. what I mean? Well, there is, but I mean, <laughs> not that Neo Geo is going to officially come out with. Correct, correct. So well, I'll wait and see what this is all about. But in the meantime, I'm going to be, you know, pessimistic about it probably. So another cool thing about the whole announcement is they also announced another Metal Slug game. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Which is funny, because I get all excited about that, and then I realize I've never played through one entire Metal Slug game. Nonetheless, all seven existing ones. Yeah. There's seven out right now. Yeah. So this will be, in theory, eight, whatever they call it. I don't know. Well, they're what, not... What they release it on, I don't know. This they're not super easy when you get towards the end. I mean, yeah, they're kind of <coughs> credit feeders, and that might be why I haven't really played a bunch of them. I really mm-hmm. like the one on the Neo Geo Pocket, because it's made to play... Yeah. For you to play through and continue and beat, mm-hmm. you know. Um, now, this is really exciting to me. I don't know if you actually checked this out. It didn't seem like a lot of people did. All over the internet, everyone went nuts over the fact that a new Earthworm Jim game has been announced. Are you familiar with the new Earthworm Jim? Yes. What people didn't seem to focus on was that the reason the new Earthworm Jim game is coming out is because, um, I'm going to forget his name right now. Uh, Tommy Tallarico. Yeah. Tommy, yeah, is that right? Tommy Tallarico? He's not the one who came out with Earthworm Jim. He's he, the one doing... He did the music for Earthworm Jim. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. So he's a musician, but he's been always doing video games. <clears throat> he's yeah. the one that's creating the new Intellivision Amico system we've been talking about. Yes. And this game is going to be exclusive to the Amico. Yeah. Now everyone says, yeah, right, they'll port it to something else. They had an interview that they actually did a live stream, and everyone was... If you go online and type in... Earthworm Jim. Everyone's just talking about the fact that there's a new Earthworm Jim. Everyone's going nuts over that. Yeah. They forget to mention the fact that it's going to be on a new system called the Amico by Intellivision of everybody. And they forget to mention that there was a live stream, which is still up on YouTube and at some other sources. I went and watched a YouTube video yesterday to watch the, so I could see what they talked about. Yes. It was at like 8,000 views. That's it. It's been out for a week. Hmm. So either everyone watched it once and then never went back and watched it, or else no one knows. I, I, it was hard for me to find a link. I had to go on Amico's website to find a link to go to the interview. Yeah, I don't hear a lot of buzz about the Amico in general. I'm wondering if they they are doing themselves a disservice by not having some kind of PR firm like 
pushing their agenda out or maybe, something. Yeah, maybe not. So, I mean, I'm excited about it. And if you watch the interview, I did watch the interview. It is really cool what they're doing. They So they're <clears> making an Earthworm Jim game. Yeah. And he couldn't go into too much detail, but he did mention that the controllers are physical controllers, like we've talked about, with screens in them. The new Earthworm Jim game is going to be a multiplayer game. Okay. Couch co-op. You can play it single player, but it's designed to be like multiplayer, kind of like a Super Mario Brothers, new Super Mario Brothers game kind of thing. Yeah. And you are literally not going to be able to play it on any other system because it physically is made to use the Amico's hardware. Hmm. Not software, but hardware. Like, the interfaces with the game are going to be specific to the Amico. So it will only be for... So if you want to play the new Earthworm Jim... <clears throat> It's, You've got to use the Amico. You, you, you're do, you can't wait for a, it to come out another system. Yeah, yeah, which is yep. brilliant. Yeah, and then the guys kind of hinted some of the guys because the entire team was on the interview from Earth, the original Earthworm Jim. They were all there in the room. Yeah, and they're working on this new one. Um, in fact, they were there in his house or whoever's house that was to, to put together design notes and start you know producing the game. Um, they also mentioned that he that they said they've seen some of the other games they can't talk about that are in talks with the Amico. That are also going to be Amico specific game is by means of the hardware that yeah. they can't won't be on any other system. Right, that's great. This is what I want. Like, <clears throat> I'm 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 very excited. And if you want to go no back ports. and hear what else we what else we've said about the Amico, I think it was episode four or five. We'd have to look that up. We need to get better notes about what we've talked about already. But yeah, we do. Um, so I'm very very excited about that. Cool. So cool. I, I'm keeping an open mind about that, Amico. We'll see what, what happens. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously there's not much to talk about yet except for their, their design notes. But the way they're going about doing business, I'm excited. They're not asking you to pay for a Kickstarter that doesn't exist. So um, I am hopefully optimistic. Cool. Zedek next. You saw some videos of this thing. Yeah, did you see the video? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's. I think it's encouraging that they have... The packaging all done, which the packaging looked really cool. The, you see the box? And oh, yeah. They unpacked it. All the keys work. All the It, it looks shiny like the final model is going to look like. Um, I mean, it wasn't plugged in or anything, but I thought it oh, was. I thought it was. Was it? Yeah, I thought they were playing on it. Hmm. I don't remember that. I just saw them unpacking it, playing with the keys, like actuating the keys. Um, it looked pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. They did release an uh, a uh, update for the backers, of which I am one. Yeah. Saying they got their keyboards, which they were hoping would be the final edition of the keyboard. And there's a couple buttons that, for whatever reason, out of, they showed out of 100 key presses, like three of them failed. Okay. And that's not good enough for them. So they're dealing with the manufacturer, and they're, they're putting all their eggs into three baskets this time because the manufacturer's like, oh, we'll just make this change. It'll make it better. Well, it didn't. And they're like, we don't have time to keep doing this. So they're trying three new membrane designs all at once. And uh, they said, told the manufacturer, you can do our test there. If you get 100 out of 100 on every key, that you can proceed. So, I mean, they're doing it right. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about this whole thing is they're not saying, they're not making up some fluff story for why it's not here yet. They're showing you, we're frustrated because out of 100 keystrokes, we're getting three errors. Yeah. That's not good enough for us. Right. Well, that's good. So I'm excited about it still. Yep. It is what it is. I don't know what the ZX VGA Joy is, though. So it's a new hardware that is going to combine a Kempston um, interface, which is pretty common on most like per- modern peripherals these days. But it's also going to allow you to plug a any ZX Spectrum into a VGA monitor. 
So you'll yep. be able to use a CRT or an LCD that supports VGA. And it looks crystal clear. They showed some video. So that could help a lot of Americans use Spectrums. Correct. Yeah. Which is the main benefit. I mean, luckily, I, I'm lucky to have a PAL CRT behind me. Right. But if that thing were to ever fail, I'd yep. have to get a new PAL CRT. I mean, Correct. Because I, I don't have a big PAL CRT. I have my PVM, which works fine, but that's not very large. My big Toshiba is only NTSC, so I can basically take a cheap LCD that has VGA, and most LCDs support PAL and NTSC, and I could just plug this in, and it's a, it's just a oh, neat, that's true. That's true. It's just a neat modern peripheral for okay. the ZX Spectrum. It's called VG, ZX VGA Joy. So anyway, Joy. Next one is River Raid Reloaded. <clears throat> I, I did grab this. It's free. I didn't grab it yet, but it does run on a uh, 500. Runs so. on anything. Any Amiga now. So, And it, the graphics are not going to be as kind of polished as that Bridge Strike. Yeah, which but I really do want to try. It is, it's a River Raid clone, and it, it works fine. It's fun to play. Um, it's something that you might want to try. Yeah. I think I think this guy's th- this guy's thunder got stolen from the other release. I know. I feel so bad for the guy. Yeah, because, I mean, I think he's been working on this one a long time. Um, it, it's just you know you feel sorry for a guy like that because then Bridge Strike comes out and it's like oh it's so amazing and this guy's like well here's here's this, this. and it's you know it, admittedly this one isn't as polished doesn't look as good the sound's not as great probably pretty much just River Raid right I mean it's pretty much just else. River Raid yeah 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 oh, so, anyway. I still want to pick it up because I can't get Bridge Strike to run on mine so yep this is my Bridge Strike. <laughs> So now that we uh, have both admitted to each other that we own an MSX computer, which is still so exciting. Yes. Um, I can mention the fact that there is a new game for the MSX. Actually, a lot of games have been coming out for the MSX. Yeah. I'm excited to start trying them. Oh, yeah. And we've kind of talked about how, I've talked about at least, how the uh, amount of love I have for these microcomputers, these Mm -hmm. wedge computers. Yeah directly correlates with how much activity there is in the community for them. Yes. So I love the Commodore 64 because there's tons of stuff. Tons. I love the ZX Spectrum because there's tons of stuff. Not quite as much as the C64, but close. Close. And the MSX seems to be ramping up. Yes. I'm seeing more and more stuff for it, and I've kind of ignored it because I had no way to really play it except for to emulate it, which I'm not going to do. But now I've got a solution. or well, almost have a solution. I'm going to have to get that SD card. Yeah. Card, but... A game called Night Night, spelt night like, you know, time of day night. Yep. Followed by night like the uh, a guy wielding a sword in a metal-clad armor uh, night. So Night Night is new MSX game. Homebrew. I'm not going to say homebrew, but coming to your MSX. So we're going to have to get to that. Is that a platformer? Do you remember? Uh, I believe it was, yeah. Okay. Which makes me excited. Speaking of platformers, Foxyland is a new charming platformer coming to the Sega Mega Drive. Okay. Foxy Land. Foxy Land. So excited about that one. Yep. This one I'm also excited about. Vic 20 game. We're getting more and more love for the Vic 20, of which I now am an owner. Uh, Realms of Quest 5. Now, I know they've already have like 1, 2, and 3, and 4 out. Yes. But this one looks like a whole new level. Um, it's, it looks like a dungeon crawler in the realm of... Uh, what are those Dungeons and Dragons? Dungeon kind of like crawlers? an Ultima, like an Ultima kind of game? No, it's like one of the ones where you like... It's like a 3D dungeon. You're actually walking... You go like one step at a time through a dungeon, and creatures pop up in front of you. Like Dungeon Master, yeah, or something like something, that. I kind of like that. Or uh, I had the Beholder. Oh, I, yeah, I'm thinking. yeah, yeah. 
which I've never actually played one of those, to be honest with you. And I could totally see myself getting into it. Um, this is a game that I think might be worth the boxed copy Cause for it, me. I saw that. It has a lot of feelies to it. It's got to have, yeah, a manual and some instructions and all that good stuff to make it. I think I want to say, I don't know. I don't and, remember the price. And but. this is going to be a expanded VIC-20, so it's going to have some kind of memory upgrade, I think. Required, required, yeah. yeah. Which, which I have because I've got the penultimate card. That's right. As long as they don't that. go above thirty-five k, I'm good. Which I don't think there was anything <laughs> above that, so that's great. Good, yay. Um, speaking of new games for random systems, the C- Amiga C to thirty-two is now getting a new Pong-style game called Pong Four K, which is like four-player, almost like Warlord's Pong. It looks. Oh, like. that uh, Warlord's is great. Well, I think it was just four-sided Pong, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, that sounds that sounds cool. You know, yeah. CD thirty-two still like a. That's going to be the one on my wish list now that the MSX is done. Yeah. Like the I'm Amiga right there CD with 32. you. There's something, and again, I, again, it's kind of like the penultimate cartridge sold me on the VIC-20. Yeah. The fact that there's all these new compilations coming out for the CD32. Yep. And, and that, that you can or, just burn a disc and yep. play it. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's just hard. It, they're, they're hard to find. Oh, yeah. Well, especially in America. Yeah. But. Yep. Uh, Sydney Hunter in the Caverns of Death. We've talked about that. I own it on the Super Nintendo. Yep. Uh, the recent, or, you know, I have the the cartridge and a, a card, and they actually have a whole case and everything. Uh, well, they've released another version of that for the Sega Master System. Oh, or, really? I'm sorry, not released. They teased it. Okay. So it's coming to the Master System, but they're still working on on the NES. And they have ColecoVision versions of a similar game, not Caverns of Death, but another Sydney Hunter game, and a couple other versions. We talked about Micromages. This is kind of like the um, multiplayer NES game that I was super excited about, but I didn't. I didn't jump the Kickstarter for yeah. sixty bucks or whatever. Right. Well, it is now available for ten ninety nine for a download. Really? Yep. Because I saw, I remember seeing this thinking, "Oh, this looks like an awesome game." Yeah. But so I for, wasn't going to pay that kind of money. So for ten ninety nine, you can get a download. The download include it comes with an emulator built in, and okay. so you can play it on your computer, or else you can just take the file and pop it on your EverDrive, which is what I'm going to do. Uh, yeah, I, I'm putting on my little notes here. Yep, Micromages came out. Okay, I'm doing it. The Send and Light Gun, we've talked about. We did talk about that on... I put this on the list, but um, I haven't backed this yet because I am worried about, like, if it's actually going to manifest into something real, like, a real popular. Yeah. But it looks awesome. Have you seen this? I So we talked about it last episode, yeah. about a light gun that works with flat screens, which light guns don't work with flat screens. No, they don't. So it works with flat screens... The good news is when I put this on the list here, the Kickstarter was already at three times more than its goal. Yep. And it's only gone nuts from there. This thing is more than funded. Yeah. It's gonna it's going to come out. My question is, it's the same philosophy I have on computer systems. If there's a lot of software, then then you, you made a valid purchase there. If yeah. there's not a lot, then it's useless. Well, I think the concept is it'll work with emulators. Well, it'll work with emulators. So if that's worth it for you, then yeah. get it. If it's not worth it for you for that purpose, yep. and you're hoping for more, then wait and see. Because it, it does, the, the technique it uses is it makes a border around the game. Yeah. And it uses it, that as a reference. So that's how it gets around that, around not having a refresh rate on a CRT. Yeah. So if a bunch of games get converted to work with this, which they have to be converted for it, then... Man, I am so in. I love light gun games. I mean, the the more modern ones, they're a blast. Yeah. My kids, uh, my, my, my son has loved it. So anyway, I just want to wait and see. I, I guess I'm going to wait and see. I might have to pay a little more to get one. 
Yeah, I, I don't know about that. I think they might eventually fall, but I mean they're eighty pounds right now to kickstart. Yes, the gun the gun to, to receive it, which is like one hundred and twenty bucks, mm-hmm. hundred something like that. And then I'm, I'm sure shipping. That's a lot of money for something. Yep. That um, a peripheral. I say that when I just drop three hundred bucks on a next, but yeah. Uh, last thing I show on here, well, a couple things. Uh, the Dad Engine has, well, I, I don't know if it's been released or whatever. We talked about the last month, didn't we? I don't think so. What the dad, is that? The Dad Engine is, um, well, see, I, sh- I shouldn't even put this on here. I, d- I don't know enough about it to talk about it. But basically, it's an adventure game creation tool engine for text adventures. Oh, yeah, yeah. We and did talk this about this. Kind of, yeah. yeah, worked by the guy if he made Hibernated 1. Okay. And so that thing has been released for all kinds of different systems, and they keep expanding it to other shipped systems. Okay. Um, and cool. the BitBoy. Yeah. We we both have a BitBoy. Yes. It's a nice little small portable thing you can get on Amazon that'll play Game Boy games, Game Boy Color games, and Game Boy Advance games. Yeah. Yep. Well, they have a new form factor coming out called the Pocket Go. Oh, it's I didn't know that. It's kind of a GBA style, um, like original GBA style. It's got shoulder buttons, and it's kind of a horizontal design rather than a vertical Game Boy looking design. Yeah. So that is coming out. I love my BitBoy, so that's good news. Very cool. I think it's time for six good games. Yep. Six good games. Six good games for the Atari 2600. <laughs> like, there you like my dramatic pause? For the Atari 2600. So I'll start. Please do. We uh, we picked uh, some Atari 2600 games, and you know what? We each picked three good games. Oh, I just rolled over my own toe. Oh, not <laughs> oh, good. Oh, 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 oh. I hope this makes for good radio. Woo! All right, that hurt. That's going to leave a mark. You going to make right. it? We're gonna, I'm going to make it. What I was hoping to do is while you talk about your game, yeah. I've got my Atari set up, and I'm going to play the game. <laughs> All right. So the first, my, I'll go with my first pick is a game that I originally fell in love with on the Atari 5200 because that was the only game console I really had at home. Um, So later... And I knew this was going to be on the list. Yeah, and so later in life, I once I got a 2600, because I didn't have one as a kid, I grabbed River Raid and played it on the Atari 2600 and realized it was actually a really good conversion of River Raid. Okay. And uh, that that's not River Raid. No, I loaded up River something, but it wasn't River Raid. That was not River Raid, whatever you loaded <laughs> up there. Um, but I realized that the Atari 2600 was a very good version of the one I, I fell in love with on the Atari 5200. So that's it. Yep. That's it. And it, it's so similar that it's awesome. And it, one of the better games on the 2600, I think. So no, there you go. I played this. It's one of my favorite go-tos. Yep, me too. I knew you were going to take it, so I didn't pick it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, it's a vertical scrolling. Um, it's a shmup. I mean... You're flying in a canyon with a jet, and you basically... Every level is a bridge that you encounter. You're flying up and down, oh, and you got to avoid obstacles, and you run out of fuel. You have to run over the fuel depots. One cool thing, though, is if you don't need fuel, just blow up the fuel depot. You get points for it. Yeah, I, when I start, I blow them all up. Yep. And you can go forward and backward to speed up or slow down the scrolling of the of the level. Yep. Which is kind of your you know speed, if you will. Yep. Um, yeah, there's bridges, there's helicopters, there's jets. Um, there's terrible players, which is me. 
And um, I mean, it's simple, but it's just fun. It, it works well. Yep. Boo, 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 boo. And I can make the noises with my mouth. Which and is for good. the Atari 2600, you got to admit, the graphics on this are pretty amazing. I mean, I wouldn't say amazing. They're they're pretty complex. I mean, for the 2600, it's a good, it's a very it's good not game. Pong. I mean, that's the level of games you're kind of dealing with is Pong. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, when I was putting games together for this list, I was looking at people's favorites, and I'm like, I understand nostalgia takes a huge role in there, but games like Adventure, yeah. and I know that at the time that was like mm-hmm. some groundbreaking thing, but it's a dot. Yeah. It is a dot moving yeah. through squares, and yeah. eventually there's a duck dragon. Mm-hmm. I mean, the games. I can't play that game nowadays. There's right. nothing in that for me. Yep. But so, what I can play... Yep. Uh, I'm going to start with a game that... So I did grow up... I grew up with the NES, but my parents, when they saw me playing NES, you know, did that thing that parents do, and they're like, well, look what video games are like, were like when we were younger. And of course, it was only yeah. like eight years before. Right. Um, <coughs> so I don't know. Have you played Junior Pac-Man before? I don't, I don't think so. So, Junior Pac-Man... Because I, I remember Pac-Man on the Toy Scenario was not very good. Correct. And then Miss Pac-Man was a great representation. Yes. Yes, it was. So, I don't understand. I To, to this day, I do not understand when I look at top 100 lists and any, every No one puts Junior Pac-Man in there. And I don't understand why this game is not considered, like, in the top five games everywhere. Yeah, let's I check. must be miss some, missing something. Let me check it out, because I've never seen it. So, Junior Pac-Man is a game that I had, and you're basically, you know, they had Pac-Man, they had Mrs. Pac-Man, so they came up with Junior Pac-Man. To my knowledge, I think they made an arcade game on this, but I think this is the only port for Junior Pac-Man, okay. is on the 2600. Let and so, you're, you're basically Pac-Man Jr. You're yeah. Mrs. Pac-Man, and Pac-Man apparently had a kid, and you wear this, like, little hat with a little spinny top, you know, the little dorky kid thing. And so what's cool about Junior Pac-Man, 1984 apparently, is you'll see here, it's actually like three screens high and it scrolls back and forth as you yep. go around the screen. Yep. Um, the music on this game, I don't know if you can hear it. Yeah. That's just, oh, that was terrible. was just nostalgia for my, that's, this was my Pac-Man growing up. Okay. This is what the Pac-Man I knew. Yeah, very cool. Um, there's, the map's obviously much bigger, so there's a lot more dots, there are in more places. Um, there's it's actually, very fast. It's very fast. There's actually big dots you'll see eventually here. And you actually, to eat the big dots, it actually slows you down a little bit. Um, you still got four ghosts. They're still going to the same spots. Instead of, um, you can see there's a bicycle here running around the station here, or the, the, the screen. So instead of a fruit being in the middle of the of the maze, uh, a, a toy, because you're a junior Pac-Man, will, will be running around the map. And those are your points. So in this case, it's a bicycle. I can't remember what the other ones are right now. Um, I'll try to beat this level here so you can see. What's yeah. impressive is that it is so fast. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's super fast. It's, oh, oh, I died there. Super smooth. You can see future levels. They change colors. Yeah. Um, And it's not all the same map. They're all different maps. I mean, I, I can't, I haven't been able to get to a point where I've seen a repeat in the map. Um, It's not easy. And maybe that's why people it's don't like easy. it as much. You can see, okay, there. Can you see there? Yeah. There's bigger there's bigger dots, and they take longer to get through, so they slow you down. Um, the ghosts are a little more relentless. I know in Pac-Man, each ghost has a personality. All these ghosts seem to kind of swarm you, so it's more like running away from them rather than knowing each ghost's personality. I've never played this before. That's pretty, pretty it's cool. Great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It looks amazing. It looks really great, because I remember the original Pac-Man got panned universally. Like, and it's it terrible. Is, it's terrible, and it, really it is. is. bad. But this looks really great. So I don't know why people don't love this game. I don't yep. know why it's not universally considered like 
at least up there with Mrs. Pac-Man on the 2600, in my opinion, better. It's just it's, yeah. it's bigger, it's more varied, it's more fun. Yep. Very cool. Yep. I like it. I suggest you... And I... Again, I here, I actually own a copy of it here. Let me go grab it. Let's take a look at the graphics on the label hey. here. This was absolutely not planned, but here's the first two games I'm going to grab. Hey, River Raid. Right off the top. I have that original River Raid. River Raid, and there's there's Junior Pac-Man. You can see him riding his tricycle. Oh, that is cool. I, that is really neat. Yeah, I have that original River Raid. I, was, I'm, I found it at some shop for a buck or something. Yeah, so I grabbed, yeah these games up. don't go for a lot, so no. that's great. Another really, really popular game, which is your next pick here. Is Yars Revenge. Which and I've heard tons about, and I actually have a picture of it right there yep. on my wall. This is probably my single favorite game on the Atari 2600. And it's also very difficult to explain, and people ask me how to play this on Twitter all the time. Oh, yeah? Really? And I'm not okay. even sure how to explain it to them, like, in words. You just kind of have to do it. But you are a whatever a bug or whatever and you have to shoot this thing through a rainbow shield and you basically shoot and you have to hit the ship on the other side and the ship is surrounded by a shield um if you jump into that rainbow stream though um basically the that missile is kind of homing in on you um but if you hit that hit him a certain number of times, then you clear the level. But yeah, if you're in that rainbow shield in the middle, you can't shoot. That's like right. No man's land. Yep. And then this guy's uh, he keeps turning into like a ninja star. He turns into like a little ninja stars and then flies across the screen at you. How many times do you have to hit him to kill him though? I'm hitting him. Yeah, I don't see in that I haven't played this in a while. I don't remember. See, I remember being able to avoid the ninja stars by this will come towards me, right? And then he'll jump, and I can just kind of hop off the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Cheat my way out of it. See, but this is as far as I've ever gotten in the game, and then I don't know what's going on. Can you crash into him? No, you can't. No. Oh, th that's right. Now, see that missile behind you? Okay. Go. There you go. See how you fire into it, but you got to get out of the way. I shot myself with it. <laughs> yeah, you got to get out of the way, fire it, and then move out of the way. Okay. Well, now I know how to play it, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot how to play this. It's been a while since I played it, but I love this game. I remember spending a lot of time on this after... Once you break the shields down, you then go touch him. Now it's starting to all come back to me. That's so specific. Yep. Yeah, don't, don't, get, don't get in there. I'm trying to make him attack me here. I hope this uh, live video game action audio only is doing it for you guys. Yep, so now, there, then see that? Now hit fire and get out of the way. See? But uh, you got to hit him. That's the way you do it. Yeah, that's right. So hold on. Uh, it, yeah, myself. it can't Gosh, hit you. It. Yeah, it's best to get closer to him when you do that. Oh, well, I'm going to... We're going to do this. you got to at least kill, beat him once. I'm going to kill my first Yar. Bingo! Yar! Oh, hold on, everybody. Let's go ahead and... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I killed a Yar. If that's what it's called, I don't know. So I, that's it. And okay. It's just and different type of shield okay. formulation. See how the shields rotate back and forth. But you still have to go to him, touch him. The missile shows up behind you, and then you and hit the shield fire. will kill me if I touch the shield. Yes, the shield and the will super touch you. super slow yep. uh, like cursor is going to kill me as well. It's like a homing missile that comes in after you. Yep. Now I'm kind of addicted. 
Yeah, you gotta get out of the way there. Don't don't let him hit you there. There you go. I'm just trying to juke him. I'm trying to trick him out here. Yep, right. so now yeah, you're gonna have to touch him. Anyway, we should move on here. No, I'm having too much fun, actually. <laughs> Alright. Can you go from the bottom here? Oh, you yeah. go from the sides, from the bottom? Oh. Juke, juke, juke! You do whatever you need to do. Uh, you do right. you. I, I'm gonna do me. Alright, my next game for the Atari 2600, which I will play and talk about. Okay. Because it's more fun for me this way. Alright. And I don't care about you. I'm having fun. <laughs> um... This game actually was not listed very high, again, on many lists, and I don't know why. I think right. it's a great game, uh, at least for the 2600. The arcade was kind of boring, but uh, just kind of given the 2600's limitations. Have you played Vanguard? I have not. So Vanguard is a shooter. Now you can see there's kind of an overworld map. Yep. There's the overworld map. And it's a weird game where you shoot in multiple directions. Oh, that's nice. What's weird about it, it's one of those games where um, if you're not pointing in a direction, you won't shoot at all. Yeah. So you have to be pressing in a direction to actually shoot. Yeah. You can get these little energy things, and they be you become invincible. Oh, I like it. And you start taking guys out. And after you take out a certain number of them, which I'll get to here eventually. Ah, I died. That's just embarrassing. I actually played a lot of this uh, earlier this week when I was going oh, yeah. through these games. So um, You can also just hold the button down and spam everything like this, but... <laughs> um, oh, that one shot me. So eventually I went from helicopters to like these, oh wow, these jet things. Okay. Um, yeah, not talking, talking plane isn't very right. condu conducive to. I like it. I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot like a kind of a bit, a slower defender. You do move very slowly. Yeah. But it's not defender because it is scrolling. Right, right, right. But I mean, like, it's oriented, like, if you were looking at a screenshot of this, would it be similar to a Defender screenshot? Yeah. So for this first part, what I'm trying to do is get you to a part where you can see the uh, the rest of this gameplay here. There we go. So now I've made it to the next section, which I is down. You. So now we're doing a, it's like a vertical oh, wow, yeah. shooter going down. Yep. And uh, you got things attacking from, again, all sides. You can still shoot in every direction. Um... And then eventually you saw that map. Yes. You'll end up going up again, and then you'll actually have a vertical up section and left, right, top, bottom, all over the place. Right on. Um, and then you can actually complete the first entire world and go to another world, and it gets harder. That's awesome. Great game. No, it looks um, awesome, and I've never played it before. And it has continues, believe it or not. I don't know if you yeah. saw that. So you can continue, but it resets your score. So if you want to keep trying to play and go higher and higher, you can do that, yeah. which is kind of a more NES-era thing. Cool. It's not just play for high score, then you die and you're done. You can try to beat the game. Yeah. But uh, score gets reset, so high score comes later. Neat. Vanguard. Like Shooter. it. My third and last one is Combat, which is one of the first games on the Atari 2600. And the reason Classic. that... The reason that I picked this is strictly because I did play this with a friend of mine all the time, and we played two-player... And we would play this for hours. And there's like a hundred variations. Realistically, yep. there's like nine different styles of play. Yeah, because like there's 10. airplanes, there's uh, biplanes, there's jets, there's tanks, there's... Bouncy tanks. There's almost every kind of thing you can think of. So there's so much variation, but you're not playing... Invisible tanks? Those are fun. Yep. You're, you're playing against um, another player. It just adds a whole new element. Yeah, this is... These are jets, then there's biplanes, there's clouds that are, are in the way. Um, 
Yeah, you can invisible clouds, no clouds, bouncy bullets. You really can't ask for much more in a in a, in a multiplayer game. I mean, I uh, we we played this for literally hours and hours and hours of just playing against each other. <laughs> it's funny because when you hit them, they spin in spot in space. Yep. I'm playing a plane version of it right now. Yep. And you can rack like four, three or four hits in a row because they can't move, and you know where they're going to be. This game and a lot of Atari games do this do uh, do this as well though, where you can shoot. And then turn your bullets when you p- turn the plane. Yep. <laughs> it's like you're curving. You're bending it like Beckham. Yep. Yeah, this is a classic. I mean, it's, there's not much to it. It's honestly it's a pretty, simple game. pretty like lackluster. Said, but if you're playing by yourself, it's not that great of a game. But multiplayer, it's hard to beat. Well, there's no... It has to be multiplayer. Otherwise, the other player yeah. just goes in a straight line. That's true. I mean, there's no, yep. no one else controlling it. So, yep. Multiplayer only game, but yep. Great cool. choice. My last choice is a game called Secret Quest. Now, I've never played this game until this week. Oh, cool. And I was trying to find a... I was playing through some games, trying to find some other games that are kind of hidden gems. And I found this one to be very cool. Um, because, again, it has a lot more going on for it. It's not just... A, a lot of Atari games are just... You are this person, these things are flying by, and you try to hit them. It's yes. kind of a, a, a different form of that. So this game, Secret Quest... Here it is here. So you start by putting your initials in, which is unique to most Atari games. So there's my C. I'm going to put an H for Hoffman, which is my last name for those who haven't heard yet. And so it's kind of got a berserk-like thing here. Yep. You're, you're a dude, redhead, You'll yellow body. I've got oxygen feet. and energy down below yep. bars, and yep. they're about a third full. I, there's no attack or anything right now, so let me go to the next room here. Ooh, look what I found. A sword. I found a sword, which is like a beam sword or something. It's supposed to be some space age thing. Yeah. Oh, there's a guy. I better ki- up, kill him, and he left behind some energy. All right. Now I'm going to go to the next room here. There's a guy. He left behind some oxygen, so now I've got more ex- energy, more oxygen. Um, Here's another room. There's some baddie guy. Oop, this time I have to actually hit him twice. Got my energy back. I lost a little bit using my weapon. There, got some energy. So this plays kind of like a berserk, but kind of one enemy per room at this point. Yes. Um, and this is only the first world, so this guy I've got to kill three times. Oop, four. Actually, four. There you go. Got him. If I go in here, there's another room with another energy. I don't have to kill him. I can skip. And you'll see here I'm kind of stuck, but you'll see um, I can kind of change the, the picture at the top of the screen. Yeah. Um... So if I keep going on further on this level, I'll just kind of skip killing these guys so you can see more of this. This is the transporter, but I can't use it yet because I have not unlocked this level. So now I'm going back down, killing more guys, getting energy when I can, oxygen when I can. Um, so here is a glyph, if you want to call it that. So that shape, keep that in mind. Great. I've been there, seen that shape. Ooh, got some more oxygen. I was running low on oxygen, so I kind of needed to kill that guy and do that. Got some more energy. I don't need to go up there because that's where the teleporter is. Let me go back to where I can put in the right glyph. There it is. I've unlocked it. Now I have 18 seconds to get out of this room before I die. Time section. Sorry. (laughs) But basically, I set off a bomb, and now I'm trying to run to the transporter. There it goes. I just beat the level. Oh, nice. So I got a weapon, killed bad guys to find out if I where all the glyphs are. Once I get all the glyphs, it gives me entrance to a room where I set a bomb. 
at that point, hopefully I know where a teleport is to get out of there. I guess there's eight levels total. Yeah. Um, and this next level I haven't beat yet, but it's the same as first one in theory, <clears throat> but different rooms and stuff. But there's also stairs. When you go to the stairs, you go basically to another set of rooms. Yeah. So you have to keep in mind now two planes of rooms. So, yeah. It looks pretty cool. looks pretty sophisticated for a 2600 game. Right. Um, it doesn't look it, but... And this is some kind of... I haven't figured out how to use this yet, but this is some kind of, like, shooting sonar gun or something. It looks like a horn. And I don't know. I think there's a button you press. Let's try... Game select. Nope. Let's try... Did that do it? Oh, yeah, that did it. Check that out. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So the black and white switch actually switched my weapons. Oh, that's pretty neat. <laughs> Anyways, I'm not entirely sure how to play it, but yeah. you actually use some of those to get to menus to switch weapons. So. I wonder if it has an online manual somewhere you can check out. It does. I started to read it, but I ran out of time. Yeah. There we go. Six right. good games on the Atari 2600. Awesome. Of course, they look better when you use a Future Was 8-bit. <laughs> Audio video adapter kit for your 2600, which what, is yeah. what I'm using there, and I love it. I still need to install mine. I still need to install my second one on my 7800. <laughs> cool. Right we on. had no high score uh, co- tournament. There was no high score tournament, no. This time. Um, we just, just didn't just take the time to do it. And I probably wouldn't have had time to really play it anyway, so. Yeah, well. Everyone else needs a chance to win too, Eric. Exactly. Um but we are going to do one this time. Yep. So we want you to go ahead and if you can't uh, shell out a few bucks, that's fine. But download the game. If you can, please do. We're going to play the Commodore 64 version of Neutron, as we've talked about earlier in this episode. Yeah. So the shoot 'em up by Sarah Jane Avery. Uh, go on itch.io, download it. There's no special parameters. You just load it, start playing it, get you, a high score. You can emulate it. You can play it on real hardware. Yep. Um, everyone has access to this if they're listening to this because you should be able to download the game and play it on something. Absolutely. Uh, anything uh, you're looking forward to? or uh... I'm looking forward to uh, future segments on the MSX, really. I'm pretty excited about that. I am too. That. I'm very excited about that. Um, you got that sweet Atari ST, but the MSX is just something wholly new, and that's something I'm... Yeah, it's I'm kind of a whole about. world because I've I've played Atari ST games and I and I've enjoyed them and it's yeah. a lot like the Amiga. So there's a lot of you know games that came out for both systems. Yeah, and they're very similar. Uh, but the MSX there's just nothing like it. It's got a kind of a unique library. So we'll have to do some comparisons. Games of the same name and Battle of the Systems. That's right. Cool. I'm looking forward to uh, using all this cool stuff I got. So right on. I need to get some uh, SD card solutions for some of them, but. I think that's about it, Eric. All right. Well, you remember what I uh, what I always have to tell you. Yep. <laughs> Is that a good segue or no? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good segue. All right. It's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1-1-4-9. 
please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. <laughs>